All right, everybody, we're taking it all the way back to April 2nd, 1990 for Captain's Holiday, Season 3, Episode 19. And, you know, I don't know how far away this was from when Madonna sang Holiday uh, or uh, Tropical the Island Breeze. I think that those albums were probably, this is where I long to be, La Isla Bonita. And this isn't La Isla Bonita or... uh it is a holiday, though. The captain does take a holiday, and it's not in quotes, but it could be. And it opens with uh, some visuals. It opens with, like, a Polynesian, or maybe it used to be called pre-Columbian art. I don't know if it, what it's called anymore, like a, a statue uh, farm, statue for, farm form. And that's a little bit of a sh- foreshadowing. The statue is uh, there's tropical sounds, nice sound design. There's people in resort or like a vacation cruise wear. And then there's a uh, by bine- like iridescent row. Oh, uh, something I can't read. Bikinis. Does that say bikinis? Iridescent robes and shirts. I don't know if it says bikinis or. It like it looks like Rikerini's, uh, and we see two uh, humanoids come in. They're very interesting, and uh, I have a note here to pause it and describe them to you, so that's what I'm going to do now. And they're very interesting. They kind of look like they're in uh, the texture of their outfits, so they're humanoids. This is going to be tough uh, to describe. Uh, they're they're in like ribbed pajamas. So it's the only way I could describe it, and I don't think that's accurate. With a mother of pearl inlay, I guess it could also be in car like carpet, like a, in non HD, which is what I'm watching it in right now. It looks like their their clothing is made from layers of shag carpet, but in HD, it looks a little bit more like a pajama type material. You know what would be great for is podcasting, not doing the podcast, but having those outfits hanging on walls. It would really baffle and absorb sound very well. But, yeah, they they also have mittens on. I don't think I've ever covered this in a podcast, but I prefer mittens over gloves, uh, probably because my circulation's poor or something. Because my, my circulation is always saying, well, "We got Are we ever going to defrost this heart? We can't. We can't do, do, deal with the." Uh... But so then they have uh, mother pearl inlays. The color of their outfit is a. Uh... So the mother pearl looks like mother pearl, like the inside of an oyster or a, like a, some sort of mollusk. There's another great, another uh, great uh, ween, the mollusk. I think that might be, I I love, I I remember playing that over and over again, and then no one appreciated it like I did. Check that out on Spotify. But so I guess I'm buying time because I can't really, they're almost indescribable. The color is like a rusty, man, I got to get, I got to expand my vocabulary. So that's just their outfit. Like their color, color is like kind of like a rusty, uh, goldish, goldish rust color, nearly copper. Thanks vocabulary brain for stepping in there. And so their hands are covered. I don't know about their feet. I'm not seeing their feet at the moment, but then their, uh, their faces and their heads are interesting. They have like a 
like possibly frontal gills where they're like between their nose and their mouth. They have mouths. They have like a, they have very foldy scalps, uh, like uh, possibly exoskeleton features. Uh, they look like it. They're, they're stripy. You got to see them. And I forget what they're called. I, I probably won't even remember that till the end. I think that's a pretty good description of uh, what they look like. They look, uh, oh, also they like, because their outfits are so, um, cozy, they really don't look, uh, like they don't look, um, they don't look beautiful. I, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Cause I just, I mean, it's just something about guild creatures with, uh, uh, also they have a communicator built into their skull. Or something that it looks like a square of like European chocolate, uh, but they're interesting looking. But they're not like a off-putting in a way like where where like they're very sleepy. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So they show up. They're actually looking for Jean, they're look they're at the resort looking for Jean Luc Picard, and they go up. Uh, they hope to like uh, especially when you find out where you're vacationing. They go up to some sort of public uh, thing, ruins your privacy. They say, what room's Jean-Luc Picard in? And the computer says, we had no record of, like, that's what it, you'd want the computer to say if you actually weren't there. But it's actually, I didn't even realize it's foreshadowing because they go, well, the, the computer says, not here. And they say, well, when is Jean-Luc Picard coming? Computer says, we don't have him on schedule. And then one of the two creature humanoids is like, well, do you think we got the wrong place? And the other one says, uh, no, he'll be here. Uh, then we get a f- uh, first officer's log. Captain Picard had a long, like, long week uh, dealing with the Gamarians and the and their neighbors, the Dracolids or something. And uh, Troy comes out of the thing. She's beaming onto the bridge. She says, welcome back. She says, it's good to be back. And they do a quick handhold, Riker and uh, um, Troy, like a greeting handhold. And they say, geez, it was a difficult negotiation. The captain's exhausted. And then the captain comes on and says, get to Starbase 12. Give me a report, Will. He says, how was things going when I was gone? And Will's like, uh, oh, because the people he was dealing with were very stubborn. And well, Riker says, geez, everything went good while you were gone. Uh, no, no worries. Uh, and he goes, okay, if you need me, I'm going to be in my ready room. And then Riker goes, by the way, congratulations on solving that problem. And Riker goes, what problem? And he goes, the trade agreement. And Picard goes, mm-hmm. I liked how Will said, sir. And uh, so then he storms off. Uh, hmm. Like almost like he was about to huff, and then Riker says to Troy, "Is something bothering Captain?" And she goes, "Yeah, he's under a lot of stress. He's captain of the ship. Uh, he tried, you know, he wants to solve problems. He tried with the Gamarians." And Riker says, "Hey, what should we do?" And Troy goes, "Well, I got an idea. How about we put him on vacation?" And uh, Will gets a smile. Uh, then the episode opens. And it opens with a shot of Picard's desk, and I paused it here. There's one, two, three, four uh, pads, P-A-D-D devices, like iPad-type devices of different sizes. Uh, then there's, like, the neon ones that are in their holder. Uh, then Picard's holding one. So one, two, three, four, f- four. He's got one in his hand, and he's working on his little netbook. And also the geodes behind him. Then the doorbell rings, and... Uh, 
uh, Crusher comes in, and she goes, Sir, I got to tell on somebody that's uh, so exhausted and they're totally ignoring it. And Picard kind of scratches his head. He goes, okay, tell me, what's the deal? What's the treatment? And uh, Crusher goes, oh, it's you, and you got to take a shore leave. And she goes, they could order you to. And he goes, oh, you won't. I loathe vacations, Beverly. And she goes, no, no, you loathe going on vacation. You don't love getting there. She goes, what about when you went to Zycan or Zycam? And he goes, no, I didn't like that. And he goes, I'll just do, do, you know, I'll go for some walks when we're doing overall at Starbase 12. And she goes, no, no, no. And he goes, well, there's a conference I could check out. And she goes, the last thing you need is serious thought. She, like, leans right in when he, she says that. Uh, and uh, he goes, she, 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 he's like, and she goes, Captain. And he goes, Doctor. He raises his voice even more. And then she crosses her arms and kind of gives this smirk. Uh, she's trying to get him, you know, to go on a fun vacation as a friend. I mean, this is very, uh, like, she's like, you deserve some time off. And that's when she says, Captain, because he's like, no. And he goes, Doctor, enough. And then she crosses her arms and kind of smirks. Then we get a shot of the Enterprise. And this is an instant classic. This episode has some instant, probably... If you didn't like Will Riker, like, before, the odds of you loving him after this episode are high. I mean, he's got, like, holy cow. So three six forty five. if you want to start the, like, uh, instant classic Riker moments. And we'll have a little chat about the, um, some of the, like, the one issue about it, but... uh Riker, like Captain Picard's getting on the lift. Riker comes. Uh, he's got the biggest grin. I put one, two, three, five star grin. He goes out to the lift and uh, he goes, "Where are you going?" Like, but Picard means on the lift. I, I go the bridge, and then Riker goes, "No, on shore leave." Uh, and he goes halt, and he tries to pitch him. He goes, "He got a perfect vacation." He goes, "Spots right by here." And he goes, is that clear? And Riker goes, no, no. He goes, it's called Risa, which if you've watched, we, it's come up two other times. Uh, but he, he, he's totally pitching. Like he maybe like, uh, I don't know what season the game was. So that was probably it for vacations to Risa. And also, uh, Crusher was saying to, to, to uh, who works for her, uh, to go to Risa on a date, you know. But Riker goes, it's a place called Risa, and believe me, it's a paradise. Warm tropical breezes, exotic food, and there's nothing to do but sit around all day and enjoy the quiet and the, uh, like, uh, like, seems like, uh, like, uh, uh, they use the term the women. I think in a more advanced state, I would say, wouldn't it be, like, if this was equal, it would just be, uh, like, uh, let's see, how do we do this on a sleep podcast? Erotic, like a, like a sensual release for all. But whatever, Will says, you know, you gotta get, you wouldn't believe the release you're gonna have down there. Uh, like they get, like they got all the pleasure centers figured out. Uh, and he even says, I'm sure you'll find their outlook on life very appealing. You gotta do it. Yeah, it was a great pitch, and then there's st- he's still pitching even when they walk onto the bridge. Like the door's open, and his back is to the door, 
And Picard's like, no, 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 no. I got to watch the repairs on the ship. And Riker's like, what about Risa, man? Come on. And then he falls right into your trap because as soon as they sit down, I think it was a setup. Uh, Troy says, oh, by the way, my mom's coming on. She can't wait to see you. She's going to hang with us like uh, the whole time we're at uh, the planet. And Riker says, that's great news. And I haven't seen any episodes with Troy's mother, but I heard she's a handful for Picard. And then Picard's like, Will, I got to talk to you and back. Uh, 7.42, oh, is the look of Picard's face when she says, my mother, really good one. And then I say, uh, did she hand on chin in Commander? So I don't know what that means. But then he says, yeah, well, he goes, well, can I have a word with you? And he says, are you guys, everybody on ship trying to get me on vacation? And Will goes, basically, he goes, this is harassment. Uh, and he goes, well, I am, I must admit I'm a little tired. And Will, like, uh, he gets a, such a grin. You could tell, like, uh, this is a really good episode for how the people's affinity uh, for uh, Ricard. So then we cut to... Uh, a shot of the Enterprise, and Picard's kind of in a blue robe-like shirt. Uh, and this is kind of like around 9 minutes and 10 seconds. You get another great uh, Riker smile because uh, Picard's packing, and Riker's like, well, beam your bags. Or Troy looks, you very, look very handsome. And then Riker's like, you're going to read all these books? And Picard goes, yeah, James Joyce, totally. Uh, totally light reading. Vincuda. And Ricard goes, that's an, and then there's that Riker goes, he's smiling and laughing. He goes, can I tell, did I ever tell you how imaginative the Reesian lovers are? And Troy goes, yeah, too many times. You've mentioned it enough, Will. Too many times. By the way, don't bring any games on board. Which is really funny, like great looks on his face. And then they go down a walk and then he's practically laughing, Riker. He goes, I do have one request. Uh, he, he goes, can you bring back a Horgon for me? It's this thing. He goes, you'll be able to find it easy. And Picard goes, yeah, whatever you wish, Will. I'll bring one on. And then Worf's like, geez, kid, we have somebody go with you. But Picard's like, no, 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 I'll be fine. And then he goes, you're in charge, number one. And then everyone's like, Troy's like, enjoy your trip. He goes, I'll try. And then he walks off and Riker goes, He's smiling so big, he goes, he's going to have a great time. I know he is. Almost felt like a comedy. So then Riker beams into the lobby of this hotel, a tropical paradise, uh, tropical plants, people like uh, dressed in tropical outfits, uh, tantric statues. Uh, Riker's walking around looking at the foliage. Really, he is. There's a couple of palm trees and stuff. And then he stops, he bumps into this woman, and he says, oh, I'm sorry. And then she sees a, uh, um, like, a, like what are those things called? I can't remember, uh, a Guntharian or whatever they're called. And she kisses uh, Ricard, and he goes, oh, do I know you? She goes, oh, actually, I made a mistake in you for somebody else. Uh, she goes, welcome to Risa, by the way. And Ricard goes, well, I would have preferred a handshake, uh, and he walks off, and then as he's walking off, uh, we see the two uh, humanoids from the opening. 
and they're almost like blending into the wall, not on purpose. They aren't, they're not, they're only in a partial chameleon mode. Uh, like, like just Picard didn't notice them, but, uh, they're kind of hiding out in the back. Uh, then what does that mean? AA. I don't know what that means. Uh, oh, add. <laughs> so my initials, I thought. And then we see a woman in a bold gold bikini sunbathing, some drinks getting changed out, uh, making some makeout sessions, leg massages. Then we see Picard reading. He gets splashed with some water while he's reading his book by, you know, some uh, people flirting or whatever. He has an actual beach towel, like one you'd get at like a like a like a regular beach towel. Then somebody comes by their head playing hoverball, and the hoverball gets in Picard's grill. But ends up the woman works there. I still understand the arrangement of working there, but she tries to stir up a conversation with Picard. And Picard, because you're the fifth woman trying to hit on me. I'm just trying to read a book here. I want to be left alone. And she goes, well, what about when you're done reading? And he goes, I haven't thought that far ahead. And she goes, well, you could go for a swim or a massage. Uh, and Picard to like, uh, very crotchety. This is exactly what I'm like all the time. And she goes, well, just so you know, you you say you want to be alone, but you got the Horgon out. And he goes, well, I just bought it. Uh, and she goes, well, uh, and he goes, what do you mean? What do you mean about the Horgon? And she goes, well, that's a Rhesian symbol of uh, open sexuality. And she goes, if you have it out, it means you're seeking Jamaharon, like a phony phone. And Picard goes, Riker. And she goes, are you seeking Jamaharon? And Picard goes, no, 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 it's for a friend. And she goes, oh, really? Someone you really love? He goes, uh, I wouldn't go that far. And she goes, Geez, you are puzzling, uh, Picard. Jamaharon, I love that. Uh, she goes, yeah, your attitude's the most puzzling. She goes, I'll leave you to your book. So then Picard, as soon as she walks by, Picard hides his Jamaharon, or his phony phone. It was Horgon in, a, in another uh, blank uh, beach towel. Oh, then a Ferengi, that's what they're called. A Ferengi and Tropical Prince. And even his little back thing matches, uh, or his headpiece or whatever, matches his shirt. He looks like he's dressed in, uh, like he stole a, uh, like a, a print from like one of the cushions or something. And he's blocking Picard's son. Picard goes, dude, you're blocking my son. And the guy says, I want my disc. And Picard goes, I don't know what you're talking about, but you got to get out of my son. He goes, I know you have the disc. And Picard goes, you're messing with the wrong dude. And then the, uh... Ferengi walks around his chair and leans in, and he goes, I'm losing patience with you. He goes, we got to talk. And Picard goes, Ferengi demands mean nothing to me. And Ferengi goes, I've, have, I've, you've never dealt with a Ferengi then. And Picard goes, oh, I've dealt with a few. And he goes, he goes then don't, you don't trifle with Ferengi. And Picard goes, you don't trust him either. And the guy keeps going. Picard slams his book shut. And he glares and he stands up and he goes, listen closely because I'm not going to repeat myself. I'm supposed to be on vacation and that's what I'm here for, to read a book. I'm not here for Jamaharon or your discs or whatever. So hit the road and the Frankie just laughs. He goes, hey, you expect me to believe your feeble lies? 
And Ricard goes, just hit the road, man. And uh, the Frankie goes, I want my disc. Uh, and then the Frankie goes to leave, and he comes back. He goes, by the way, I saw you kissing my girlfriend, too. And it was great. Uh, and then Ricard lays back down to zone out, and then someone's like, hello. And Ricard goes, oh, it's you. And it was a woman that kissed him at the beginning. He goes, I'm not seeking any Jamaharone. He goes, I don't want to be rude, but I'm not, you know, I'm not here. I, he goes, I, 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 I'm going to read a book. It's just as much maroning and jawing as I need. And she goes, maybe you should try it sometimes. And he goes, if I try it, it'll be at a time of my own choosing, which was pretty funny. And uh, she, her name's Bash. And then this gets into like a very uh, Indiana Jones style story in a good way. And she goes, well, geez, we're making a lot of assumptions. And Ricardo goes, well, it's just you kissed me. And uh, he goes, and I, I usually like to know the women I kiss. So then they shake hands, just like Indiana Jones, at, like beginning of adventure. You even have like a little tug and pull at, at their handshake. And then she's like, she's kind of like asking Ricardo questions. He wants to go back to reading books. He goes, listen, I'm a captain of a starship, which is a bad idea to share that. And she goes, no wonder you're so uh, assertive with that Ferengi. Oh, at some point, Ricard gets up and storms off. She goes, where are you going? He goes, to find some privacy. Because uh, he goes, I don't want to deal with this privacy, he says. Then they run right into the Ferengi, who says, I knew you two were in business together. And Bash or Vash, I think her name's Vash, but I call her Bash. She slips the disc into Ricard's uh, robe. And then the woman, Bash, and the Ferengi, they argue for about the disc or something for a little while. And Picard goes back to his room. He walks in the room and he has a WTF moment because the purple chainmail people, that's what I called them in this one, they're just doing some kind of laser scan of his room. And they just look up like, hey, what's up? And Picard goes, what in the hell are you doing? And they go, we're, we're, we're Vorgons from the future, from the 27th century. I felt like it was like a band that like uh, Andy and Conan would be in, like on the show, uh, the Conan, Conan O'Brien show. Uh, and Picard goes, well, why are you scanning my room? And they go, do you know what the Tox Utat is? And Picard goes, I've heard the legend, a visitor from the future left behind a device known as the Tox Utat. Uh, and he goes, is that real? They go, oh, yeah, the Caldano had it, and it, uh, it halts all nuclear reactions within a star, a powerful device, and people have been trying to steal it. Uh, Indiana Jones previously involved his kids, you know, Nad, Nadia and Luke Jones uh, Jr., but uh, they said, geez, we figured out that you're the one that has it, according to historical records. And they said, we were just carbon dating your room, actually. Uh, you discovered it while you were on vacation here. And it, 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 we, 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 you know, so do you have it yet? He goes, no. And they go, when you get it, can you give it to us? Uh, and he goes, I guess so. If you're from the future, then uh, it's not, yeah, I guess so. And then they touch the chocolate bars on their ears, like their uh, computers that are linked to their brains or whatever, and they disappear. 
Oh, also in 1910, Picard is doing pointing with the uh, fertility statue. I thought that was good. There's a commercial while he's talking to the Vorgons. And his robe's open. He's got kind of like a um, this interesting robe. really looks comfortable, but it's also like it has two different lengths to kind of cover your um, your taxutad or your jamaharoner. And even mean that as a like a whatever but if you had a Jamaharon or it would cover that because uh, its pocket goes right over and he's holding his hands in his pocket right now and uh, he pulls it out and uh, there's he finds the disc uh, yeah one side longer than the other to cover but it's a short robe but it would be comfortable if Picard had longer shorts on. Yeah, I'd love it. It looked really good. I, I guess I like, because uh, I don't like long robes. I guess that's what I like about it. And then Picard says, uh, well, it's not a part. So what does that mean? Oh, that's, he's still talking to them. Then they phase out. They, he says, yeah, I guess so. If you're from the future, I'd give you whatever. And they have a much more futuristic pattern when they phase out. And then Picard finds it. Then he goes back to uh, Bash's room. Her room's been trashed. But she's, like, doing this WTF thing where she's trying to put together the flowers in the, the flower planner. And this is where we first see the chairs. The print on the chairs kind of matches the Ferengi's outfit. And she flips over a chair. She says, have a seat. Let's chat. And Picard sits down, crosses his legs like he's all business. Also, speaking of robes, she's wearing a robe that kind of looks a bit like a shower curtain. And it's like weird and puffy. Even Sophia was like, her robe's weird. Uh, but Picard talks about, he goes, you know where the tax Utah is? This is very Indiana Jones moment. I don't know if it was an homage but I assume it was, uh, and it's pretty good homage because, uh, you know, John Luke's so good, and they're kind of flirting, and, playing, you know, she's, like, doling out the information slowly. She turns over a tree, uh, and she's like, uh, okay, there's got to be some kind of secret here. And she goes, well, I kind of know where it is, uh, and I'm going to bring it to the Daystrom Institute for study. So we get to Daystrom Institute again. We dealt with the Daystrom Annex. But she's like, I got to get away from uh, uh, Slovak. Uh, and I love how Picard kicks back for a while with his legs crossed. And he la- they laugh at the Ferengi in the Ferengi logic. Uh, and then she, after she says Daystrom, like adventure, Picard steps up. Uh, and they're very flirty. He's like, well, you know, I'd like to give out some orders and find it. Uh, and she's like, I don't need any. I don't need a partner, Indiana. And he goes, from the moment I met you, I knew you were going to be trouble. And she goes, you look like a man who could handle trouble. And this was, I was like, is this Westworld? Uh, and she goes, so it's 27 kilometers out, le- out, out east in some subterranean caves. Picard goes, I'll be in, be in the lobby in 15 minutes. And he says, be punctual. And oh, by the way, change your clothes. Wear something more... Uh, uh, you know, m- m- more, uh, what do you call that, uh, functional. I love how he said be punctual. And she goes, we're going to make a wonderful team. Then you cut to, they just cut right to, uh, back. both of them are in adventure gear. And they both really look good. Uh, 
uh, it looked like kind of like Star Wars adventure gear, but not quite. And then Sovak, the Ferengi, rolls up uh, in his chair print shirt, and he's got a hose sprayer on that he claims is a weapon. It looks like he took it off a 1985 hose, and he says, I'm going to spray you up. Uh, and he's very good with his... Uh, like uh, saying, and even said, like he goes, he goes, don't, didn't she tell you the truth? She goes, I paid her to steal the tattoo uh, tat, but then she stole the money from me. And she goes, oh, that's not what happened. He goes, yeah, she's a greedy, unscrupulous woman, John Luke. And then he takes a deep breath and he goes, a perfect mate for a Ferengi. And Picard goes, you're becoming quite annoying, Sovak. And Picard, Ferengi says, yes, so are you. And then they do the old toss the backpack to the Ferengi and take his hose sprayer move. Because uh, they throw the backpack, he catches it. Picard takes his uh, hose sprayer, makes him take a nap. Uh, and then Bash had been, oh, Picard throws the uh, hose sprayer away. Then he puts the backpack on. Originally, Bash had had it. Uh, that's a pretty old trick. Uh, and they go, let's get moving. We got a long trip. Uh, ahead of us then they cut to a commercial they come back they're in a cave at night with crickets getting ready for bed small oh picard has a small tip tin tumbler or aluminum tumbler he's drinking out of and he's like drinking and pacing and holding it and they're kind of talking around uh being in a cave at night picard goes we should sleep here she goes, I hope, and you'd say that. And Ricardo goes, yeah, he goes, we're making great time. And, and they're kind of talking, and, and he goes, she, he says, uh, he goes, she goes, is that a compliment? He goes, yeah, it was intended as a compliment, so we're making great time. So then she comes and sits next to him. First she leans over, over him, like real close, and puts something down. And then she sits down. And uh, she goes, by the way, I haven't been totally honest with you, uh, Jean-Luc. And she kind of like plays her fingers and looks at the ground. And Picard goes, I'm not exactly surprised. She goes, Sovak did pay me for the disc. Uh, and then Picard goes, well, did you steal it? She goes, well, it wasn't stealing. It was professors. And she goes, I've been working for five years. Uh, and then they go back, you know, she goes, well, Picard goes, well, did you take Sovak some money? And she goes, yeah, to get here, but he got what he deserved, uh, nothing. And Rick goes, well, any woman that can beat a Ferengi at his own game bears watching. And he takes a long drink, and she goes, well, I'll take that compliment, too. I'm flattered. And Rick goes, mm, well. And that was at, like, 22, 30 or so. He, really deep, mm, well. Then he, pour, whoa, then he pours out the rest of his drink. It, clearly, he made a decision when he says, mm, well, I think. Uh, and they have, like, then they get down in this uh, this bedroll. They have, like, a copper, shiny bedroll. And they get in bed together. And Vigard goes, okay, this is good. Let's get some sleep. But this was his move. You could clearly see this was the Jean, one of Jean-Luc's moves. And it's a good one. He rolls over and hogs the blanket and then pretends to go to sleep. Uh, but then he rolls back and lies on his back. Like, so he, she has to confront him about the blanket uh, and talk to him. 
Yeah, the, the, I mean, there's more flirty, like, indirect conversation. But uh, after he steals the blanket, uh, yeah, she she can't sleep. But Card knows this because he's uh, stolen, you know, he's already stolen it. Uh, and she looks over at him, and then he's, she gets up on her elbow. He's got his eyes closed. And then she laughs, and she goes, uh, she goes, I loved that look on your face when you thought I was offering you Jamaharon. And Picard's like, well, I wasn't, what, what? he goes, uh, well, I was, he goes, yeah, it was a misunderstanding. And she goes, huh, well, she goes, you were, she, she goes, are you, she, you, you seemed a little disappointed when I turned you down. Then Picard laughs, he goes, you're outrageous. And she says, thank you. And then it's, uh, uh, she goes, you're pretty stimulating yourself, which is, uh, holy, uh, and she goes, we're a lot alike. Uh, that's why we get along so well. And Picard goes, you call this getting along? And then he shows her what it really means getting. He goes, uh, he goes, is this what you'd call a Jamaharon? And he gives her a very tender kiss. It's like, it's like, and he touches her face after. First they do, ma- I mean, it's more than one kiss. It's, uh, and obviously it's very tender though. And she goes, do you still think I'm trouble? And Ricardo goes, I'm sure of it, uh, as he like kind of pushes her hair out of the, out of the way. And they go from, uh, one kind of spelunking to another because they go like they're spelunking in a cave next. Uh, it, like it, it never, it even, like uh, there's a montage of them like, uh, searching the cave or making their way through it. And they go into this, uh, big room, uh, like, uh, and they go, this is the room. This is where we've tried to journey to. This is after, like, uh, this is like the next morning. Sorry about that, to be clear. And they go seven more meters in. And she's got, like, a GPS geocaching app, but it stops working. She goes, I can't figure out exactly where it is. So Picard pulls, like, two portable shovels out of the backpack. He goes, shall we? And he said, geez, you brought two portable shovels. You really are a Boy Scout. Holy moly. I wouldn't have brought zero. And the last thing I would know where to get on Risa would be shovels. You know, that would be like, uh... but then the fish people, now I call them the fish people transport and the Vorgons. Uh... And she goes, who are they? And Picard goes, they're security officers from the 27th century. You never saw them on Conan? It's like that security officers from the 27th century. And Picard goes, they're here to take back the Utah, you know. He goes, and he goes, I don't think they're into Jamaharon. Then the Ferengi shows up with like a Nerf shooter, and it's all going off, you know. And uh, Picard, like the Ferengi goes, keep digging. Uh, he goes, I want you to dig dig this whole hole. I don't know why the, uh, like, I guess everybody's waiting for the Tenga Rod or whatever it's called. Uh, then they cut to an ad because, uh, you know, the Frankie's got them where he wants them. And they come back from the ad, and Picard looks jacked in this next scene. Like he has no shirt sleeves on, and uh, he looks ripped. Uh, and they're, he, they're, they're just figuring, finishing digging. Picard's like, all right, I'm not digging anymore. He goes, there's no, he goes, there's nothing here. He goes, it can't, he goes, this thing must be gone. Uh, it was never here. We had, like, the doctor was wrong. And uh, Sovak's like, no. And then even Vash is like, maybe the professor was wrong. I don't believe it either. 
And Sovak goes, this can't be happening. And this was an interesting character reveal for Sovak. He was not another failure, not after coming so close. And one of the Vorgons, like, most puzzling, and then they just beam away. And then Sovak says, I can't be cheated out of my prize. I can't. And then uh, Picard and uh, Bash leave. And they go, if you want to keep digging, go for it. Uh, And Sovak keeps digging, keeps looking for it. Like he's digging in a total panic. Then they go back to the hotel. Everybody's got aching necks, uh, like Picard and Bash. And then they kind of share a romantic look. but she goes, five years of my life wasted. I can't believe I, we couldn't find that uh, Dashutant or whatever. And Picard goes, there's other treasures to find, Bash. Uh, like your eyes. And she goes, uh, no. She goes, I need to be alone for a little while, actually. And uh, she gives him a kiss on the cheek. And Picard leaves. And then she turns to the camera and gives a little look. Where we say, hmm, bum, bum, bum. Then we go to Picard's room. He's out on his porch or his uh, veranda. What do they have another term for it? But Lanai, listening to night sounds. And then Riker calls in. He says, uh, Picard turns around. His communicator's in his bag. This is at uh, 3710, I think. Uh, and Riker, even though he goes, hey, geez, I hope we're not interrupting anything important, Captain. We're cracking up. Uh, he goes, we're here to pick you up, though. Whenever it's convenient for you, Amphigard goes, yeah, I'll be back shortly. But he goes, get transporter code row 14 ready on my signal. And Riker was like, are you sure you don't mean like the one for the drugstore, like transporter code uh, 61? And Picard goes, no, 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 14, not the one when you, he goes, no, not the prophylactic code. And he goes, you heard me right. Uh, and then we go back to the lobby in Reset Night. Oh, first Picard takes a, like a little pace and then takes a deep breath, uh, or lets a deep breath out. And then we're at the Reset Lobby at night, and uh, Bash is trying to sneak out. And uh, Picard goes, leaving so soon? And she goes, well, I was going to say goodbye. Uh, I'm just going to come see you. And Picard goes, well, I saved you the bother. And she goes, geez, I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to get all this over with. Uh, and Picard goes, well, there's one last thing you can do for me. And she goes, anything. Like, he kind of whispers it. And he goes, where's the Taxutat? And she goes, that's not very funny. And he goes, uh, where'd you hide it? Uh, and she goes, he goes, I know you didn't. He goes, I know you did something. He goes, you took it and then brought me there to distract uh, whatever the... Um, Gamorian guards or whatever, whoever, uh, Sovak, uh, and he goes, I know you were already there. And she goes, you're a man of many talents. And she picks up a horgon and it, it, the, uh, talks who tots in a horgon's head. And she goes, a piece of the future. And Picard holds it up. It looks like one of those laser, laser etched crystals you get at a street fair. Like they can laser, uh, uh image inside of it. Then the uh, gloved pajama people show up with their shell radiant highlights, iridescent highlights of organs. And there's a little bit of a showdown. They say, give it to us. And she goes, no way. Uh, This is going to the Daystrom Institute. 
And Picard goes, she goes, are you just going to give it to them? And Picard goes, well, I'm assuming they have proof to back up their claim. And they go, our being here is proof enough. Uh, and she goes, Vorgons. The professor said Vorgons have been trying to get this. And then Picard goes, okay, you're going to have to prove who you are. Are you really from the future? And they say, like, uh, well, this is our right. We're from the future. Give it to us. And Picard goes, no. Then they stun Bash or Vash. Uh, so then Picard uses code 14 to just get rid of the crystal. He just nukes it. And then the, uh, they're like, geez, I can't believe it. Picard goes, go back home. Uh, nothing for you here. And they go, history will remember this. You filled your destiny. But they didn't seem too happy about it. Uh, then we're back at Picard's room. He's like packing his bags. And Vash Bosch is there, and she's holding his book, and she's stroking the leather, leather of his book uh, and enjoying it. Uh, and they just have a nice goodbye moment. She goes, well, geez, you don't need an archaeologist on that ship, do you, like uh, Indiana, Indiana Jones? And Picard goes, I don't think starships your, your suit your taste. She goes, I could never tolerate all that discipline. And they said, holy subtext, what the heck? But then they have a funny, another homage moment, because she goes, well, I think I'm going to check out the ruins on Sarathong 5. And Picard really raises his voice. He goes, unbelievable. You're, you can't, he goes, the Sarathogians are like Ming, Ming the Merciless. And she goes, why, Jean-Luc, I really do think you care about me. And he goes, stay out of trouble, please. And she goes, I always try. And then they kiss. Uh, and she goes, well, I wish we had more time to spend together. And Picard goes, well, maybe we will. The Vorgons are time travelers. Uh, maybe we'll repeat this moment again and again and again. And she goes, well, maybe. And let's see. Then we see the ship. We see the Enterprise. And Picard walks really fast onto the uh, bridge. And Riker's like, welcome back. And he goes, status report. Riker's like, it's all good. Everything's in great condition. And Picard goes, I'll thank you. I'll present my compliments to the crew. Oh, by the way, got that Horgon. And Riker's like, I knew it. He has this huge smile. Uh, he goes, we'll have to have a little chat about that. Uh and Troy goes, was it a relaxing trip, uh, Captain? And again, he goes, uh-huh, 4425, another classic, uh-huh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so he said, he didn't, he didn't say it like that, but he meant it like that, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I had a good time. I can't read that note. It looks like Canberry or Century. Uh, but then Riker goes, I knew he would have a good time. And with that, the episode comes to a close. Uh, good night. All right. So I want to thank some people that did uh, reviews on iTunes. A1212 uh, said it was perfect. Feel hypnotized every time. Uh, Jackie0131. Awesome. That is all. Thanks, Jackie. How about uh, Grassifer Rao? Maybe. Grassifer. Rock or crack or something. It puts me right to sleep. Anytime I have trouble sleeping, this is my go-to. Close my eyes, scroll through all of them, pick the first one that stands out. Doesn't matter which one it is. I'm out within 30 minutes. Thank you. Uh, B Handle says we're, the podcast is seriously terrible. Okay, moving on. Nush, nushinish. 
Nushy nice, uh, nushy nice. You make my dreams come true, as Hall Notes once sang. At last, uh, I've been using podcasts to deal with insomnia for more than a year. The problem is they also have loud noises or laughter, clapping, music, etc. It's hard to find someone with a soothing voice or then maybe they have a guest. Then I found this podcast. Uh, last night, I listened to the first episode. Uh, like, I have zero interest in Star Trek. We found narration engaging. I fell into deep sleep. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Uh, here's one from 770408. Uh, cure insomnia and anxious mind. If you need intelligent, humorous, lulling bedtime story, tell me fall back to sleep. This is for you. These tales are a perfect antidote to bedtime anxiety. Podcaster will instantly quiet your mind, entertain you, and keep you coming as you drift off. Uh, don't try to understand it right away, but if you give it a try for two weeks, I promise you'll be hooked. Wide variety of story styles, and the podcaster cares about his listeners. Thank you, Scoots. Thank you, 770408. Uh, SM1712 from Ireland says, just advertisements. First few minutes was an annoying ad. It gave up after that. Yep, we got to pay. There was a few minutes of ads at the beginning, I'll be honest. Keeps the show going. Uh, Nicole E.D. says, uh, works for me. I, get, I wake up for an early morning job. I desperately need to fall asleep. Uh, gave it a try. Put one in, and in tw- 20 minutes, I was thinking how dumb it was and it wouldn't work, and then I was waking up for my alarm. Now I recommend it to every person I work with. Might be getting obnoxious. I have anxiety in my thoughts race, and this podcast is just enough to help me stop thinking, but not so engaging that it keeps me awake. Uh, except for one TNG episode that did uh, give this podcast a try. Uh, Vishner from France didn't like the show. There is something I cannot describe, but I can't support uh, Made me doesn't make me like it. Uh, how about uh, Knit Not knit, knit not Savant? Uh, thanks. Uh, wonderful. Thanks for helping me sleep. Thank you. How about Hag News of uh, Sweet Baby Angel doing the Lord's work? Uh, thank you. Here's a funny one. Bueno Tea Bear. It won't taste like gas water. Well, dream awoke in mid-podcast from a sweet dream. I had waded into a marsh filled with bright green algae and silkworms to talk to a farmer with your voice. You were describing the process as he scooped up, I scooped up, as he scooped up a big old basket of worms and water. Uh, the basket moved through a machine that filtered out the goo and turned it into liquor, and I said, now that won't taste like gas water, you proclaimed as I opened my eyes. The dream had such a sweet, funny feeling. I was so content in that march, march listening to your voice, transferring to my subconscious mind. Thank you, thank you. Uh, how about Dave D., who says, best sleep help out there. This podcast works more consistently than anything I've ever tried to put me to sleep, whether it's insomnia or I can't fall asleep or if I have to adjust uh, for changes. Even if I have to get up earlier, it helps me fall asleep. Uh, it's a miracle worker. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. How about Jerona? Jerona, Jerona, phony phona. Every night puts me to sleep. Thank you. And Bon Bon with a B to the H, like a sandwich, like B to the H to the H, H to the N. Creative genius. When the, well, this podcast does not, it did not help me fall asleep when I needed it. I'd gladly give it high marks for creativity. The pain taking, pain's taking care, which a show is so boring and interesting, and its construction is something to behold. Sleep with me crafts long, winding, serpentine narratives punctuated by impeccably timed lapses in memory. That's not on purpose, though. 
caused by a winding backtrack that eventually gets back in a slow-moving train of thought. Anyone can make a boring podcast, uh, but to do it creatively takes some kind of genius. Well, that's very kind of you. Thank you, Bon Bon. And thanks for everybody reviewing the show over on Apple Podcasts. If you use the Apple Podcasts app or the uh, iTunes on your desktop, please review the show. Thanks and good night. All right, everybody. So we're talking about uh, Season 1, Episode 2, The Naked Now. Holy cow, right? Uh, Warp 7, uh, the captain's log uh, states, are uh, headed towards the uh, SS Tsarkovsky. Uh, which had been uh, doing uh, watching a red supergiant in what does this say data point two five empty stare lipstick uh, question mark so let's see and also I noticed that data has some terrible posture in this episode it just like my voice is going out a little bit oh yeah see I mean season two episode season one episode two but it looked like data's lips seemed to uh, Either not enough makeup or too much makeup. Probably not enough makeup. So just the first application. Troy uh, has had a, a berry-like headpiece on or with the little jewels, whatever you want to call it. And they're, they're like uh, headed to... So Sarkovsky is watching this uh, supergiant turn into a white dwarf and they get some weird messages. So they're going to look into it. I also liked how John Luke said, what has brought us here is a series of strange messages indicating something's gone wrong. So remember, this is the second episode, and the first one was kind of like a two-part pilot. So it's really interesting, and I have a lot of thoughts about that, uh, like just mostly in a curious sense. Uh, so Data uh, gets the first piece of dialogue. He says, yeah, repeat your message, Sarkovsky. And it's a woman's voice, and she says uh, she sounds like she's at a party. And she goes, I hope you have a lot of pretty boys on board because I'm willing and waiting. And then she says, we're having a real blowout here. And then a guy's party in the back, he says, do it, do it. Uh, and then Data goes, what we just heard is impossible. And Picard says, report. He, they go, well, did you say open an emergency hash, hatch? Maybe they had some emergency hash, too, by the way they were acting. And Picard goes, are you certain? And then Picard answers rhetorically. He goes, oh, yeah, you're, of course you are. Your data. Like, uh, so the more I watch this episode, the more I saw little things being teased out, especially with Data, uh, Wesley, Tasha, like a couple of the characters, uh, Picard. So they say, sensor science show everybody aboard has uh, t- taken, like, gone into hibernation now. And Riker clears the bridge. He says, Data, Georgie, Georgie, and Geordie, let's go. And uh, they they head over to the tar, 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 I can't do Sarkovsky. Tar, tar, and yeah, I liked how uh, Data, Riker jumped into action without, oh, yeah, but I was surprised because there wasn't any word from a card. Uh, Worf, no Sofaro. Something about Worf, no uh, Sofaro. Oh, I think Worf said, yeah, that Worf was the one that said everybody's sleeping. And there's an exterior shot of the the Enterprise with another ship, a really nice shot with the Red Giant. And then they energize, uh, they transport over to like a frat house-like scene. And uh, like I'll describe it in a minute when it comes up on on, uh, the video I'm watching. But, uh, like, uh, 
Riker says, Riker's giving orders to everybody pan you know, fan out, look at this ship. And Data goes, indications of what humans would call a wild party. But there's like uh, people's undergarments on the ground. There's like a, like a weird uh, glass with a bendy straw around the outside of it. Uh, clothes, you know, clothing, yeah, just uh, like papers and stuff, uh, like really, uh, a lot, a lot of trash, like people like were just littering, which, you know, that would never go on, uh, probably a bad idea. I mean, even in like, uh, space operas like Star Wars or shows like Fi- Firefly, people don't leave, for the most part, people don't leave their garbage around their spaceships. I haven't seen the latest Guardians of the Galaxy, but, like, if I had a spaceship, unfortunately, would probably have a lot of trash, like like a car. And that's why I lease my car now, because so, it gives me enough paranoia to try to, to keep it somewhat clean, since I don't own it. I, I try not to just let it get garbage accumulate. But if I do own something, or even sometimes I get in trouble once at a job for, uh, I, like, I went out of town... And someone had used my truck, and it was a mess, and I got, I got, I got in big trouble. Okay, so Data, oh, at some point, Data and Riker go to this video, and then they say, geez, yeah, right, the hatch got open, and everybody, he goes, a lot of people left and went outside uh, to, like, uh, swim in space. And Riker goes, uh, from the bridge, Riker goes, make sure to record all that. And Dade even corrects Picard. He goes, actually, you you know, he said you, you used the wrong verbiage on that. And Riker goes, thank you, thank you, Dade. And Dade goes, common mistake, sir. And then Tasha finds a lot of people that have, uh, like, gone into cryogenic sleep. And Riker's like, how? And she goes, so it looks like somebody just did it through the too much air conditioning cryogenics. And then we see a bunch of other cryogenic people. Jordy goes into a bedroom it looks like people were partying. Then he finds like a, like a very much like arrested development, and in the shower, like a, like someone like a, a Tobias who wears their clothes in the shower. And Riker calls Picard. He goes, "Yeah, I got a report for you." And Picard goes, "Go ahead." And Riker goes, "Everyone's a sleeper, gone swimming in space." Let's see. Yeah, the never, the never, like the person that doesn't take their clothes off, even though it's the naked now, they end up in Jordy's arms, clothed in the shower. Oh, very much like the age of Aquarius. Gone cold, I put. That's the age of Aquarius gone cold. That's what my notes say. Uh, and it's, Yard didn't say this, but she could have. She could have said peepsicles instead of popsicles. And, uh, like, when Jordy sees the uh, never-nude, he looks at his own arm, worried. And Riker says, report, oh, everyone's gone. And the music's a lot different than this in later, uh, like, seasons. Like, there's, like, it, after uh, Riker reports, there's, like, a lot of the music's building, and then it opens. And the, remember, this is 1987. Then there's, after the opening... There's a shot in Picard goes, we're downloading all the research. They're downloading the information. It's the 1980s. You couldn't download anything in 1980. You could. I mean, I did from a couple bulletin boards, so I guess you could. But uh, uh, download research information on the star uh, so we can figure out when it's going to collapse. Uh, then Crusher and Picard are talking. Just, Jesus, nothing unusual here. 
And this is something that'll develop over the seasons, I guess. Picard goes, give me a theory, doctor. Uh, this one's more mellow. He goes, what is it? Uh, you know, like, uh, like, he goes, is this, uh, like a fad? Did a fad sweep the ship? And, or something else? Like, uh, she, Troy goes, uh, any or all, Captain. And Picard doesn't like it, so he goes, get the away team back, put the transporter on decon, like, de- decam, de- like, clean up, uh, and then give everybody a full exam. Uh, Med Bay, give me a theory. We see the ships, there's some cool rumbling with the shots in space and the red giants. Then Data's sitting up for his exam. Again, we're learning about Data because Crusher says, if you were any more, more perfect, I'd write you up in a medical uh, star textbook. And Data goes, I'm already listed in many biomechanical texts, doctor. And she goes, okay, great. Anyway, next up, Jordy. And this is a, this is at like 707 about she's examining Jordy. Riker's watching her, which is strange. I don't know if that's a HIPAA, you know, he's literally watching over her shoulder. But she examines Jordy and she goes, "You everything's normal except your wicked sweaty, Lieutenant. Uh, which is a strange question for anybody. But then Jordy starts acting very weird and he is very sweaty, uh, perspiring. He goes, he gets a weird voice. He goes, I suppose because it's too hot in here. Why else? And Riker says, that doesn't sound like you, Jordy. And then Riker, Jordy goes, well, maybe, maybe she'll crush her through her voice. Uh, and Riker, everyone just stares at him. He goes, it was a joke. Uh, and Crusher goes, you know, she, she goes, oh, totally. Uh, anyway, you got to do some more tests clearly on you. And she calls up to the bridge and, uh, she goes, we're going to keep Jordy down here for observation. And Picard goes, why? Do you have a problem? She goes, like, uh, maybe. And Riker goes, to, he has a little consult with Data. He goes, Data, I, gotta, I need you to look up some, li- like, I need you to do some library work. Uh, and Data goes, specifics? And Riker goes, I have a vague memory of reading about someone uh, taking a shower in their clothing. Unfortunately, Data didn't have uh, rested development like he did. Like he didn't know that. Uh, but Riker goes, I think this has happened before. And Data goes, Okay, I'll look it up. And Riker goes, Yeah, it should be easy for someone written up in biomechanical texts. And Data goes, Do you think I, the, the doctor thought I was boasting? And Riker goes, Probably. So this kind of gives us our first sense that, like, you know, data is not, it's not totally easy for data to assimilate, you know. But it's not like a harsh uh, non-assimilation. It's more of like a, so it's not like a square peg in a round hole. It's like a square soft peg into a round hole, you know, that has some give in a soft round hole or something. Riker goes, it'll take some time. Like, and I, I didn't know which one he was referring to. And Data goes, yeah, but it'll take a couple of hours for me to look this up. Uh, he goes, by the way, that's a fact. I was written up. Uh, maybe she'll look it up. And Riker goes, you can depend on it. Uh, then we see Jordy in the med bay wake up and take off his communicator and just bolt uh, out of med bay uh, while Crusher's working. And then she comes in. She's like, Jordy, where are you going? Uh, so then she calls security and says, uh, you got to catch Jordy. So Tash and Picard are like on it, like search the whole ship for him. Uh, a couple backtracks. I looked at also how when Jordy acts weird in that scene at the med bay, 
like the way Crusher and Riker share a look. Uh, and Crusher gives kind of gives a sign to Riker, and Jordy sighs uh, in that scene. And then Riker sits down with Data, green screen on Data's face. Oh, the reflection on Data's face was cool. And the exposition and the character reveal of Data. And we even get a first taste of Riker's smile. Even though Riker has no beard, we do see his, like, uh, token uh, Riker's smile as he walks off. And then we have a weird scene with uh, Geordi and... uh, Oh, also, when Jordy takes off his communicator, he's looking at his hand a lot, like, uh, and he's stretching his hand in a weird way. And then we see Jordy with Wes in Wesley's, uh, Wesley and Dr. Crusher's house, a total WTF. Uh, there's sus- lots of suspense music. Oh, no, that's when Crusher comes back and Jordy's gone. Lots of suspense music there. But we see a scene where Wesley is levitating a chair with a device he made, a science project. And Jordy's sweating and watching and cracking up, definitely like he's drunk. Uh, and then Wesley goes, by the way, I'm looking, working on this, like, a Picard soundboard. It doesn't look like it wasn't on a tablet. It was in, like, a little crystal handheld, like a Raspberry Pi, I think. And uh, he goes, I can imitate Picard's voice. And Jordy really gets a kick out of it. He's cracking up. And then he gets all weird. He's, like, touching his abdomen. He's like, I'm burning up. I'm really hot. But he also compliments Wesley. So we get this taste of Wesley as a genius throughout this episode, a boy genius. And in this next scene, you think about if people's uh, inhibitions are down. Like, maybe that's one of the themes of this episode. This took three or four times of me watching this to really get how much we really do learn about Jordy. And kind of his deepest desires, because we see him in the next scene. He's in the observation lounge. He's staring out the window, and he's kind of spaced out. And Tasha comes in, and she's like, "Jordy, what's going on?" And he's acting super strange at first, but then I now, I don't think so, because he kind of says, uh, "He goes, help me not give in to these like uh, urges I'm having." And Tasha goes, "Well, geez, I'm, I'm trying to be do my job. We got to take you back to Med Bay." And Jordy goes, I need some help. And she goes, uh, help how? He goes, uh, to see like you do. And she goes, you can see better than I can. And he says, and so this is really powerful, actually. He goes, uh, I see more, but more isn't better. I want to see in shallow, dim, beautiful human ways. Uh, and he touches her face. And, I mean, so it's weird when you, like, really poetic, uh, and then we really see this uh, callback to this, like how deeply, you know, this is affecting Jordy. And I guess this was something in one other episode that I can't remember now. Maybe um, the one with the, uh, the 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 genetics one with the people that were self-contained, where we get an idea of like Jordy's yearning. Uh, but yeah, he takes his visor off, and then another security person comes, and then they escort him down to Med Bay, and then they cut to commercial. And let's see, post commercial, we're in sick bay. Tasha's kind of assessing with Ricard. Uh, she goes, uh, Ricard goes, What happened? She goes, He kept talking about, he was upset he wants normal vision. And Ricard goes, Oh, and then we see Tasha's getting warm, like uh, she's like. Uh, 
And then Crusher goes, there's nothing wrong with Jordy, but it looks like he has a fever, but he doesn't. Uh, like, that's what the readouts say. And Ricard goes, do you think this is from what happened on this sh- the other ship? Uh, and it's spreading throughout our ship. And Crusher goes, if you mean a disease, like, no, because we totally uh, deconned everyone and we've checked everybody. And Ricard goes, well, what do you think happened at that other ship? And Crusher goes, uh... I don't know. Like, it could have been feelings. Troy, you feel anything? And what about, do you feel anything in Jordy? And Picard goes, well, he was longing for normal eyesight. Uh, there's a sudden yearning for that. And Troy goes, she can act, she meant, she's like, his records don't show that. And she goes, this is powerful. She goes, maybe because it's happening now, it's important. But she goes, all I can see is that he's confused. And if I didn't know better, I'd say he's intoxicated. And Jordy's like sweating and lying there, kind of almost talking to himself. Uh, like this close-up. Yeah, then Data and Riker are kind of doing the research for this never-new thing. And it's totally like uh, they're doing a Boolean search or something. The Enterprise history... And then Parkard rolls up and they go, oh, it's like a J- James T- from back when James T. Kirk was on there. So I say, oh, okay, so this is for old fans, this kind of episode, because it has a little bit of a, a little bit of a goofier premise, the whole episode, like the whole idea uh, that would make older fans of the James T. Kirk era comfortable. So Riker's like, James T. Kirk figured this out, uh and uh, then at 16.15, we get a really funny data grin as they're kind of talking about, uh, like, what happened. They were there, and then complex strings and water molecules, uh, like, acted like they were alcohol. So they're like, we got to get this to, to the um, doctor. And just the way Picard said alcohol was interesting to me. And then uh, Picard's like, this is fascinating, and Ricard Riker's like, their judgment was impaired. And Ricard goes, well, they found this formula just in time. And Ricard tells Crusher, we got it figured out. Uh, we're going to feed it into your medical thing. So Crusher goes, I hope so. Uh, it was like an awkward exchange a little bit. At, at like uh, when she says, I hope so, that even Data gives a weird look at Picard at the end. Uh, then around 17 minutes, uh, at first, the first two times I watched this, I thought this was Tasha's room, but I figured out that's Troy's room. And Tasha's like snuck into Troy's apartment and it's like trying on her clothes, like all her scarves and stuff. And Tasha's clearly drunk or under the influence. Uh, she's like, I always love your off duty clothes and your hair. And I want to like change my image like yours. That's why I'm here. I need your advice. And Troy goes, well, this isn't your style, Tasha. She goes, I think something's going on with you. Are you fighting something? And then they touch, and there's a sound effect when people get transferred, whatever this is. So we hear that. And, you know, there's like a pause. And she goes, what is it? And Tasha goes, never mind. I'm going to go buy it at the ship's store, what I need. And she's kind of giggling. She rolls out. Uh, and then Tasha, or uh, Troy calls. She goes, Tasha's, and she calls the big card. Tasha's infected now, too. And there's a ton more close ups. Would I say lots more close ups? Oh, maybe there's more close ups in these early episodes than the later ones. Then Picard says, Snootful, around 1830. 
And uh, there's crazy data looks at the end. 1836, you got to look at this. Uh, there's about five seconds of data making weird looks by himself. Then we're in the med bay, and uh, uh, Wesley shows up. He's like, hey, Mom. He's acting already like, like a bit of a loon. He's got this wild look on his face. He's, like, holding up some medical device with his, uh, like, a repulsor beam or whatever, levitator beam. And he's hot. He goes, Wes, oh, I'm so hot. Uh, and she's like, Wesley, I got to do some work. So you get this sense of Wesley uh, needing some attention. I think Wesley did a good job of doing the same kind of really weird dialogue that uh, Jordy had done. Because uh, Crusher says, she's worried something weird's going on in the ship, so stay in the apartment. And he goes, sure, Mom, your wish is my command. And she goes, uh, Wesley. And he goes, you're just stunting my emotional growth. You realize that? And then she, he goes, I'm so hot. Uh, and then Riker goes, Picard calls Crusher. And he goes, you got a, a test injection yet? And she goes, I'm working on it. I got interrupted by my kid. And then we have another great scene with Tasha. She's literally strutting around the ship, like uh, totally like a hep cat, and like surveying the scene. Awesome, nineteen minute, nineteen thirty or so. And stuff is getting crazy off the hook. There's she goes and just walks right up to somebody and starts making out with them. And all everybody on the ship is starting to act strange and pair off and stuff like that, canoodling. There's dramatic music when they go back to the bridge, uh, like, uh, and regards because data's like, like, why is it so slow downloading? And data goes, because there's so much information over over there. And regard goes, what's the deal with that star? Is it da- trouble? And uh, data goes, uh, we could get away from the star on half impulse power, so don't worry about it. Uh, then we're down in engineering, and Picard calls uh, chief engineer. Uh, out then Picard calls the assistant chief engineer out uh, to medical one to the, the chief to the bridge assistant chief to medical and then Wesley comes in and he's kind of out of it he touches the ch- assistant chief Jim and we hear the transfer sound effect he goes so you're supposed to be a medical and uh, Jim uh, Shimoda uh, he says, uh, well, I can't leave because uh, the chief just left. And Wesley goes, I can watch things, totally. I don't even work here, but, uh, like, I'll totally do that. And then, so he sh- sh- says, okay. Uh, then the, the chief, she gets onto the bridge, and she goes, reporting. And Picard goes, reporting for what? Uh, this is from Starcraft, reporting for duty, she says. No, but she says, uh, you called me. And Picard goes, I didn't call you. And then we hear Picard again, so we get the call back to Wesley's Raspberry Pi. And he says, attention on all decks. Uh, effective immediately, I've handed control of the vessel to acting Cap- Captain Wesley Crusher. And Picard's like, his jaw's shaking. He goes, acting Captain. And then this is very comedic. Uh, Wesley hops on. And he goes, thank you, Captain Picard. He goes, with it, with that order, offer, order, dawns a brave new day for the Enterprise. And then it goes to an ad. Let's see, Wesley takes over the ship. Uh, and there's a lot of fun shots of Wesley in that. Uh, then we have an exterior shot and a captain's log, which is like, oh boy, the ship's contaminated with some weird weirdness and. Wesley Crusher's taking over engineering. 
And we have, like, this shot of Wesley with his arms crossed, really happy. All these drunk engineers are cheering him on. They're behind, like, a, a wall beam or something. Only the chief engineer, she has somehow avoided it. Uh, but, like, uh, Jim is, like, walking into Wesley's repulsor beam thing. And he's like, how'd you do that? And Wesley's like, well, I turned the tractor beam uh, into a repul- repulsor beam. And he goes, uh, do you want to hang with me, Jim? On the other side of it, he goes, oh, yeah. So then he comes and joins Wesley on the other side of the beam, which Wesley put, you know, was set up so he can't be, bu- like, uh, the security can't bug him. So then on the bridge, Picard sends uh, McDougal, the chief, and uh, Riker down. To, he goes, g- g- get down there and clean up that mess. Uh, get moving. Oh, also, Jim said, I swear I'll be faithful to you, Wesley. Uh, then we see Worf uh, and Data are still unaffected. They're on the bridge. Oh, also, Wesley goes, and henceforth, when he's giving out orders, he's like, dessert at every meal, proceeding and following every meal. Uh, but then Worf, when they're on, on the bridge, he says, uh, sir, he goes, strange reports are coming in from everywhere, metaphysics, glasses, uh, and he goes, I heard a weird limerick, uh, once was a woman from Venus whose body, and then Picard goes, I don't want to hear it, Data, but Worf even goes to Data, he goes, I don't get their humor either, and then Picard's like, where is it, like, where's you, Lieutenant Yar? He calls her room, and she goes, like, some other guy answers, yeah, Captain. And then Picard's all, he goes, don't worry, keep your britches on. And then Tasha says, Captain Picard. And Picard goes, where are you? And she goes, uh, I'm in my room with, uh, like, a caller. And Picard goes, go down, Data, go down there and take her, Lieutenant Yard to sick bay and take her, Lieutenant, you know, take her gentleman caller somewhere else. And Picard goes, all supervisors to the bridge. And then Data goes into Tasha's quarters, and uh, he goes, Lieutenant Yar, and she comes out in, like, this, uh, uh, like, a, like, a very, uh, like, in a, in a, like, a romantic outfit. And Data's like, uh, what? And she's got, like, a slicked back hair with a little curly cue. And Data goes, can you put your uniform on? We got to get out, like get up back to a meeting. And she goes, I took my uniform. And she goes, uh, and then she kind of gives a little bit of her backstory really quickly. And then she goes, I want a little uh, gentle joy from you, Data, with a little love mixed in there. And she says, I couldn't believe this the first time I saw it. Uh, she goes, you're fully functional. Like, I honestly thought this was a dream. Like, uh. And I'm not being facetious or ironic. Like, I didn't even know in this subtle way. It really gave me a whole new respect for, like, like I guess I thought Star Trek was way more vanilla. Because she says, Geez, you got a full body? And Data goes, I do. And actually, I'm programmed in multiple techniques of a wide variety. And Tasha goes, oh, you jewel. And then she, you know, uh, they go for some private time. And, and I don't know, to me, like, I had great respect for it, like, uh, especially in 1987, uh, like, I was like, wow. Uh, it seemed like even though, like, the, everyone's under the influence, very human behavior. Okay, then Riker ta- is talking, oh, no, that was what we just saw. They talked to some dude, belly dancing outfit, that's what I said. Also in Tasha's room, she has, like, a cool wood sculpture. 
a couple of palm-like plants, uh, a water of tree leaf variety. I don't know what that means. Oh, like a a painting. It looks like uh, yeah, she has this interesting painting uh, that looked like if you're looking through tree leaves, but they were against water or something. Like when you're looking at the sky. Uh, Data Galt, when she says, uh, you know, I'm looking for some joy. And if she says, are you fully functional? Data uh, grins, and then they go behind closed doors. Uh, then we are in Riker and is, and is in engineering. And all the Jim's using the all the these, uh, they're not SD cards. Back when Sony had their own proprietary uh, memory stick, they called them. Uh, Jim has all the memory sticks. He's making like a house of cards of them. And Wesley's got everybody repulsed out with his repulsor beam. And uh, like, so Riker and, and, and the chief are like, well, geez, what are we going to do? How are we going to get in here? And then Troy shows up. Uh, and I think she called him Bill instead of Will. Like normally she calls him Will, but I could swear she called him Bill. And he goes, Deanna, what? Uh, and she goes, all these minds on the ship are free. And she makes a move on him. She goes, uh, she goes, it's, it's very sensual, all this uh, side of the, all these humans at once. And Riker goes, I better get you to sick bay. And she goes, wouldn't you rather, you know, spend some time uh, together? And Riker kind of scoops her up and carries her off. But Riker had also touched her hand. So we get the sound effect that he has transferred uh, the thing. And then Crusher is in the med bay working with Jordy. And she's got the cure, but it doesn't work. And Jordy's like, it's not fair. I've never seen a rainbow, a sunset, or a sunrise. Uh, and he goes, is this going to help me see like you? Then Riker comes in with Crusher. And then Crusher's like, uh, this should have worked instantly. And Jordy didn't. Uh, and Riker goes, what? Uh, and she goes, maybe this thing is mutated. Uh, we got to isolate it. And Riker goes, we don't have time. And she goes, what'd you bring Troy in for? And Riker goes, she's infected. She goes, you touched her, and then you touched me. And so I missed some point where she touched, like, uh, she goes, I got to quarantine you, Will. He goes, no, 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 I got to get back. He goes, uh, we got to fix this ship. And he's very serious. And then there's, like, a slow zoom in to crush her uh, reaction with music uh, underlying it uh, as Will gets serious. We got to get moving. Uh, then we have another captain's log. This isn't just inconvenient. Uh, Wesley is uh, in control of the ship. And Picard calls down. He goes, Wesley, can you see me? And then Wesley pops up. He goes, yeah, there's like a super shot of Wesley's head. He goes, give me back control of the ship. Uh, and Wesley goes, I can't. He goes, uh, why don't you just tell me what you want and I'll do it. And Picard goes, well, this is my ship, young man. And Picard goes, actually, you give the orders, but other people do the work. It goes, why don't you just give me the orders? And then Worf goes, by the way, there's something going out with this star. And Picard goes, I don't like, I'm dealing with this kid. I don't like kids. And he goes, are you aware that you're intoxicated? And Wesley goes, is that why I'm hot? And he goes, am I drunk? Uh, totally. This is awesome. It's weird, but good. And Ricard goes, well, your judgment's off, Wesley, just like alcohol. So, uh, and Wesley goes, well, what would you do if you got your ship back? And he goes, uh, 
I gotta uh, get you put a tractor beam on the Tchaikovsky and get it out of the way. And Wesley goes, hey, dude, I got. He goes, I got a tractor beam. I'll be back. I'll get. I'll call you back. And he goes, Wesley out. And then Picard's like, Wesley, Wesley. And then we see the dude, like, when the dude's working on the bridge, he just gets up and leaves because he's, like, uh, he's gotten out of it. Also, I noticed, like, uh, Picard was enunciating, like, the ways in he was enunciating. It was, like, a little bit uh, different than normal, like, uh, the way the later episodes would be, maybe. Uh, yeah, 306 is when the other dude gets up and leaves. Uh, he takes, like, a deep breath uh, while Worf kind of glares at him. And then Picard, uh, oh, that was at 306, uh, Wesley, Wesley. Then there's music, uh, come, come, leave it. Uh, I don't know what that means, come, leave it. Oh, that was when the guy, Picard goes, where are you going? Uh, when the guy got up and left. Uh, and then, yeah, Picard goes, dude, the star is a trouble. And then Picard's like, what's going on in engineering? And then we see uh, Jim is working on his, uh, he's playing with all the little uh, SD cards, what Riker's, uh, Riker and the chief, they're trying to get past the force field. And Wesley's kind of talking to himself and working on the science project. And they're like, well, what's going on? And then we cut to Crusher, you know, working. There's music, and she's trying to outpace her. She's sweating. She's trying to figure out the solution. Uh, then Morph's like, we got the chase, Tchaikovsky. And because like, Wesley, Wesley, you got to come in. And then Data comes in drunk. It was this really hilarious. Like, the door opens, and he, like, stumbles onto the bridge. First, when the door opens, he's, like, kicked back against the wall with his legs crossed. Uh, really hilarious. Uh, and he goes, he goes, fully, Captain. And Picard goes, at least you're functioning. And Picard goes, you can't be drunk, Data. You're a robot. And he goes, android. And Picard goes, you don't have a brain like humans. Uh, he goes, we're more alike than we are unalike. And Data kind of stares at his hand. He goes... I have pores, humans have pores. I have fingerprints, humans have fingerprints. He was just kind of staring at him in dismay. He goes, I have chemical nutrients, you you have stuff too. And then he goes, a classic day, he goes, if you prick me, uh, do I not leak? Then Beverly comes on, to, Dr. Crusher Beverly comes on to the bridge, and she goes, I got to talk to you in private, Captain. And this was kind of a predictable scene. I guess maybe we have one too many of these, but I guess you needed it. And then uh, when Ricard leaves, Data goes to lean on something and misses and falls. And Ricard goes into his ready room and, uh, you know, it was it was a funny scene, but uh, Crusher kind of is uh, very forward with Ricard. She goes, I've lost my good judgment. And she goes, uh, I mean, I guess it's important to know that she's they're like, uh, they're attracted to each other for real when their guard is down. So she, you know, she tells them what she's thinking, and uh, then they touch, so then we have the sound effects. Uh, and we also see the forlornness, you know, that, like, uh, what Crusher's been through. And that she, she, she does need some—she does desire some companionship. She might not need it, but she does desire it. 
Let's see, a simple point Worf tells uh, Picard on Data, you know, the Data's infected. Uh, Star, you know, Star starts to get action music as the star expands. Let's see what else. I don't know. At some part, Picard talks to Crusher and just just try to figure out this uh, solution. So she goes back to Med Bay. Oh, oh, but when Picard comes out, Worf tells on Picard. He calls Riker. He says, uh, Captain's infected. So Riker's like, I'm on my way. And uh, they get up there and, there's, you know, stars going apart. Picard's sweating and acting a little bit forgetful and weird. Riker goes, are you all right? And Picard, Picard goes, Worf, you know what to do. Take us, uh, take us, uh, Riker goes, out of here. And they go, yeah, we don't have any way to control the ship. Uh, so then Riker goes, Wes, uh, can you come in? It's urgent. And then we see Chief McDougal. She says, the control ships are everywhere. And Riker goes, we got to get moving. And she goes, well, the chips are, someone yanked out all the chips. And Wesley goes, it was an adult, not me, by the way. And then Worf's like, we got 14 minutes to figure this out. So, and McDougal says, there's no way we can replace these chips in 14 minutes. It'll take two or three hours. Uh, and Wesley goes, Data could put them together. The whole time, like, the uh, assistant chief's, like, throwing the chips up in the air. But Wesley goes, Data could assemble them super fast. And Picard goes, what's that, Wesley? Like, Data's, like, leaning back, like, in a chair, like he's, like, kind of, like, drunk. He does a really good job. And when they say Data can do it, he makes, like, this goofy smile. And Wesley's like, it'd be easy. Data's super fast, and he could shuffle them like cards. Uh, And so Riker picks up Data, like, and helps him to his feet, and they head off. And then they uh, goes to an ad again. Let's see. Worf, when Worf was trying to fix stuff, he went to two different workstations. There's a lot, yeah, a lot of dramatic music going uh, the whole time. Uh, then it's like a ship's log, first officer Riker. Enterprise is in trouble unless uh, we can get out of the star. And our only hope is that Data, with the time we have left, can regain his senses and reconnect power to the bridge. And Data goes, hey, Wesley, get down to engineering. He's like, hey, Wesley, what's up? And Wesley goes, hey, Mr. Data. Riker goes, we don't got time for this. Get the damned control chips back in place in the correct order now. And Wesley's like, it's like a game. How fast you can do it? And Data goes, ah, a game. And then Data gets to work. Uh, and then Wesley switches to man view Riker and Wesley. What does that mean? Oh, Wesley switches so they can see the uh, star. And Riker really gets a hopeless look on his face. Is that 38 minutes? We see Data's super speed. And they're like, Data, we got eight minutes. Can you finish it by then? He goes, nope. He goes, this will take more time than we have. And Riker like looks back at the screen and he kind of sits down, rubs his mouth, uh, sees he's sweating. So far, the chief, uh, McDougal, she's the only one that's not infected. Uh, yeah, let's see. Then 3840, Picard rolls into uh, Dr. Crusher Beverly's office, and they kind of have this mo- They share a moment. Uh, he goes, Beverly? And she goes, yeah, Jean-Luc. He goes, address me as captain. And they're flirting. And she goes, captain? Well, captain, uh, you could call me chief medical officer or doctor then. 
And he goes, oh, yeah, I called you, Beverly. He's leaning. And then he's like, I'm not thinking straight. And she goes, same here. They're more stoned than drunk. Uh, and he goes, I think you were going to test something. And she goes, yeah, let's test it on Jordy. And I even liked how uh, they were leaning forward. Beverly had her chair still on her leg. Picard kind of snaps and sighs. They're really good at it. They're really good at it. Then we see Data making all these chips. Wesley shows the science project to Riker, who's kind of putting his hands in his face. He's devastated. He's like, this is our second mission, and we blew it. And then when the solution kind of gets laid out, Data goes, if we just had one more minute, I could get this done. And Wesley goes, one more minute, eh? And then we kind of see he is a boy genius. Uh, And we see Crusher. She kind of, like, uh, deals with Jordy. Who's was like super sweaty and weird again. Uh, but he instantly starts feeling better. Uh, Picard's still acting strange, but then Crusher uh, treats Picard, then herself. Uh, and then she goes, Picard, get this down to engineering and start working on stuff. I think Picard even says to Beverly, decades ago, late years away, you know, maybe we could add some romance or something. And then I wondered, geez, you could just, these hypos, you could just use on anyone, like, uh, without even, like, wiping it off or anything. Must have some electrostatic something. And it was funny because she, like, pushes Picard off uh, to get down to engineering. He gives this goofy smile. Then Picard goes down to engineering, kind of, like, deals with everyone, treats everyone. Data's got a goofy face as he's filing everything. Riker's hopeless at this moment. He goes, it doesn't matter, Captain. We're not going to make it. He's rubbing his face. Music's really going. Uh, Data gets treated. And then Wesley figures out, he, he's kind of like uh, figured out how to rewire everything. And Ricard stares and swallows. Uh, and Riker, what if a solution to question mark episode? Uh, I don't know. But then uh, Data's like... Uh, Finishing bridge. Oh, Data's finishing, and then they cut to the bridge as Wesley kind of uses the repulsor beam to, like, push off of the other ship so they get out of the way. A little push push off, giving us the extra time. So then Data finishes, and then uh, uh, Riker calls the bridge uh, and goes, bridge, engage, and then they, the, they take off. And then we go to the bridge, and Jordy's like, uh, something moved us at the last minute. Uh, and Worf goes, was it Commander Data, sir? And he goes, yeah, and Wesley, too. And Worf goes, did he say Wesley, that that boy? And Crusher goes, he said Wesley, my son, yo. Like, she's she happens to be on the bridge. She's like, uh, like give my son some credits. And then uh, Riker and Picard are in engineering. He says, uh, geez, you got to give some Wesley some credit on the log entry. And Picard goes, yeah, yeah. And we'll have to credit his science teacher, too. Then he gives Wesley some treatment and leaves. And then Picard kind of says, oh, well. And then he walks over to Wesley. And he, he pats Wesley. First, he gives him the treatment. Uh, then he shakes his hand. Oh, no, he never shook his hand. I thought he did, but he doesn't. Wesley shakes uh, Data's hand, and Data kind of gives him. Wesley's got this huge kid grin going. Then everyone comes back onto the bridge, or Data, um, Picard, Riker do. Jordy and Worf are already there. Then Tosh and Troy come on, 
And Tasha's got a little Tasha and Data share kind of an awkward look. She looks away, and it's like, oh, boy. And then she goes over. She goes, Data, this never happened. Uh, don't don't tell anybody and just forget about it. And Data's kind of like, uh, well, I thought I did it to like uh Then Riker, Ricard, and uh, Troy sit down. And Ricard goes, uh, I think this is going to be a fine crew uh, if we avoid temptation. And he goes, so, number one, on to our next job. And Riker goes, all right, warp three. Uh, we're going to uh, 294, mark 37. And then Jordy goes, warp three. We're headed to 294, mark 37. And Riker says, Engage. And then we see this, like, weird double cut of the Enterprise. So we get the moral of the story and avoid temptation when you lose your free will or something. I don't know. I guess that was an 87 moral. <laughs> uh, but we see, like, one shot of the Enterprise moving, and then it cuts to another shot of the Enterprise moving. And then the episode ends. Uh, good night. I want to thank everybody who reviewed the show on iTunes. Look to those tacos, didn't like it. Too many, uh, it's kind of inaccurate review, uh, so skip that one. Uh, Heska K67, amazing. I've had insomnia for 15 years on and off. Uh, it's been awful in the past couple of months. I started listening to this podcast five nights ago. It's magic. What a great and thoughtful idea. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, this one's from Zeke, and this is really, uh, like, uh, save me, really touching. Uh, save me from my PTSD. I'm an ex-Marine from a small town in Nebraska. I served uh, two tours uh, and uh, to really help out. And when I got my life, uh, when I got back, uh, life was uh, not easy. And this person's been through a lot. And uh, they couldn't sleep until they found this podcast. Really, really touching. Thank you so much, Scoots. I don't think you realize how much your efforts mean to people. Thanks, Zeke. Eliza uh, B. really works. Heard about this podcast from uh, George and Karen. Everybody said MFM. One of them was talking about her chronic insomnia. Georgia raved about this podcast. Thanks, Georgia. Probably shouldn't say your name. It'll wake you up by accident. Uh, it's pretty skeptical and didn't expect it to help, uh, but it really works. 19 out of 20 times, maybe more. I'll be asleep before a story ends. Once in a while, I listen to two episodes to get to sleep, and once or twice it hasn't worked because my brain's so wired I wasn't listening to the story. If you have a podcast, give this. If you have insomnia, give this podcast a try. It's not as effective as an Ambien, but more natural, less addictive. Plus, you know, it doesn't have any after effects. Thanks. And how about Carkey? Good old Carkey says, best podcast to fall asleep to. Listen every night. Thanks for making me fall asleep ten times faster. You're a hero. Thank you. Yeah, this one's from Australia. This was due to an accident that was, uh, like, uh, I apologize for, but there was a promo at the end of the show. They said, don't bother. But, yeah, that was just because of an accidental mistake we made, and uh, it wasn't supposed to be there. So, sorry about that. Uh, but this one's also from Australia. HBHVU, love sleep with me. Scooter, although I've never met you properly, I feel like uh, I do. Though, uh, through listening to you most nights, I uh, fall asleep. Thank you. And my impression is you're a genuinely awesome dude. Oh, radical. Uh, with a big heart. Uh, it's big. It's, fr- it's I think because it expands when it fro- when it froze, it grew, too. I'm just kidding. Uh, thanks for taking the time to help so many people with your bedtime. 
with their bedtime, myself included. Cheers from Australia. Cheers for writing a nice review. Thank you. And just as an aside and a sleepy thing, I want to thank everybody that's, you know, like reviews the show at any point, uh, or the people that like click on reviews and rate them as helpful or unhelpful, or they tweet about the show or let other people, you know, review the show in person. Uh, these are the, those that thank you so much, everybody. They can hear this, uh, even if you reviewed the show in your mind, you know, it, more effective if you go to Apple Podcasts and review it there. Uh, or you, you know, you see reviews that, uh, like aren't based on fact. You say, well, that one's, uh, or, uh, you know, you like your, your certain reviews. Uh, the one with Coach McGuirk, I think, is the most popular review. Uh, but I also want to thank everybody that goes out of their way to support the show through stuff like that. Uh, because, you know, it shows people, oh, wait a second, this podcast actually does uh, help a lot of people out. Uh, it's not some weird thing. I mean, it is some weird thing in a good way. Uh, you know, so thank you so much. Thanks, everybody, and good night. All right, everybody, we're talking about uh, episode 420. Uh, so those of you that uh, uh, partake, uh, I guess uh, I probably should have told you before the episode started. But, uh, yeah, this is episode 420, so celebrate it later as you wish. And I don't think episode could be more... Uh, uh, suited to 420 than this one it was uh, it, this is a fun episode and it's got locations it's got uh, uh guest stars and it's got q maybe i don't know if it's my favorite q episode probably not but it was it's a good one came out uh april 22nd 1991 and it opens with Picard hard at work on two two different devices, a tablet and his uh, netbook, uh, one-handed netbook. They're talking about Tagus 3. He says, come, someone's at the door. Troy rolls in. Picard takes a long swig of uh, uh, Earl Grey. And, oh, this brings up a question. i got to pause it. Um and I guess it'd be for when I, one day when I have a Star Star Trek guru, because like, I never remember these questions anyway. But like Picard has a uh, like a, a flask. What do you call it? A carafe of tea. That's what I don't understand. Sometimes you get it. Like uh, I mean, I guess it makes sense because then he doesn't have to get up to go to the uh, whatever that thing's called, the replicator. Well, you know, sometimes you get tea. I guess it's not. I guess that makes more sense than I'm talking about. I said, "Well, give me a whole pick. Give me a carafe. Give me a. Okay, here's a question though. Does he say give me a cup of and a carafe of full of Earl Grey, or just a carafe and an empty cup? Uh, if a tree, you know, this these are the Zen like. Uh, this I guess that's not Zen like, but you know, the, those are questions that go through my mind. Uh, but I, what he did like is Picard uses the T to make points when he's talking to Troy. We'll cover the dialogue in a minute. Uh, he like kind of points with the, the carof of T after he pounds it down and refills. Uh, let's see. Troy approaches. He takes and uh, points with his T, nods, takes another sip. Uh, Troy approaches, puts his puts hands on charts, puts hands on. I can't read. Maybe I'll see what. Maybe on the. It looks like chits. Uh, okay, here she goes. Puts hands on chairs. Okay, that makes sense. And both the chairs, and she leans in. Then Picard stands and paces and kind of talks. Uh, we'll, we'll cover the talk. Talks about giant. Uh, 
And then they talk. Uh, Troy at one point puts her hands on Picard. Because uh, she's just basically telling him he's working too hard. And she says, good night. So let's take a look at this dialogue. Um, uh, she Troy comes in. She says, yeah, the, the council members are here. And she goes, by the way, Captain, it's pretty late as your counselor. And he goes, well, what do you think of my, he goes, what do you think of this, these ideas I have for my lecture? And she goes, well, it's late. I mean, she doesn't say all this, but she says, I thought you already had a speech. Uh, and Ricardo's like, well, I'm thinking about changing it up. Uh, and she goes, may I make a, make a suggestion? He goes, by all means. She goes, you've already written a good speech, bruh. She doesn't say bruh, but I, I added it in there. And then uh, he goes, well, these are the big, big minds, the big ones. Switzer, Kalkvine, Dwork, McFarland, archaeology giants, uh, I'm just an enthusiastic amateur. I've said Picard, I've said that a few times uh, in a different context. Uh, sorry, I'm an enthusiastic amateur. But, uh, yeah, I, I really do appreciate, uh, like, this is one of my favorite surprises. And maybe it's just how we're picking episodes. That so many episodes we're picking show Picard's love of archaeology. I think it's a great uh, character device, and it really makes me appreciate Jean-Luc uh, so much that it doesn't feel like it. I guess it's not a character device. I'm like, uh, but whatever they say, she says, well, why don't you get us some sleep uh, instead of working on your uh, speech? Uh, it's going to be great either way. Then Picard goes back to his room. Uh, he's still getting an iPad that he's, like, reading on. And he turns out his lights, uh, and then he looks up, and uh, there's fresh flowers. I don't know if they were always there. And then there's, like, the kind of tiki, like, um, figure, a fertility figure from uh, Risa. And this was really cute, because uh, Picard looks up, he picks it up, and then he, a woman's standing there, and he goes, Vosh. He says it's so cute, like, tenderly. He says it very tenderly. He goes, Vosh, uh. He goes, how'd you get here? And she goes, it came in through the window. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, I was watching with my daughter. She doesn't know much about kissing, luckily. So she finds this gross when they kiss open mouth. Uh, you know, but uh, they really start making, they do heavy petting. Well, medium, moderate petting. Like she takes the fertility object out of his hands. Uh, I said, holy subsext. And then uh, they really start kissing. Then the episode opens, uh, and I thought this was a fun surprise for me. I didn't know Vash would ever return to another episode, which makes me wonder if um, the character from A Perfect Mate will ever return. I, I don't know. Maybe, uh, probably not, but I, I have no idea. It also makes me wonder. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't have my chronology right, uh, so I don't know when that Perfect Mate one was. Uh, but then uh, this next scene is really funny. Good, remember our podcast? I never mentioned breakfast with Beverly. Uh, it's breakfast, uh, so it's a post-opening breakfast, and uh, also post. Uh, you know what? Uh, in Picard's pouring tea, Vash takes milk in her tea, and they have a little bit of an awkward conversation about why she's there. Is she a member of the Archaeology Council? Uh, why, like, is she just there to see Picard or archaeology or something else? And Picard, she, you know, Picard's like, geez, I wish I could trust you. 
you know, Indiana Jones, uh, and Vosh changes the subject. Then the doorbell rings, and who's outside but Beverly, Beverly Crusher, Dr. Beverly Crusher. You know, if you're going by Janet Jackson songs like I am, and this is at 540, her face, she's got like a sweater, she's in cash dress, uh, they put seven stages of dread. What does that mean? Throws a napkin. And Beverly's like, I'm late for breakfast. She's stunned. She's absolutely stunned. And then it's really funny uh, because, like, I think this was more funny just from getting to know uh, some similarities I have with John Luke and how close off he is from his crew. And just how Beverly talks to him. Like, so she says, who is this? And then this is my friend Vash. Uh, she, we had a sleepover. Really, uh, wow. Uh, and then Picard's like, Yeah, we're kind of friends, you know, met on vacation. And, uh, or no, they say stuff like, But Vash knows everything. She goes, Oh, you're Beverly, Dr. Beverly Crusher. John Luke's talked all about you. And then, yeah, she goes, Really? I don't never heard of you. Where'd you meet? And Risa, and Beverly says, I see. And she looks at John Luke, she goes, that must have been during your vacation. Like, kind of like he's a child, you know, because he is childish like me. Like, I, I'm, my life is compartmentalized, Dr. Crusher. And, uh, you know, just like our relationships are professional in breakfast. Uh, but uh, but Vash is hurt uh, and a little irritated. Uh, uh, there's almost these, like, passive-aggressive stabs by Beverly you know, but, but Vash is like, geez, I can't believe, because Crusher says, I'm surprised he never mentioned you. And Vash says, so am I. And she goes, how about a tour of the ship, Doc? And uh, uh, Dr. Crusher says, I'd love to do that. And she goes, if it's all right with you, Jean-Luc, uh, that's what uh, Beverly says. And uh, and they go, so then they, and Vash says, don't worry, she's not happy. She wipes her mouth with her napkin and stands, and she says, don't worry, I'll behave, behave myself. Let's see. Oh, yeah, she walked, almost walked out the door, and then she says, she comes back and grabs his arm and says that, I promise to behave myself. Yeah, then we have a hilarious scene in 10 forward around 740. Uh, Beverly and uh, Vash enter the uh, 10 forward. Riker, man, he, he really is a, uh, he couldn't make it in the modern day workplace. I'm not sure he could. I mean, not without some demerits, because uh, uh, he's in uniform, but he's at the bar, and he looks over at Vash, and uh, he makes he does make him, he goes, uh, like, Crusher and Vash are having, and then Beverly says, let me grab us some drinks, and, uh, oh, they also talk about how Jean-Luc's so private, uh, and then Riker rolls up on Vash, he goes, eternity never looked so lovely. And she goes, what? And he goes, to the view. Eternity never looked so lovely. And she goes, oh, you must be Riker. And Riker's a little uh, flustered. He goes, you got me at a disadvantage, which he said before. And she goes, uh, weren't you going to tell me my eyes are as mysterious as the stars? And Riker goes, oh, boy, are you a betazoid? And she goes, no. Jean-Luc imitated you, bro. Which makes me kind of uh, fantasize uh or imagine those two in bed, like post in the in the glow, uh, Vash and John Luke, uh, like, and he's doing Riker imitations and data imitations, and then Crusher's like, "Hey, you two have met," and she goes, "Beverly says this is a, a friend <clears throat> of John Luke's," uh, 
And Riker goes, yeah, I figured that one out. And then she goes, they met on Risa. Mm-hmm. She doesn't do those, but, you know. And Riker goes, whoa, whoa, boy. You met in Risa? Holy macaroni. That vacation must have been four, five stars. Uh, and she goes, he never mentioned me to you, huh? And, he, and then Dr. Crusher gets called off. Uh, and Riker's like, I'll, I'll finish the tour. My pleasure. Uh, then we have another great scene, comedy-wise. Uh, they go onto the bridge, Vash and Riker. He's giving her a tour. And they meet Jordy. They meet Data. And Worf is just staring, uh, and Riker bring they shake hands with the Data and Jordy, and then he brings Vash over to shake Worf's hand, and he won't, he's not having it. And Riker goes, "Is there something wrong?" He goes, "Oh yeah." He goes, "I haven't been in." He goes, "There's no bridge access for uh, council members." And then Riker goes, mm-hmm, uh, "This is a guest of the captain's, like in his quarters, guest of the captain's." And he goes, we can make an exception for this, you know, like an exception. If you, And uh, Worf goes, welcome aboard. He's still not pleased about it, though. And then Vash goes to the big chair, as uh, Picard, or Riker calls it, and she sits in there. And everyone's kind of stunned because she puts her feet up. Uh, and she goes, well, being a captain has its roars right when Picard walks in. And he says, well, I'm glad you approve. And, you know, Vash, uh, understandably, is not happy with John Luke. And she goes, well, I guess I'm going to go back to my room and get ready for the reception. So then she just goes and gets on uh, the lift. Because uh, Picard's just like, well, by all means, uh, go back to your room. Like, totally ice cold. And she goes, well, I look forward to it. And then Riker, so he goes, a fascinating woman. Let's see what else I uh, put uh in my notes here, 945 on the bridge, wharf beside himself, stunned, physically stunned, uh, won't shake hands, uh, the big chair. Ricard comes on deck, awkward, double exclamation point. Uh, she gets on the lift, Riker and Worf share another look, uh, and then Riker says, fascinating woman. And then there's another odd look from Picard, then there's an exterior shot. Then there's a weird scene. There's a reception. Vash is at the reception. She's grilling toy, Troy about Jean-Luc. Uh, Vash is wearing a modern thing. It's an earring necklace. It's a necklace and it's earrings. And then I put, excuse me, because or something, because Worf, this was so weird. He, he says, nice legs when Vash walks by. And it just seemed really, uh, I, it, one, it was distasteful, I guess, uh, I mean, of all things for me to fixate on, I don't know why, but, I mean, just in a workplace setting, it's inappropriate, and just seemed weird for Worf. Uh, I don't know if it was saying that uh, Vash is, charisma, charisma is so strong that, uh, I don't know, I just found it, I was floored. Uh, I was very disappointed in you, Worf. Uh, I expect more. Uh, but Vash, then Troy walks over right when Worf says it, so he knows it's wrong. Then Vash rolls up on JLP, I put John Luke Picard. And he's kind of talking to like a orange actor guy, I put. I don't know what that means. Uh, oh, because he looks like, uh, oh man, now I can't think of the actor's name. He was in Dallas Buyers Club. 
He's a beloved actor. Oh, George, Jared Leto. He looks kind of like uh, like Jared Leto in uh, like as an alien. Uh, sorry, Jared, but, but I mean it's a compliment. I think. I mean, this is not HD, so. But she goes, she rolls up on him. She's like, "WTF, dude? Like, uh, why are you being so cold? Why, why don't you talk about me? We had some fun. We had an adventure." And uh, Picard goes, well, "What would you want me to say to anybody?" And she goes, some of this something. And he goes, I can't. And she goes, why? He goes, it's not appropriate. And she goes, I wasn't thinking details. And Ricard goes, a captain does not reveal his personal feelings with his crew. And she goes, is that a regulation or a Picardism? And Ricard goes, I'm sorry if you're upset. And then Vash goes, well, I'm sorry if I'm embarrassing you. And that's the end of that conversation. And Ricard kind of has a stunned look, uh, and Vash, uh, and then Picard storms across the bridge and goes right into his ready room. And who's waiting in Starfleet uniform but Q? Working at Picard's desk, he puts his feet up. He's reading Picard's speech on an iPad, and there's a commercial. And then when they come back, uh, uh, oh, when he walks in, let me see. Oh, hold on, let me slow down. Uh, let's see. I don't know when he says mine, Capitan, but he, like, uh, he says, Jean Luc, uh, how about a hug? Don't just stand there, say something. And Picard goes, Get out of my chair. And he goes, oh, I was hoping for, like, a welcome back. Uh, uh, it's a pleasure to see you. And Picard, my old friend, and Picard goes, We're not friends. And then Q goes, You wound me, mon Capitan. Then Q swaps their places back. Uh, and he goes, maybe you could change your attitude now. And then Picard goes, what do you want? Q goes, just to be helpful. And Picard goes, are you in trouble? And Q goes, no, I'm just glad to see you. And he goes, well, I have a debt to repay. And this really, on the, this is when it benefits from watching this episode a lot of times. Uh, and like uh, just ain't getting to know Q's motivations, because it really seems like in the end, uh, Q's telling the truth. And... He's really trying to, like, uh, much like a maladjusted brain bot, very, very much like that. Like what Q holds here, says here is true. And I really think uh, if we were to sit down and interview, uh, like, a more sedate Q, he would give us the facts. He's like, geez, I was just trying to protect John Luke from love and from weakness. But what Q says is basically, well, I'm here to prepay your deck because you got me back in the continuum. And I don't like owing people, so let's just get it over with. Uh, I got to do something for you, equal. And Picard goes, just get it, just be gone. That'll do nicely. And Q goes, no, it has to be constructive. Uh, that's my new word. And Picard goes, some other time. Picard in his head has got to be like, I can't think of any worse timing. He goes, I got to deal with some stuff. And Picard goes, yeah, your he goes, your speech isn't that great. I could help you with that. And then Q kind of plays the tempter. He says, what about visiting the ruins on Tegasuri? You know, and he's trying to tempt Picard with that. He even puts on, like, an adventuring outfit with a helmet and shorts. And Picard's like, no, those ruins are closed. And Q goes, what about going back in time? And Picard goes, not to improve my speech, no. Uh, he goes, can you leave now? And Q goes, you're impossible to get a gift for. And then he disappears, and then Picard's like, Riker, you better get down here. Q's on board, and he's trying to do something nice for us. And Riker has a great reaction. He goes, I'll alert the crew. 
I just love that shorthand. Let's see, Q also used alliteration when he was talking about Picard's speech. He goes, plotting, pedantic. Uh, I liked how he said, how about a big hug, you? Uh, he goes, what are you doing here? Uh, I like the false bravado of Q. It's just merely in the sector. And how it was Jean-Luc when he said, well, I could get you in Tegasuri's ruins. It kind of did get Picard's attention for a second. Also at 1420, Q, Q lies on the couch in uh, adventuring gear. Like dust, at first regular, then dusty adventure gear. He also had jacked up wool socks and leather gaiters, I think, in books. I don't know what that means. Uh, I couldn't tell if he had just, oh, boots, uh, boots, not books. Uh, and uh, Picard looks pissed, Riker, yeah. Q, Q. Oh, yeah, he's uh, just like Riker's knowing that. I'll alert the crew. Yeah, then there's a long stare, Picard. Then we see Picard in the hall. He sneaks back to Vash's room. First, he, like, plays dumb with the crew member. Oh, I'm just walking slow here. And then he rings the doorbell, and Vash is like, who is it? Uh, and Picard kind of tries to explain. He goes, geez, I'm not embarrassed. And she's leaning on a, uh, like, leaning on a chair. And then Picard, he's like, geez, I just want to apologize. Then he spots, uh, like, a, her iPad, her iPad Pro, Double D. And it's got the Tagus ruins on there. And then Picard searches the room. He finds, like, a shovel. I couldn't tell if it was, like, a surveyor, a projector, or a drill, or all of those. And Picard goes, I can't believe you. And she goes, uh, well, I'm an adventurer. What do you think? I, that's what I do is adventure. And he goes, well, I want to protect you. And she goes, you don't need to protect me. This is just a summary of what they're saying. And Vicar goes, you can't just take uh, artifacts either. And she goes, uh, well, that's my job, actually. It, it is. Uh, and she goes, let's get one thing straight. I can't change who I am for you or anybody else. Uh, and Vicar goes, nor can I change who I am. And then she goes, well, I guess that's it then. And uh, Picard goes, so it would seem. And then we see Q's head proking through the ceiling, looking out in the background as Picard storms out. And kind of Vash kind of sits down to kind of sulk. Uh, Q's head pokes in and back out. And then we see Jean-Luc Picard in his PJs. Uh, and I really like them. They look like handy pajamas. I would like, because uh, especially because I don't like... Uh, it was like a shirt that has a robe, so it seems like it would be easier to remove. And Jean-Luc's Q shows up. He peeks under the sheets to see if anyone's in there. And uh, then he hops in bed. He's on the top of the sheets, but it was just really funny. And Q's like sleeping alone, and Picard's like, dude, you got to cut it out. And he goes, I knew there was something going on, dude. Uh, he goes, are you an L-O-V-E love uh, he goes, I thought it was a bad speech. And Picard goes, please, no. I got to do the, he goes, uh, Q goes, I had high hopes, uh, Jean-Luc. I thought you were more evolved than your species, but you're just as weak as them. Brought down by love. Picard goes, I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, yeah, I goes, I saw everything. And I won't forget the, this is the important part, uh, of like the you know the, the what drives the plot. I'll never forget the anguish on your face, uh, the misery. And Picard's like, dude, like so. It's also like interesting that Q doesn't really understand this kind of romantic love. 
and why he's kind of titillated by it. You know, I mean, there's like many layers, and then his relationship with Jean-Luc, maybe this thing that Q kind of represents this uh, maladjusted part of Jean-Luc or ourselves. Uh, Is Q in love with Jean-Luc on some level? Maybe, who knows? Uh, You know, he definitely loves Jean-Luc, without a doubt. So, I don't know, there's a lot of cool layers uh, to kind of look at here. But, uh, you know, Q's just concerned mostly about what love, what's love got to do with it, you know. He, Q considers it a secondhand emotion. But Picard goes, you cut it out. And uh, Q goes, well, this love is a dangerous thing, Jean-Luc. And obviously you're ill-equipped to handle it. Anybody self-critic say this kind of stuff? And this is where we really get down to it. He goes, this a vulnerability he goes, it's a vulnerability I've been trying to find, and if I would have known it, uh, he goes, Jean, look, this is your weak spot. Uh, maybe I have to teach you to protect. He doesn't say that, but, you know, we see this unfold. And Picard goes, give it up. And he goes, do you deny you care about this woman? He goes, what if I turn her into an eel? And Picard goes, no. And Q goes, I'm just trying to help <laughs> And Ricard goes, he goes, I don't want anything from you. Don't you get it once and for all? And Q goes, I can't just stand idly by and watch you uh, get, you know, let down or whatever. Or could you want me to do that? And Ricard goes, yeah. And then Q goes, okay, as you wish. wish. Uh, do you wish, like, just like in uh, Princess Bride? You know, also, when Q ticked John Luke off, he was so... Uh, Ticked off, he threw his sheets off and left the room. And then yeah, Q reveals his intentions and the challenge, as you wish. Uh, then we're in the conference room. The barber's there. We've, I've been seeing a lot of this barber from the ship, the bright blue barber. He gets a lot of FaceTime in this episode. I mean, doesn't get a speaking role. So Picard opens his speech about the mystery of... Uh, you know, archaeology and these cute crews there looking on proudly. Crusher Troy, uh, Data, Riker, Worf, and uh, Jordy. Uh, but then some weird stuff starts to happen right in the middle of the speech. Uh, like Crusher gets a hat, appears on her head. Troy looks at it. Picard keeps talking. Troy gets a feather, a cap with a feather in her cap. Uh, Beverly has a green one, Troy has a red one. And Picard keeps kind of going, I mean, but you can already guess. Then uh, uh, Riker gets a, uh, like, a half staff in his uh, <laughs> in his hand. <laughs> Riker gets, a, like, a bow in his hand, a walking stick. Uh, and he's like, what? And Riker, or Picard keeps talking, and then Data turns into a, gets a monk's robe. And then he'll reach his hand up to say something. He's got a turkey leg, just like he was at a Renaissance fair or a theme park. Then everyone looks around. Then Picard turns into, uh, uh, not Sherlock Holmes, Robin Hood. Then he, he vanishes. Then everybody else vanishes and appears in the uh, woods. Picard takes a big sigh. Oh, at some point he goes, what the hell? You know, like they always do. Um... And then there's music, and then Ricardo says, Q. And this is all around 21, 20, 21 minutes. Uh, this is really good. Then we see the woods. Uh, really good comedy for a few minutes. Also, I'll like out myself a little bit. Uh, 
And I mean, this, I guess, a little bit embarrassing because I know a lot of people were very attracted to Counselor Troy. And I, I find her attractive, but I don't have a crush on her. But you put her in a, uh, and I guess this is just weird, but I guess I'm a weird dude. Uh, it, when she's dressed as like an el- elvish uh, sidekick of Robin Hood, I really was, uh, my heart was palpitating. So I don't know what happened during my childhood that's repressed that I don't know about, uh, but obviously something. Maybe it was like the uh, Fox Robin, I don't know, but, but whatever. Uh, I, this is the most attractive to Council Troy I've ever been was when it was in this episode. And then also, again, I kind of was like, a, kind of, so maybe it's like a role play thing. I don't know. Uh, but we start to uncover, like, uh, you know, what's going on? Where are we? Yeah, we're in Sherwood Forest. Uh, we're a recreation. And Ricard goes, that's right, Riker. I mean, John Little. And then Crusher goes, well, if he's Little John, and Ricard goes, that's right, I'm Robin, Robin of Hood. And Worf crushes it. Uh, even his body language here, this is at twenty two twenty four. He's dressed all in red. And he goes, he goes, I am not a merry man. I protest. Uh, and then Data goes, actually, you're uh, uh, Will Scarlet or something. I don't know. Yeah. And then he goes, uh, and Jordy's Alan Adale. And Riker goes, and you're Friar Tuck. Let's see, what else? Uh, 22, yeah, here's what I put in the notes. Uh, 2240, highlight of my life, which it really was, uh, is so funny. Uh, hey, sir, I protest I'm not a married man. Merry man. I just love Wharf, man. Bravo. Uh, then, uh, Oh, then this dude rolls up on a horse, and Worf tries to go after him, which he should know better, like the serious advantage someone on horseback. You know, from watching GOT, I know these things. Like, he's got a huge disadvantage, and uh, he tries to go against this guy on horseback. It doesn't go well. Some other soldiers show up with arrows, uh, and so, so they bolt into the woods, Robin Hood and his crew. Also, Worf had thrown his hat down when he was saying he wasn't a merry man. So Riker's like, into the forest, uh, it's an order. And it turns out this is Sir Guy of Giesborn, Guy of Giesborn. And then they do a fade to uh, Picard and everybody. They're making camp. Uh, Crusher's working on uh, Worf. Uh, Data and Troy are practicing shooting bows and arrows. And then there's a flash with a horse, and Q shows up. Uh, and Picard, a love cut? What does that mean? Oh, Robin Hood. Picard's like, dude, what the heck? Uh, Q's all in blue. He's got a very long feather in his cap. Uh, and everyone has interesting beards, uh, or like, uh, really worth it. Uh, Picard, Q, or I guess uh, facial hair. And Q goes, I'm the sheriff of Nottingham, bruh. I don't know why I'm saying bruh so much, but it's, it seems fitting, this episode. Uh, Picard goes, I want this to end. And Q goes, you have to accept the consequences of your actions. Uh, and Picard goes, what do you mean? He goes, uh, well, what's Robin Hood famous for? And Jordy goes, giving money to the poor. And Q goes, other than that, he goes, Maid Marion. 
And Q goes, yep, and Guy of Giesborn has uh, had enough of Maid Mary. And the car goes, Vosh. And Q goes, yep, uh, so you do what you want, Robin. Just chill here and wait for me to send you back or save the woman you don't well, you you know you've been ignoring, and Picard goes. I'll save anybody, and Q goes. Well, what about your married men, married men, and women? By the way, Q, what the what the heck? Married pe married people, happy people, shiny happy people. Q goes. Are you to get them involved in your love 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 you know love weird love triangle with me? Uh, he goes, I'd love to make you a throw rug wharf in Nottingham Castle. Picard goes, come on, man, please stop. And Q goes, I can't stop. Uh, this fantasy's uh, independent of me at this point. And he goes, I dare you to come to uh, the castle, whatever, Nottingham Castle, Sherwood Forest, Nottingham Castle or whatever. There's a couple of cool zooms of Picard when he's arguing with Q. Also, uh... Q, like, crossed his leg while he was on horseback. He's got his horse was very nice. It had sleepy eyes. Uh, then we see the pond and the castle. Then we see a worried woman who's with Vash, trying to get her, like, Vash is trying to, like, get into her britches or something. And she's saying, did Vash isn't well? This brought up a question. Did Vash wake up? Uh, did she become aware in the middle of this role play? Like, just a second, like, like where she's trying, because she's very disoriented at first. Uh, like, instead of, like, waking up and it being morning, and then you're like, oh, wait a second, I'm in a castle, and I have a chambermaid. Like, did she wake up? You know what I mean? Did she just become whatever? But, like, Vash is very quick to adapt, so Sir Guy shows up. First he gets Vashed because he's messing with her. And, you know, she's very stern. Like, he's like, well, how about we're getting married? And she's like, he's, she's like, what? What are you, loon? And then she figures out, oh, wait, there's consequences. So she, she sits down, she taps her seat. She says, Sir Guy, uh, get over here. Uh, let's talk this over. Maybe I've been being a bit hasty. Uh, she goes, let's have a seat and chat. Uh, she goes, I'm in. She goes, I've been feeling not myself. Uh, yeah, I said she turns to sugar past the seat. Uh, oh, yeah, the question, did she just wake up as Maid Marion or was she mid-Maid Marion? Then we have another classic comedy scene, 2010. Jordy's on a rock playing a liar or something. He's in orange tights, uh, uh, going to town, really having himself in wharf, just stands up, walks over. In uh, full Animal House style, takes the guitar and breaks it. Uh, hands it back to Jordy. He goes, sorry about that. Uh, uh, then Troy's testing out a bow and arrow. She misses. She hits data. Oh, I like it. Oh, yeah. Let's see. I like to Worf is getting treated in the background at first. I like the diamond print on Jordy's uh, shirts. Yeah, then Worf ends the wire. Sorry, Picard. Uh, Sitting there looking at his store, a sword. Also, Data, actually, this isn't a. Yeah, Data like, fixes it after his archery. Will was wearing a skin, some sort of like a rug or something. 
And he walks over to Picard with his pole, and Picard relays down the rules. He goes, I'm going to go rescue Vash. Uh, this is personal. You don't worry about it. Uh, I want you waiting here. And Riker goes, no. And Picard goes, you have your orders, so follow them. Uh, Picard puts his sword in his belt, uh, and he says, I expect you to follow them. Um and we see apples on a table and an old peasant walking with a bucket that uh, we can conclude is Jean-Luc. Uh, uh, buckled, char- they're getting their kitchenware ready. Q inspects that. Uh, what does that say? A buckle? I don't know what that means. Uh, uh, Sir Guy and uh, Vash, uh, they come across the bridge. They come down. Uh, she's all in pink with flowers, and the worm turns on Q. And he's surprised, like the world has gone, uh, like the simulation's gone independent. And he goes, uh, Sir Guy says, we're getting married. And Q goes, no, what do you mean? He goes, he thinks she's tricked you. And Sir Guy goes, you better watch your tone, buddy. He goes, this is my future wife. And Q goes, no, no, she's in with Robin Hood. Everybody knows it. And Vash goes, uh. Yeah, he tricked me, the sorcery, in like, whatever, uh, it goes back and forth. But Sir Guy's like, dude, you're, he goes, you're just a sheriff of Nottingham. I'm Sir Guy. And Q's impressed. He goes, intriguing, he, like that he's uh, gotten uh, schooled. Uh, she hands a drink to Sir Guy. Q tries to frame Vash, who recovers. Uh, he bewitched me. Uh, and he says, escort the lady Mary into her chamber. And we see Picard, uh, like the, oh, he's standing over at the blacksmith stuff. I was wondering why he's over there. Then we're in Vash's room, uh, under Picard Con, barely chamber, chambin. My handwriting's barely bad, really bad here. Oh, then we're in Vash's room window. Picard can barely climb in. And she's like, Jean-Luc, what are you doing? And he goes, we got to get out of here. And she goes, no, no, no. She goes, uh, oh, he's very dashing, it seemed like. uh, But he goes, let's go. And she goes, no, no, no. I don't think you have a very good plan. she She goes, I'm better off on my own. And they go back and forth, and they make a lot of noise, and then Vash kind of frames Picard. She goes, I wanted you out of my room. Uh, and, like, Sir Guy comes in, and she goes, this is my wedding gift to you, Sir Guy, uh, Robin of Hood. And uh, Picard kind of gets walked into the courtyard, and we see Q, who's lying down in the courtyard in Q position, and he's like, congratulations, Sir Guy, you got him. And Sir Guy goes, it was Rob uh, Marion who got him. And there's a zoom on Q who's smirking because uh, he's, like, impressed. He goes, he's very impressed now. Uh, then we see Maid Marion, she, uh, she's writing a letter for Robin's crew. And she's got this, like, chambermaid who's kind of a buffoon. And she goes, take this to uh, Robin Hood's men. And she's like, no, 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 you know, like uh, they go back and forth. And Q rolls in. He snaps. He sends the maid out with a snap of his fingers. Uh, 
And he goes, you said, you're really impressed with you. You're very ruthless. And she goes, well, th- thank you. And he goes, I'm almost as surprised as Jean-Luc was. And Vash is like, you must be Q. And he goes, you're interesting. And he goes, what do you have there? And she goes, nothing. Uh, and he's like, oh, this is a letter to Riker. Uh, he goes, what marvelous duplicity. But uh, now you're in trouble. But I still have to study you some more. And he goes, guards, uh, you know, deal with this. Uh, uh, Q really loved it. Uh, uh, the double down. And then we go to a commercial. Then with some red monks walk in. And Q kisses this older woman. Like, I don't know who she was. Uh, it was funny. And then Vash and Picard kind of argue as they're let in. They're, they're in trouble. Like, they're going to be in trouble. Also, at some point, a bunch of monks come in. Let me see where that is. Uh, I don't know. But uh, uh, Q won't let anything rest. He really wants Picard in big trouble, big consequences, he says. He goes, can't you two stop arguing? Uh, and he says, John, Robin, can't you see what brought this uh, trouble on you? Was it worth it? Uh, and Picard goes, let's just get this over with. Uh and Vash is like, uh, well, am I worth it or not? And Picard goes, if this is for my benefit, just leave her out of it. And Q goes, she's many things, but none of them innocent. Picard uh, goes, let her go. And then Vash is like, wait, you do care. And yeah, the monks come in at some point. Oh, yeah, let's see, see robes of monks. Uh, then we see Riker's face. Uh, and we see Geordi and Data. And uh, they say, okay, farewell, Jean-Luc. Uh, and Q puts his uh, feet up on the table. And then Guy says, uh, Sir Guy says, okay, you're both busted. Do you have anything to say? And then we go to Jordy and Riker and the team uh, dressed as monks. And Jordy goes, well, geez, there's so many of them. And then Riker goes, Data, we need a diversion. And then Data, like, opens his forearm, and these, there's these little, like, uh, clear, like, small, clear um, globules of stuff in there. And I don't know if he was, like, what it was or if it was extra or an essential part of his functioning. Also not, at, like, the greatest thing, because it makes, like, a, like a little bit of a, a poofy poof uh, when he throws it uh and then we get into this 80s-style uh, fun action uh, where there's, like, back and forth and diving and uh, pottery and swinging, like, uh, fireworks, uh, back and forth, uh, jumping on people. Real consequences, though, which I said, well, weird, weird, it's real consequences, and then Picard goes against Sir Guy. Because it's HD, there's different times you can see the stunt people. But again, it's only because it's HD and only if you're watching it as many times as I am. But then there's another, what I have to assume is another homage to Princess Bride as Jean-Luc and Sir Guy are uh, battling. Uh, Picard goes, very impressive, but there's something you should know. And Sir Guy says, uh, What's that? And Ricard goes, I'm not from Nottingham. And then he says, goodbye, Sir Guy. And uh, I think that was it. Uh, then, the, like, uh, 
Ricard uh, kisses Vash. He rescues Vash. Uh, and he goes, it's over, Q. Get us out of here. And Q does like this slow clap. Uh, and he goes, compliments. I don't think Robin Hood could have done much better. Ricard goes, everybody better be okay. And Q goes, well, everything's fine. But he goes, you really put yourself in trouble for the love of a maid. Uh, he goes, my debt is repaid. He goes, maybe you've seen how weak and vulnerable you really are. And the love brought out the worst in you. And Vash goes, you're totally wrong. It's the best in him. Uh, nobility, courage, self-sacrifice, and tenderness. And Q goes, you're good, really good. And then Vicar goes, I've had enough. And Q goes, sure. So then they all reappear in the meeting room. Slow clap, sits on windowsill, gives a speech, yeah. Then they're back at the meeting room uh, for the speech. And Riker goes, is everybody here? And then Troy goes, where's Vash? And then Picard goes, computer, where's Vash? And the computer says, not aboard the Enterprise. Yeah, which is, and then we're in the ready room. And then Picard's there. And then Vash, uh, she appears in, like, adventure attire. And she's on the couch. And she says, hey, and he goes, oh, thank goodness. I thought Q, uh, uh, what happened? She goes, well, we, we, Q and I had to chat. Uh, and then Q appears. He's like, arms and legs are crossed on the other side of Jean-Luc and uh, Vash. Oh, first they start to say goodbye. Uh, she goes, yeah, we, Q and I had to talk. Uh, and she goes, hey, he proved you still care about me. And Picard goes, yeah, I, I don't so show my feelings to the crew, but I do have feelings. And she, she goes, I'm going to miss you. And Picard goes, well, where are you going? And she goes, I don't know yet. That's when Q reappears. And he goes, well, she has, she can go anywhere. And Vash goes, meet my new partner. And Q, Picard goes, holy mackerel, this is weird. And Vash goes, well, why not? And Ricard goes, let me tell you. And Q goes, leave, give it up. Uh, and Ricard goes, he's devious, amoral, unreliable, irresponsible, and not to be trusted. And this is very Indiana Jones. She goes, remind you of anyone you know? And Ricard goes, yeah. He goes, so I've slept, he goes, I've slept with Q, not the other way around. And Q goes, we're going to take her, we're going to have so much fun. She's going to go places you'll never go, you know, humans never go. And Vash goes, uh, how could I resist? And Ricard goes, please take care of her. And Q goes, don't worry, I promise you, uh, I'll take good care of her. And he goes, are you going to kiss her goodbye? And then Q disappears, and then Vash goes, yeah, well, how about a kiss? And Ricard goes in, and then Q reappears to watch, uh, but he goes, no, I forgot my hat, uh, so then he disappears, and uh, then they kiss. Oh, I also like that at some point Q puts his arm around Vash when they're talking about, uh, uh, you know, tr tr Q's true nature and stuff, uh, but then Q disappears, and then they do a real kiss, say goodbye, and then she puts on her hat, and she takes a breath, a uh, deep breath, and she says, goodbye, Jean-Luc. And then she disappears, and then Ricard takes a deep breath and smiles, and the episode comes to a close. And that's the episode. Uh, good night. Uh, I want to thank everybody on YouTube, uh, Eric, uh, Stella, and uh, Be Quiet, I'm Talking. Thank you, and good night. Uh, Dolph, uh, Yampy, and Superdog, uh, thanks, and good night. 
Med Libby and Lamb Jen, thanks and good night. The Wind Binary and Andrea, thanks and good night. Paranormal Jeffrey and Sam, thanks and good night. Girl Mia and Libby again, thanks and good night. Delany, SBMX and Musta GT, thanks and good night. Rose, Lexi in Texas, uh, thanks and good night. Uh, Blues, uh, Benin, uh, Erica, thanks and good night. Minnie, Anu, and Miss Mosey, thanks and good night. Uh, Jenna, uh, David, and uh, my, my, Magoon. Thanks, you know, Uber, Snoober, Lord Dutch, uh, Cutie, thanks, you know, Omi, thanks, Big Blue, and Maha, thanks, you know, Rousseau's, uh, Miss Irish Doll, and Olivia, thanks, you know, uh, Rick, uh, Helen, and Ramita, thank you, thanks, you know, everybody on YouTube. Uh, over on, uh, like, uh, it was Twitter. I want to thank Emily V and Georgia for recommending a podcast. Emily V and Cody and Dan, too. And everybody, if you're really, if you will, when you're listening to this, maybe you should think about, uh, seeing the big sick movie. Uh, I want to thank you uh, as soon as you can. Ghost, uh, Mary Beth, thanks. David, uh, Dan, and Kay, thanks and good night. Kimberly Squirrel, thanks and good night. Uh, another Georgia, a different one, but uh, you know we love our Georgias around here, around here these parts. Thanks and good night. Uh, Crix, uh, thank you. Eric R, uh, thank you. Egg, thanks. Uh, thanks and good night. Paul, uh, Chrysanthi, G Bear. Uh, Cam, Campfire, thanks. Uh, Diane, thank you. Uh, Euphemium, uh, thanks for that lead info. Good night to Hill, Mission Log. Uh, to Jenny and Jessica, thanks and good night. Matt and Phil at the Sim Podcast. Melanie, who likes the Sim Podcast, thanks and good night. Uh, Scriwa, thank you and good night. Uh, Brianna, thanks for your night. Diary of a Squirrel, Babs, and uh, Taito, thanks and good night. Sorry about that whole thing. Got a pillow thing. Uh, not very raven. Uh, thanks uh, for the support. Uh, thank you, Aaron M. Thank you, Texas Beck. Thanks and good night. Uh, Postano, 95. Thanks and good night. Uh, Melissa H. J., thank you and good night. Nugget Illusionoid. Elizabeth S., thanks and good night. Dames with these, thanks and good night. Chris D., thank you. Gillespie, thanks. Elisad, thank you. Jackie H., thanks and good night. Dan A. and Dan F., thanks and good night. Lori, thanks and good night. Spaceman Dan, thanks and good night. Lisa SP, thanks and good night. Mel Stevens, thanks and good night. Monica M, thanks and good night. Lucy, thanks and good night. Fishy, thanks and good night. 
Mark D, thank you and good night. Slim, thanks and good night. Squanchy, <laughs> thanks and good night. Nicholas, thank you and good night. Jerry, thanks and good night. Tracy, thank you and good night. Um, I'm blind alive, thanks. Mandy, thank you and good night. Yeah, Jennifer L, thanks and good night. Bobby B. Uh, Christopher P and Matthew Y, thanks and good night. Renee, yeah, thank you. Uh, and thanks, thanks everybody for uh, supporting the show. Good night. All right, hey everybody, we're uh, talking about season six, episode 20, The Chase. Uh, not the paper chase, but The Chase. And I think this came out in 1993. I don't have it in front of me, but it actually, uh, it, this was an interesting episode because it's really almost like a, a two very distinct episodes in one. One, this uh, uh, father figure thing with Picard and. Yeah, then the, the the chase part. Uh, so I don't know how to how exactly. Uh, I didn't maybe I didn't watch it enough to tie it all together. Uh, but it does have Picard's love of uh, arch, of uh, archaeology and artifacts, which I lo- like. I love his love uh, and his appre- appreciate his appreciation. So really enjoyable from that aspect. Also, I think there's a character that we get to see in person that we've heard named before. And again, a character they say, well, I don't know. I don't know if that character and I would get along very well. And then if you, in, in the, you know, and then uh, some really good, some really good, nice moments. And I haven't spent a lot of time in season six or season seven. So it's interesting dipping my toes in these later episodes uh, this one was very uh, talky-based. There's a lot of talking in this episode, and I don't know if it was uh, if that's true or not, to be honest. It's just my observation. And even though there were, maybe there's only one location, so maybe that was why I felt like it was so talky. I don't, I don't know. Uh, and maybe there's more close-ups in these later seasons and um Let's let's get talking about this episode. It opens uh, with the captain's log. Uh, also, there's a very cool uh, uh, purple things in the distance. I'm rewinding it because I had it playing. And uh, the captain's log. They're going to visit. Oh yeah, some very cool uh, like star clusters or something. They're going to the Volterra Nebula Stellar Nursery, and uh, they're going to watch these protostars in development. Baby stars. We get a shot of the bridge. is very busy. Data's like, yeah, we're all done with what we've been working on. And Ricard goes, okay, great. And then uh, number one calls them to the observation lounge. Uh, Ricard goes in there. It's dark. Uh, and he walks in. First of all, when as soon as he walks in, there's like a like an airline arrival and departures type board on the right. Yeah, but then there's some light shining down at a table, and Vicard goes, "Oh my God!" Uh, and then a voice comes from the background. Can you identify what that is? And Vicard goes, "You know, like uh, Professor Galen." And uh, Vicard kind of his arms are at his side. He's uh, He's like a little bit stunned. First, you see Riker is hiding with someone in the shadows. So while Picard's looking over the object, uh, and then he's like surprised at your old teacher, Professor Galen, Galen, uh, guest bearing artifacts. 
And then we get like, uh, you know, they kind of do some niceties. Yeah, I want to surprise you. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I got to do so. We got to talk business, too. Now that, you know, my star pupils, like uh, the master of the stars. And Picard shakes his hand. He's like so happy he's there. And then they talk about the artifact, and Picard really gets down. He goes, she said, never thought I'd see this uh, ever, Kalurian uh, Naskios or something. And he's like, geez, is this from the fifth dynasty? And the teacher's like, hmm, I don't know. Uh, and there's a the whole thing about his rank. He doesn't want to call Missy calls him Mr. Picard instead of Captain Picard. And Picard goes, yeah, I think this is fifth dy- dynasty. And he moves it around. He goes to surface ornamentation. And then Picard goes, no way. There's, these eyes are green and they're closed. Uh, he goes, this is Third Dynasty. He goes, this can't be. This is from the workshop of the master of uh, Tarquin Hill. Tarkon Hill, I think he says. And Picard's like, well, you wouldn't believe it. This is this dude had his first ceramic. It's three hundred years ahead of their time. Ceramic objects. Uh, he goes, it was, all we know is the work. We never knew who it was. Uh, this thing's twelve thousand years old. P- Professor Galen just put in his pocket a uh, planet curl. And Riker's like, it's pretty far out there. And Picard goes, you're right. What are you doing? Look at stealing curlian artifacts. Uh, and Galen goes, well, you know, you know me, Jean-Luc, uh, can't resist. Uh, got these fast fingers. Uh, and then Picard goes, you got to be kidding me. This is a complete uh, ceramic thing. And then he opens it, and uh, inside are these little objects, kind of like a, you'd have to see it. It's like a big, um, uh, I don't know, You like I'm not good at describing stuff. Uh, similar to Russian nesting dolls, but instead there's inside there's a community of individuals like, oh, this is good for the opening because uh, it's like a big, like almost like a bust that's kind of like a like a pot or something. And inside are all these little uh, kind of like weevil wobbles. And Picard goes, the Curlians uh, believed that the individual was a community of individuals. Like, inside their head was many voices, each with their own, like, brain bots. This was the first brain bot discovery. Each with their own desires and their own view of the world. And it's very rare, rare to find these all together, like, with the figurines and everything. Ricard kind of looks at the little figures, and he goes, unbelievable. And then Galen goes, well, I stole it for you. Uh, it, you know, he goes, it's a gift to you, Jean-Luc. Uh, and Picard goes, oh, I can't take this. He goes, yeah, you can, Mr. Picard. Accept it graciously. And then Picard goes, well, we got to hang. Uh, how long are you going to be here for? Riker's like, well, he's getting on a shuttle tomorrow, Vulcan shuttle, or two days. Uh, Picard goes, that's not enough time. And then Galen goes, we, we might have some more time. I'm on an important expedition into unexplored and historical territory, and I intend to take you with me. Uh, let's see, anything else? Uh, oh, Picard, Picard whispered, like I liked how he whispered, the master of uh, Highland Hall or whatever, the master uh, ceramic dude. Also, just a heads up, the professor uh, tends to be a grouch. But then the episode opens, the captain's log, uh, supplemental. 30 years since I saw my professor. I don't know if we saw Professor Galen on the episode we saw with the young Jean-Luc. Uh, 
He goes, oh, man, this, this is, takes me back uh, this time with the professor to another life I almost had. And they're in 10 forward. Picard's got an Earl Grey. Galen has, like, a pink drink. Uh, professor Galen's arms are crossed, a leather vest. And no, uh, then I put no. More like a burlap overjumper. Or maybe overalls. I don't know why I called it an overjumper. And uh, Picard goes, geez, you've been, you haven't been writing as much and publishing. Is that because you have whatever you got a uh, tenure? Uh, he goes, you're all mysterious. Uh, and Galen goes, yeah, and I got more popular. The more mysterious I get, the more popular I get. Uh, Picard goes, everyone loves a good mystery. And uh, Galen goes, well, sometimes. Uh, and he goes, Picard goes, so what's, what have you been up to? And Galen goes, do you know what micropaleontology is? And he goes, as a matter of fact, Scooch was talking about microfossils when he was at a, a La Brea Tar Pits. Uh, so I, is that like that? And he goes, Galen goes, yep, uh, microscopic fossil records. Uh, he goes, I thought it like they gave it up after Scooch talked about it. They said, you know, he embarrassed all the micropaleontologists. Uh, and Galen goes, well, I've been working on it. And... Uh, it's become my life's work, and I'm ready to, almost ready to announce my findings, uh, but not yet. Uh, if you want to, because Picard's like, you got to tell me. He goes, it's going to come with a price. You got to come with me on my final part of my journey. And then you want to talk about unpaleontology. Picard goes, how long? Because three months, well, maybe a year. He goes, if I had a starship, it'd be weeks, uh, but I only have my shuttle. And, you know, the, just the, two, the shuttle and the two of our talents. Uh, and Picard goes, well, why do you need my help? And he, he goes, well, I'm not a young man, Jean-Luc. Uh, he goes, it's going to be hazards. I don't want my inadequacy to je jeopardize the, you know, getting this done. And Picard goes, well, I'm deeply honored, but, uh, you know, I'm the commander of a starship. Uh, I have responsibilities. The guy goes, to history. And he goes, what about the dude that discovered the city of Troy or uh, the woman that, that when she first stepped on Yassim? He goes, how could anything compare to those? And Picard goes, can I sleep on it? And he go, Galen goes, dream not of today, Mr. Picard. And Picard goes, dream not of today. That was the night blessing of the Yash El. And he goes, yeah, you got that question wrong on the final and Picard goes, well, I've been around the block now, Professor. Uh, he goes, by the way, enjoy the Enterprise while you're here. And Galen goes, thank you. And he goes, dream not of today. Which is weird because you know, I introduced my daughter to the musical Urinetown. I've been listening to that a lot. And one of the punchlines is dream of today. Let me see. It didn't, also, I didn't like the big assumptions this Galen was making uh, in his hard sell and whatever. They have a handshake at the end. Uh, there's also another pyramid clock radio on the table, of their ten, table and 10 forward. Uh, then we have Picard kicking it. Uh, like uh, He's like just kicking back with the artifact, uh, drinking his tea. And it's time for breakfast with Beverly. She rolls in, and Ricard's got his artifact there, and she she pours some tea, and she goes, What's up, dude? You look like you've been up all night. And Ricard goes, Yeah, I talked to Galen. He wants me to leave the Enterprise and go on an adventure with him. It could be a year. 
And Crusher goes, well, it could be tempting because he can't leave the Enterprise, but it did make me feel regret already. And Crusher goes, hey, you could have been an archaeologist and not a captain. He goes, no, I'm not sure, sorry for the path I chose. Uh, but he goes, uh, he goes, this was, he didn't catch this, but he goes, this, this thing the professor gave me, he didn't choose it, choose it at random. This uh, statue with many figures inside, many voices. He, he professor knows my weak spots. That the, the past calls to me, and this gift is a reminder. And Beverly goes, well, "What about the final frontier, space? Uh, doesn't that count for anything?" Eric goes, "Yeah, I wouldn't trade it for that, but uh, I just wish I could say, I just wish I didn't, didn't have to say no to him." And Crusher goes, are you too close? He goes, yeah. He goes, you know, my father was a jerk. You know, the French guy with the uh, sour grave face. He goes, I don't know if you've ever seen him on the holodeck. He's a bit like my brother. Never understood me. And we didn't follow in his footsteps, or I didn't. You know, my brother did. He goes, uh, he goes, with this, he was, this guy, he was the father that understood me. And his kids didn't follow him. So I was like the son that understood him. And Crusher goes, yeah, and now you got to turn your back on him. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I wish we never crossed paths, to be honest. This is tough. And I thought that was a powerful moment. Uh, then Picard rolls into Galen, like some computer lab, and Galen's still making a big assumption that Picard's going 100%. And Picard's like, I'm not going, dude. And Galen is stunned, and uh, Picard is very assertive. I liked how he asserted himself to the father who starts complaining and shaming him. He calls Picard a dull and bloated dilettante or something. And then he says, no, no, you just, he goes, this is a chance of a lifetime. Don't make the same mistake twice. That was earlier when Picard's asserting, he's like, I'm sorry, professor. Uh, I have a commitment to this ship and actually enjoy it. Uh, and he goes, you're just, you know, a tool of Starfleet, a Roman centurion, uh, you know, you know, roaming around. And he goes, I'm a scholar, dude. He goes, you're a dilettante. That's when he calls him a dilettante. Uh, and he goes, they gave you a chance once to become a great archaeologist, and you were, you know, you you didn't have the gusto. He goes, you could have outshone even me, Jean-Luc, uh, but you decided to reject a life of profound discovery. I mean, that's pretty uh, hypocritical. And Picard tries to talk back, and the guy he fights back tears and doesn't let John Luke uh, talk. And then he says, are you going to come with me? He tries like a little, uh, and Picard goes, no. So he even, like, you know when you don't want someone to say no. We've all been through the both sides of this. He, like, cries in his hand, and he asks one more time, and Picard goes, no, 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 I asserted myself. And he goes, okay, goodbye then. And he just walks, like, he kind of gives Picard the cold shoulder. And then we have, I think we had an ad break there. And we have a captain's log. They're done, and they got to go to uh, Italia 7 for a conference. Uh, Picard's like, yeah, I'm feeling a little down. And they're on the deck, and then Troy says, hey, why don't we go for a walk in the Arboretum? You know, clear your mind. And then they'll, they're, they're like, Galen, Professor Galen's got a call coming in, emergency. And Galen's like, yeah, I got a Iridium destroyer messing with me. And you see some, like, uh, lasers going, and there's a WTF moment. Uh, 
Oh, no, they phase the ship. Uh, the, the, like, there's a lasers exchanged, and the other ship, like, goes uh, bye-bye. And everyone's like, what WTF? You just vanished. Uh, then they tra- transport Galen to sick bay. Goes to, Picard goes down there. Beverly's like, there's nothing I could do. He's at the big farm, or he's almost there. And then he says, John Luke, his last words are, John Luke, I was too harsh, man. Sorry about that. And then he's out, like, you know, out good. And then there's a zoom to Picard who's grimacing. Uh, like, you know, then there's an ad break. Uh, and we have Picard and Jordy and Data. Jordy hands up, like, a PADD, you know, pad to Picard. And Jordy, Data, and War for helping Picard kind of break the case. Uh, okay, they're trying to download something from his computer. Good use of download. Uh, and Professor Galen tried to, like, you know, uh, scramble the files or whatever you call what do you call whatever you call that, uh, what you do to files. Uh, and Jordy's like, we can reconstruct some stuff. There's just like, we found all these numbers, 19 blocks and numbers like this. Uh, and Jordy stands against, uh, like a board of numbers, uh, and Ricardo goes, what do you mean? The data goes, well, anything. He goes, we could search. But he goes, it's really going to be hard to search for. Uh, it's going to take a lot of computing to figure it out. Oh, and then uh, Jordy goes, we tried to decrypt it, but we couldn't do that. Uh, we can't figure out the, what kind of encryption Galen was using. And Worf goes, did the Uridians get this? Jordy goes, some of them. I don't know how many, though. And Picard goes, huh, why do the Ridians know what's going on with the professor? That's weird. And Jordy goes, well, it's weird that their ship, like, uh, like vanished too. And Picard goes, well, the Uridians are information dealers. Maybe they were sending them to somebody. And then Picard goes, where was Galen before he got here? And they go, uh, Rua 4. And Picard goes, how far away is that? And Data goes, four days. And Picard goes, conference can wait. Let's go to Rua. Uh, no other ships. Uh, Picard, uh, oh, then Picard's like standing and looking out the window. The crew is silent. Uh, that's, then he says the conference can wait. Uh, uh, set a course. Uh, then we see a planet. Then we're on the bridge. Data's looking at Riker and Picard, who are on either side of them. Or Data's looking at the computer. Picard's arms are crossed. Riker's got his knee up. And they're talking about in whatever, right, whatever, Indra 8 or something. Uh, rule 4. Uh, why do I have Indra 8 written down? Oh, Indra 8, yeah. Uh, this is like the next planet. I said, well, geez, where was he headed next or something? Uh, oh, yeah, he was headed from uh, for Deep Space 4 and then uh, to... Uh, uh, to Indra 8, and, and Picard goes, what do we know about that? Maybe we should check it out. And he goes, Picard goes, let's go. And Riker actually stands up. He goes, with all due respect, he goes, this is a dead end, boss. Uh, we got to get to that conference, and I'll tell you seven. And Picard goes, listen, I'm aware of the timetable, number one, uh, but there's connection here. I'm going to find it. And Riker goes, aye, aye, sir. Lay a course for Indra 8 or Warp 7. Uh, yeah, like, Ricard gives out the orders. And Ricard's in his office. Troy walks in. Ricard's got his tea and his computer. She goes, how's it going? He goes, well, you guys, I got all these numbers and blah, blah, blah. She goes, how's this going with you? 
And Picard goes, well, if only I'd gone with the cab, you know, my teacher, he wouldn't have been in trouble. And she goes, come on. Troy goes, you can't think like that. Uh, it's not true. You have a career, a lifelong career. It was the right decision. And Picard goes, hey, yeah, I know. And Troy goes, I know you want to bring the professor back, but staring at this numbers isn't going to help. But we've got to get to this conference. Uh, and Picard gets up, he stretches. uh at some point, I don't know, maybe that's before, but he, I liked how he stretched. Uh, and he goes, listen, this isn't just me on a, like a guilt trip. Uh, he goes, uh, he goes, there's something going on here and it's not going to be in vain. I'll take full responsibility. Uh, like he kind of shuts it down. And uh, she goes, okay, Captain. And it reminded me of, uh, who was that? Uh, what did I put? Sophia, uh, something, good day, sir. Or what was that from? Uh, where people say, good day, sir. Uh, I can't remember writing. Maybe my daughter said it too. But since uh, Troy walks out and Picard just holds his tea in size, uh, uh, then Worf, uh, Riker, Picard, and Data are on the bridge. Uh, and, uh, like, uh, uh, Data's got some weird, uh, they're, they're outside injury, and there's, like, there's some weird stuff going on, weird global plasma reaction. Uh, and Picard goes, what do you mean? And then he goes, all life is being, uh, all organic matter is being getting knocked out there, and there's a zoom to Picard and an ad break. And Riker's like, why would anyone get rid of the organic matter, uh, and then they go, well, gee, so everything on the planet. And then Ricard goes, well, maybe that's it. Organic matter was what the number blocks are. And Data goes, let's just search for that, uh, just organic stuff. And David Ricard goes, let's go to the lab. Uh, and then Beverly was like, dude, WTF, it was DNA or RNA. It, it was right in front of us. Uh, and she goes, look at it, and it's all coming together into a subway map. And then a subway map of DNA kind of comes up. And Ricard's like, what could this, like, uh, like uh, what is this, uh, what it could it possibly be? And then they go down, and Jordy looks at it, he goes, oh, this is an algorithm uh, from four billion years ago. And he goes, this, he goes, this is something, he goes, this is something, he goes, they can tell, you know, from, from, you know, programming. And Africa goes, so four billion years ago, someone put a bunch of random DNA into like uh, 19 planets. So, cause there's like 19 planets on the subway map of uh, DNA. And then they start doing exposition. Like there was a DNA that founded all 19 of those civilizations and Crush is like, why would someone do that? And Ricard's like, well, what is the like rest of the algorithm? And go, well, we wouldn't know until we have all the pieces. All the DNA will make the algorithm work uh, somehow. And we go, well, there has to be a couple other worlds we still have to track down. Then uh, he goes, how many people on this ship are from? Like, then they sound like they're invading privacy. Say, how many people aren't from the Federation on the ship? Nineteen people. They say, okay, go get their DNA, and let's check that and see if we have anything. And Ricard goes, it must be uh, 4 billion years old, computer program, highly advanced civilization. 
and it's hidden in the fabric of life itself because this could be the most profound discovery of our time or trouble. And the professor must have known that. Uh, it's just lots of like, I liked how they were handing off exposition. They were almost in a circle. It was like a Jordy, a Crusher, a Picard, and Data. And they were almost in a circle. Just Jordy was kind of stuck in the middle of everybody. But they just kept handing off the exposition, so everyone's doing a little piece. Uh, and at the end, there's a slow zoom into Picard. He's saying, like, uh, you know, about the profound discovery. Then at 25 minutes, there's a close-up of a pad. Really good special effects. Holy cow. I don't know how they did these effects. 1991. Very impressive. Uh, and Picard and Crusher stumped in... Uh, even Earl Grey can't help it, uh, and they say, okay, we better get some sleep, uh, and, uh, if Ricard goes, even a stolen artifact effect isn't able to, he's like holding one of the pieces of artifact in his hand, uh, he goes, even that can't help, uh, but then Ricard, uh, is holding the thing in his hand, he says, wait a second, I have an idea, he goes, what about, uh, he goes, the, curl- the curlings, uh, what if this is the, the clue here? Uh, and they go, okay, yeah, there's a Lauren 3. It's the only curling planet that could support life. Uh, and they go, okay, there's no Lauren 3 sample uh, on the shuttle. Maybe uh, he had it and someone took it. And Picard goes, Data, get to Lauren 3, maximum warp. Uh, yeah, then they put, then there's a, you know, they show the Enterprise. Then they go into, uh, uh, let's see, collect maximum warp. Uh, then they go in, and as soon as they enter the orbit, they're like, battle stations, there's Cardassians here. And everyone's like, what, Cardassians? I said, no, Cardassians. And there's a pretty good, uh, on and off, there's two Gardashian ships, uh, and they're hailing them, and Picard, Picard goes, it's a Golo set or something, and she says, uh, who are you, what do you want, uh, and Picard goes, I'm John Luke Picard, Federation Starship Enterprise, I don't have to answer to you, Cardassians have no claims in this sector, and she goes, yeah, I suppose not, but uh, there's two ships to one, so maybe you should come back. Uh, and Picard goes, well, no, no, we're on a scientific mission. Don't mess with us. And she goes, then you could take a delay uh, for a few days and then withdraw. And then Worf goes, there's a Klingon vessel coming in here. Uh, and then the Klingon goes, this is Matata or something. What are you doing here? And then it goes to an ad, you know, we're going to say, oh, boy, everybody's here. Then we have a captain's log. We have four ships on a showdown. Uh, and Picard says, we have not one but two competitors to complete Galen's puzzle. Uh, and I'm trying to meet with the Cardassian and the Klingon. And then there's, like, this cool camera move that zooms in on the um, back of the Enterprise. Uh, as you see, the four ships. Uh, then we're in the meeting with Picard. The Kardashian's standing. Her arms are hanging. Klingon sitting, kicked back, uh, fist on the table. And everyone's like acting like, uh, why are you here? Oh, scientific research. Oh, totally, to the max. And Picard goes, well, why don't we just be honest with each other? He goes, we're not going to get anywhere with deception. We all know about Galen's research. Uh, 
in the DNA fragments. Uh, and they don't say anything. He goes, okay, I'll take silence as confirmation. And he goes, do you have a sample from below? And the, the Kardashian goes, yep, and I'm not giving it up. Uh, and the uh, Kulingan goes, we're not afraid of Kardashians. Uh, and Picard goes, you have one from Injury 8? And he goes, oh, yeah, I got one from Injury 8, and that's it. Uh, he goes, they got rid of all the organic matter, the whole biosphere. And the Kardashian says, typical Klingon thinking, take what you want, destroy the rest. And Picard goes, well, we're all missing some fragments. We're not the same ones. If we combine all our work, uh, you know, if we don't work together, we'll never learn the secret of the program. And the Klingon says, well, it's a weapon, so we don't want anybody to have it, uh, friend or enemy. And Kardashian says, no, it's an energy source. Uh, and Picard goes, well, if we don't assemble it, we won't know what it is. Uh, and it could be a recipe for biscuits. Uh, and the Kardashian, I didn't realize biscuits were tried, uh, like uh, whatever, cross this cross-cultural. But he goes, hey, if you want biscuits, I'll give you my mom's cooling on biscuits. And they go back and forth, and Picard just raises his voice. He goes, without cooperation, we're not going to get anywhere. Also, I like all the swagger of uh, the Klingon. Like, some of the biscuits sends Picard off when he raises his voice. He goes, let's just share what we have. So then they go down to the lab, and they all add their samples to the computer. And the subway map starts to come together. The Kardashian was moving her eyes a lot uh, while Picard was talking. And they're like, okay, we're missing one piece. And Crush is like, okay, we could uh, have the computer figure out. Because uh, Picard's like, this is a jigsaw puzzle. We just got to figure out what the missing thing is. Uh, and Crush is like, the computer could figure it out. Uh, so they say it'll take a couple hours. And then they say, okay, everybody wait on board and we'll figure it out. And then, uh, this is like the highlight of the episode, 32 minutes, do yourself a favor and watch it, uh, uh, 10 forward, we're in 10 forward, the Klingon strolls in, the first thing you see is a woman in a green and peach uh, neon outfit who crosses the screen, and then the Klingon rolls up on Data, who's like sitting working on a pad, uh, you know, at a table, uh. And it's just a really hilarious uh, scene. You know, the, the, the dude goes, hey, what's up? And he goes, well, I was just sitting here chilling. And uh, the dude goes, you know, uh, uh, the computer still processing that stuff. And the Klingon goes, I heard you're very strong. He goes, do you ever, like, do the Klingon arm wrestling? Uh, even the Klingons know how tough you are. You know, the Baha Ghoul or whatever. And Data goes, I am familiar with many Klingon rituals, including the Baha'i Ghoul, which is like a kind of arm wrestling with two arms. Uh, and the Klingon stands to challenge Data. He's still working. Then he just puts the things down and, you know, beats the guy without even, uh, you know, batting an eye in a split second. And the guy goes, my talk. Uh, then he headbutts Data. And that doesn't work. Uh, and Data goes, like, he bounces back. Very comedic. Very, very comedic. Uh, Data goes, you know, I'm made from a poly alloy. Uh, you know, we got carbon fiber in here and duranium. 
And at first, like, going on, like, it gets, uh, he looks irritated. Then he, like, raises his hands. He's so pleased. He, like, uh, almost cheers. It's really funny. And he's laughing. He goes, yeah, he goes, you're smart, too. He goes, you should become a Klingon. He goes, you know, if this works out, if you can get us the DNA stuff early, you could join the Klingon Empire. You could be a king. And he goes, you bribing me? And he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, you just, it'd be great working with you. Someone with your being would go far. And he goes, that's a bribe. You implied a reward, uh, and then the dude goes, never mind, never mind, not at all. And Data goes back to work. Uh, then Jordy, we're in the uh, um, engineering, and he knows he go, he sees something's wrong on his screen. He goes, what in the hell? And he goes, uh, Captain, I think you should show something. But then there's a piece missing, and like they skip over a part. And then we see the ships in space. We're back at the lab. Beverly, the Klingon, Captain Picard, and the Kardashian, Kardashian. They're like, okay, the results are coming in. Uh, DNA fragment is in uh, sector 21459, Ramazad system. And then the Kardashian immediately, uh, like, energizes out, and then the uh, Kardashian ships, like, try to shut down the engines of the Enterprise and the Klingon ship, we go to commercial. Also, the ships shoot out of their butt. The Kardashian ships, they do. They shoot their lasers out of their butts. They have butt lasers. And then we find out that Worf and Riker on the slide are like uh, on the bridge. They go, oh, totally. Our, you know, our ship is totally uh, helpless now. Yeah, but then Riker, Klingon, and Crusher come onto the bridge, and they totally had played... Uh, they go, okay, we totally faked, like, where ships went out. Or we just used the inertial dampers. And the Klingon's like, good thing your uh, engineer caught that. He reminds me a lot of the Birdman in the original Flash Gordon mu- movie. Uh, but then he goes, Opa, Opa, or something. He calls his ship. He says, is our ship ready to go? They go, no, our, we didn't do the inertial dampers. Uh, we got to fix uh, something. And he goes, what? Uh, and Ricard goes, well, you can come on our ship. Uh, he goes, we still have everything. Uh, Topa, I think is what he says. Uh, so the, And they go, because we gave the wrong address to the uh, Kardashians, but they're going to figure that out pretty fast. Uh, so they say, head to the Vomorian, Vomorian, Vomorian system. So they head there. Data's like, okay, there's only, none of the planets have life, but... Uh, one had an ancient ocean, now dry, and it may have supported life once. Uh, can't tell from long-range sensors. So they got to transport down, and Riker goes, okay. So then we see uh, Picard, Crusher, and uh, the um, Worf and the uh, and other Klingon dude. They, they go down to this planet. They're in a canyon. And they're looking through the canyon, uh, like, uh, looking around. It's, uh, like, uh, like old rocks, uh, searching for some organic matter. Uh, then the Kardashians transport in. And they go, oh, we got company. And he goes, you guys are Tovas, too. You're dishonorable Tovas. 
then the Romulans show up, four Romulans uh, ready to go. So it's a total showdown. And everyone's arguing. Uh, and geez, you were following us and on the reward. And uh, like, we're going to, if we don't get it, no one gets it. Meanwhile, Beverly's like, hey, Sean, look, we could scrape something off the walls. Uh, this is ancient seabed. So while everyone's arguing or saying, well, should we compromise or argue? Uh, Beverly and uh, like, they get some fossils off the seabed and put them in. Uh, thing even uh like uh, because everyone's like i'm not gonna lose you know and wharf uh, the dude is like wharf you and i are gonna go out like rolling uh because they're like you know i can't trust a klingon i can't trust a romulan i can't trust a Cardassian, can't trust a human uh meanwhile beverly and john luke load up the pad or whatever the um whatever equipment they have i forgot what it's called and uh uh, it starts reprogramming it. Uh, it modifies the diode emitter and starts projecting, and it projects this humanoid uh, in all white. And she's uh, she looked like she was speaking like she was the narrator of a theme park ride at W, like in Epcot Center in Walt Disney World. Uh, she has no ears or hair, very deep set eyes. She has teeth, very fashionable boots, white boots, uh, and kind of reddish brown skin. And then she kind of does the whole exposition. She says, basically, yeah, we're an ancient uh, race of uh, humanoids. And long ago, you know, we were, you know, we ran this galaxy and we explored everywhere and we were the best and we could do everything. We realized we wouldn't last forever. So we seeded the primordial oceans of many worlds where life was in its infancy with uh, seed codes that uh, directed the evolution towards a form resembling ours, uh, she was so super so you can't all share uh, something. And we also put the secret message in there. And the message is uh, fellowship. She goes, it's like the Lord of the Ring, fellowship of the ring, fellowship and companion. We wanted to bring everyone together. Because she goes, if you look at me, you could see, you know, if you're hearing me, that's our dream come true. You're a monument not to greatness, uh, but to existence. Uh, we wanted you to know life uh, and to keep alive our memory. So, you know, remember L-O-V-E is, uh, is what we're all about. Uh, and she disappears. And the Klingon's like, you got to be kidding me. Because uh, if that wasn't just a projector, I would totally, you know, melt that thing. It was the idea that, and then the, the, the idea that Kardashian and the Klingon would have anything in common, and then Picard goes, let's get out of here. So then they, Picard and Beverly and Worf head back to the Enterprise, and then we see, like, uh, it's a captain's log, uh, you know, by the way, we overused our high warp, uh, so we got to do some minor repairs uh, before we head back, uh, and then we have breakfast with Beverly yet again. And Beverly really slammed her tea in this one and stretched. Uh, uh, she goes, Jesus, it's a shame Professor Galen didn't get to see this. And Ricardo goes, yeah, I don't think anyone would have appreciated it more. 
I was like, are you talking about that grouch at the beginning of the episode? He didn't seem to appreciate anything. And Beverly goes, well, if it wasn't for you, this, you know, following his dream, the puzzle wouldn't have been solved. You left him a wonderful legacy. And Ricard goes, yeah, but it fell on deaf ears, I think. And she goes, well, you never know. And then she slams, this is when she slams her teeth. She goes, I got to get my day started. And Ricard goes, both of us. And she goes, see you this afternoon. And then Riker goes, you got a call from uh, Romulan. And then Romulan's like, hey, John, we're headed out uh, till next time. And Ricard goes, until next time. And the Romulan goes, you know, I guess we're not that dissimilar uh, in our hopes and in our fears. And Ricard goes, yeah. And then the Romulan goes, well, perhaps one day. And Ricard goes, one day. And, uh, you know, they can say, okay, season six, let's get some hope. Remember A New Hope? Don't you remember? Oh, no, that was a different uh, show. And then Ricard kind of picks up one of the figures uh, in his hand. I like the in-transmission thing on the screen. But he slowly picks up one of the figures from inside the uh, sculpture and holds it very uh, gently with two hands. And the camera kind of zooms. And then he holds it with one hand and, like, kind of holds it to his lips uh, as he thinks. uh, And the episode comes to a close. Uh, so, uh, good night. Uh, I want to say thanks and good night to people supporting the show on Patreon. Thanks and good night to Ian, Nima, and Megan C. Thanks and good night. Uh, thanks and good night to Mike, McKay, Cat W, and Zemcat. Thanks and good night. Uh, thanks and good night to Anna, to Alyssa, and to Jessica. Thanks and good night. Uh, thanks again to Sarah with an H, Carl B, and Scott F. Thank you and good night. Uh, thanks and good night to Melissa, to Gregory, and to Chris. Uh, thanks and good night to Eduardo, to Kevin, and Carrie with a K. Uh, thank you and good night uh, to Jason, to Rand, and to Chris. Thanks again to Matthew, to Tracy, and to Alyssa with an A. Thanks again to Anon, uh, Jasmine, and Yamin. Uh, thanks again to Sarah, to Maggie, and to Jessica. Uh, good night and thank you to Lori, to Elizabeth M., and Laura L. Uh, thanks again to Paige, to Mary B., and to Betsy L. Uh, good night and thank you to Mer- Megan, to Caroline, and to Ben. Uh, thanks good night to Gail, to Andrea, and to Kay to the A, Calliope. Uh, thanks and good night to Donata, Stephanie, and Mike. Uh, good night and thank you to David, to Michael S., and to Catherine S. Uh, thanks and good night to Gavin, to Sarah, and to Mike. Uh, uh, good night and thank you to Piper, to Mary, and to Sanger. Thanks and good night to Carolyn, to Andrew, and to Kristen. Thanks and good night to Pamela, to Elizabeth, and Rachel. Uh, good night and thank you to Stephen, to Kayla, and to Dana. Thanks again to Melissa B., uh, Julie N., and Ryan, 
Uh, good name. Thank you to Madison, to Dina, and to Crystal. Uh, thanks, you know, to Louise, to Kathy with a C, and to Catalina. Uh, thanks, you know, to Jeff, uh, to Allison, and to Nicole. Uh, good night and thank you to LK, to Aaron, and Irene. Uh, thanks, you know, to Allison, to Christy, and to Kimberly C. Uh, good night to Rebecca, uh, to Tom, and to Diane. Uh, good night to Jill, Angela, and Nicholas. And finally, good night to Gustavo, to Ava, and uh, to Viewpoint. So thanks, and good night, Robert. Good night, uh, good night, and thanks. And thanks for supporting the show. All right, everybody, we're back. Well, we're back. For you, this will be, I don't know when this episode will air, actually, because I'm like, uh, this is the first Star Trek episode I'm recording after the Game of Thrones season. So it's been uh, since July since I've recorded it. Um, Star Trek Next Generation episode. Uh, there has been, there were, were some in the bank, though. And then also this new Star Trek season. So I don't really know when this one's going to come out, but it's been a while for me. And tonight I'm going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 19, Manhunt. And believe it or not, I picked this by the album cover or the album art in uh, on, on Amazon. You know, I've been scrolling through these episodes quite a lot when I'm recording these because I watch the episodes so many times and I always forget what's, like I said, what season and what episode was the one I was watching. And so I, like, and this one always caught my eye because it had Dr. Pulaski with these two um, beings that looked like they were inside of their own portable shower curtains. And they also look kind of like a silvery version of, uh, the card soldiers from um, Alice in Wonderland a little bit. And I always said, what was that about? Like, what's that episode? I didn't even know it was called Manhunt. Until one day I said, I'm going to watch that episode with Pulaski. Uh, like, like, almost like if, you, like if you're making a Halloween costume where you're in the shower and you use a long silver, whatever that stuff's called, uh, ribbon, but it's, I think there's another term for it. And like, that's how you make your costume that looks like a shower, but it's shiny, like either looks like flowing water. I don't know. Whatever you do, that's what these creatures, and then they had fish faces. So that's how I chose it. And it ended up being quite the, quite an interesting episode. It has Troy's mother. And, uh, so, so let's get started here. Let's see, uh, Enough exclamations. Yeah, Captain's like 428592. And TD3, they're in a thing around. It's a green Jupiter-like planet. Picard's in formal dress, and uh, he goes to the transporter room. O'Brien, Worf, uh, Pulaski, and Wesley are waiting there. Mr. Crusher, he calls him. He said, hey, why don't you come by, Mr. Crusher? Uh, not many people have seen an Antedian in the flesh. And, uh, what does that say? And Pacific. I don't know. They come in, they energize in, and I put WTF, uh, in the flight. Uh, my notes are not, Picard is like, uh, Wesley says, what, are they okay, sir? Cause they're in some sort of, uh, they travel by, uh, like they get put into a sleep state, uh, is how they like to travel. A catatonic state. Maybe that's what my notes say. That's how they deal with the seats being so small. 
And Wesley says, we're going to revive him. And Picard says, not until we're closer to the conference in three days in Pacifica. And Pulaski scans them. And she says, yeah, I'm going to make some adjustments for the sick bay. He puts them there. But uh, O'Brien, can you storm in the transporter room? And he says, oh, yeah. And then what? they have a container that looks like it would hold cold beer and soda. But in it is their food, which looks like chips of... Uh, a giant water chestnuts and some sort of glop, uh, which they, I guess they eat when they wake up. And then Worf has a little comedic humor. He says, uh, he looks at them. He kind of closes his eyes. He says, what a handsome race. Uh, let's see what else they have here. Silver curtains, uh, fish. Uh, oh, so a little bit, they're a little bit slee stacky too. Uh, Crusher, then they go to the bridge, uh, I forget everybody's names. Riker gives, gives, says, Wesley, what do you think? Wesley says, weird. And Data says, you shouldn't judge books by a cover. And they say, we got a small vessel coming in. And Troy stands up in a panic. She says, oh, boy. And they say, what's the matter? And she says, what is she doing here? And they bring up this screen, and they got a shuttle pilot who has a VIP passenger. And she pushes her way on the screen, and she's like a... Uh, Troy says, Mother, Lakswana, Lakswana, Troy of the fifth house of the sacred chalice of Re, heir to the holy rings of the Batazed, uh, full ambassador status. Uh, she goes, You look good, okay, you're glad you're dressed up. And uh, Troy says, Please don't do this to me. And she says, Don't worry, little one. And she goes, Oh, Sean, look, what nasty thoughts you're having about me. But how wonderful you think of me like that. And then Riker and Troy look at Picard like, Dude, are you serious? Uh, that was when I was watching. Let me see what else I have in the notes. Uh, Wesley had his game face on at first, as like he was trying to look tough when they were first, the Antedians first came in. Uh, he said it was weird they're going to storm in the transporter room for a few hours. Uh, they put moving ginger snaps. Uh, what the F? Uh, ginger chips, I think I meant. Wharf stairs, great trick. Uh, what a handsome race. Yeah, then we saw a plane in the ship again, then the bridge, then Riker quizzes away. I said, Data drops some knowledge. Uh, and then I said, We're being hailed. Uh, Troy uh, stands. Oh my goodness. Uh, Calling the VIP, woman pushes the guy out of the way. She's very overdressed. Uh, and then she makes a joke after repeating Picard's mind. And Troy looks on in horror. And I put smirk, and then the opening comes. And the opening goes, they walk in the transporter room, Picard, Troy, and Riker, full dress. Uh, Riker's uh, practicing his smiles or something. He's practically all smiles. And Troy's mother, Lackawanna or whatever, she energizes in with her back to us. She's on her knees, and she stands up. We'll go to the dialogue for the comedy in a minute. She looks at her legs, and then she has a valet there, uh, Bernard or something, uh, is a giant. Uh, and he has a, she has this giant suitcase, and then Riker takes his turn. It's very, very heavy. And they have comedy where he carries it down the hall. And then we'll catch up. Uh, let's see. She's just coming in. And she's looking around. She says, where are my legs? My legs? Where are my legs? And uh, Troy's like, right under you, mother. And she doesn't like being transported. She calls Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc. Troy says, it's Captain Picard, mother. 
And she also sees the Antedians, which are weird. And this Riker finds this all amusing. He's like, oh, those are Antedian delegates. She says, delegates? Uh, she goes, last time I saw the, the Antedian, I was, you know, was uh, on a plate or something. And she's very, you know, you can tell her and Troy are, uh, she says, oh, so good to see you. And she says, Picard, you have very handsome legs. Uh, and then they say, beam the valet aboard. And he's from uh, the Munsters, or not the Munsters, uh, Mick Fleetwood. Or Fleetwood. I don't know if it's the same Mick Fleetwood from Fleetwood Mac. I don't think so. It could be, though. That shows how much I know about things. Uh, but she was talking about how he like, used to always uh, chase after her. And she tries to get Ricard to get carried. He says, no, no, I'll let your valet carry it. Uh, and she goes, John, Luke, I can read your mind. And then Riker decides to carry it, but it's really heavy, as we said. Uh, 840, what is that? Uh, I guess that's a little bit later. Uh, more comedy with Riker picking up the suitcase. And later, uh, the giant picks it up and it's super light, no problem. Let's see. In the hall, they're talking to to, to tele, telepathically. Uh, she's like, he's got nice legs. Is he still yours? Uh, and Troy says that humans don't have that kind of relationship with other humans. And she says, well, maybe we'll have to pick up that custom again. And then they go into their guest quarters, which are quite nice. And uh, she invites Picard to a formal dinner. And he leaves, and she snaps uh, her fingers, and she talks with uh, Troy. Betazoid dinner of greeting tonight, Captain, and ambassadorial function. Her Also, her eyes are all pupil, and I don't know if that's her condition or what, but that was also interesting. She says, yeah, he's solid, totally reliable, once she's alone with Troy. And she goes, he's not bad, he's in decent shape, uh... And Troy goes, I can't believe you're sizing him up like a commodity. And she goes, that's what human men are, uh, dear. She goes, was your father, like, uh, ever unhappy? She goes, Troy goes, no, 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 Dad loved you. And Troy goes, I don't think you'll ever do that. Uh, then the dude, I guess this is 840, he brings out a triangle. Oh, then they go to the bridge, 840. Riker's telling jokes to everybody, like, uh, just inappropriate jokes. He's telling like Wes and them about Betazoids. And Worf's kind of got a shaming look, and then Picard walks in on it, and he says, uh, come on, guys, what the heck? And Riker didn't know he came, so he's totally busted. He goes, uh, he goes we're dealing with an ambassador here. Quit clowning around like this is a, like a steamship. This is a freaking spaceship, dude. Treat people with respect. And Riker looks at Data and then nods, and then they say, what kind of example are you setting? Then Picard goes, what's up with the Antedians? And Pulaski says, yeah, I'm working on it. Uh, uh, Betazoid knowledge. Dropping, Riker was dropping Betazoid knowledge. Worf looks on disgust. Pod comes on. Picard comes on and says, gentlemen, as Riker was laying it on, uh, succulent something. Uh, something, something, I don't know, succulent, eccentric, somewhat eccentric, uh, nah, it's Pol- Pollard, oh, this is Picard to Pulaski. He goes, is catatonic a normal state for them? And he says, hey guys, it's dressing in a uniform for dinner. And everybody's like, after he leaves, they're like, what? Uh, and there's music. Riker says, very interesting. 
Ipicard's walking the halls with a blue-green, like, bottle of a drink. He passes Blasky. Uh, she goes, Doctor, you going to this dinner? And she goes, "What? I don't know, I'm already full. He's like, WTF? And we really get a lot of comedy out of this valet because he played, like, the not the Munsters, the Adams Family, giant, uh, like, uh, just seen the Adams Family movie. I can't think of the name right. Lurch. Uh, Maybe Lurch is in the other one. But he hands him the bottle and the dude pounds it, uh, like an entire bottle of liquor. And he's kind of, that's his gag. He drinks a lot. Uh, and Picard's stunned. He's like, one second. He goes, that's actually, uh, but the giant doesn't really talk. He only stares and nods and grins. Uh, and he says, where is everyone? And the guy just shakes his head, and then he points over, and Lakwana, Lakswana walks in. And it seems like she was, like, in a nightgown. I said, is that a nightgown she's in? Uh, and then she kind of talks seduction. We'll do that. Uh, and then 1210, something comes up. Um, yeah, he points at Picard, goes, when's everybody getting here? And he points at Picard, then points at her. He's blue, too. She goes, hey, Jean-Luc. Uh, don't mind if I do. Come surprise! Like she's standing next to orchids too. Picard gulps uh, and purses his lips, and oh, then they go to an ad. And then they come back to at dinner, and they're talking. Uh, she says, "A toast to Earthmen, who, despite their many faults, have the unique ability to charm women of all races." And we get good window action outside the window with window streak, like star streaks. Uh, and she goes, Picard goes, well, thanks. Uh, it's a big responsibility, I guess. Hardy, har, har. And they're kind of drinking martinis and they're having like an amuse bouche. Uh, and like someone goes, I know what you're thinking. And Picard goes, really? And she goes, you're wondering if I'm single or not. Uh, and he goes, no. She goes, don't worry, Jean-Luc. Uh, she takes his hand and she says, competition brings out the mess best in human males. And Ricard's really uncomfortable. He says, uh, uh, you know, like I, like I prefer an Indiana Jones style date. Uh, he goes, I didn't, uh, he goes, I thought this was a, sort of like a state dinner. I thought everybody would be here. And she goes, never assume anything when you're dealing with me. Then she starts playing footsie with him. And he tries to move his leg out of the way. And she goes, strange. Uh, and she goes, I'm not really hungry. She goes, I don't know why I lost my appetite. I don't know. Uh, she goes, any ideas? Uh, then there's a gong. And Ricard goes, uh, oh, we forgot to give thanks for our food. He goes, like, uh. In the meanwhile, the dude, her butler hit the gong. He's drinking a mar martini. And Picard goes, what kind of, he goes, what are the rules about uh, saying thanks? He goes, let me call Data down here to give a report. Uh, let's see, tw oh, 1210 was when we see the star streaks outside. Well, probably not accurate. Is And I put, is that why we don't see those anymore? At dinner for two, they were wearing matching colors. Uh, uh, cheers, they had some sort of candied fruit for dessert or a candied fruit salad. And, uh, let's see, Picard tries to pull, he plays with his silverware a lot as a distraction. They had fondue forks, uh, and then a chell, a chime or a bell run by the giant. 
Guard uses this as a moment to throw data in there. Uh, he kind of does a sleep with me. Abbas. He says, I'll be right down. He goes, Data, can you talk? Uh, he goes, I'll be right down. Uh, and it was like, a don't sleep with me, sleep with me. Episode is like, you know, don't, don't put me to sleep for real. Put her to sleep, please. He says, yeah, to a square root apply to third to nine to third power. He goes, that's how you figure out the distance between the Omicron system and the Crab Nebula. The Ricard collapse, he goes, so fascinating. Really funny stuff. Uh, uh, like, uh, describe, oh, I was going to describe that. It said, uh, it was so, it was, how about that anomalous chemical composition? Tell that story of brown dwarf stars, uh, and data goes, oh, it's a spellbinding subject. He's really picking up the, because you heard the rare, your, your earth, uh, and then he starts talking about different chemical, like rocks or something. Uh, then we have Troy and Pulaski in the hall, and Pulaski can't give him Troy. She says, your mom's really interested. She goes, well, my mom's going through this condition, uh, uh, kind of like a midlife uh, phase, we call it. Uh, and Pulaski was like, like a human menopause. And she goes, well, more, uh, it's a, a fully uh, like a, an awakening, like a spring awakening more. So it's kind of like a, and Pulaski goes, huh? She goes, that's interesting. His captain was on the way to her quarters. Uh, and she goes, why'd you do that? And, and Pulaski again reveals that she's kind of a pain in the butt. She goes, oh, it's good practice for the doctor to stay ahead of your mother. Uh, animals always best when hunted or when hunting. Pulaski uh, finds herself very amusing. Then Data's giving like a PowerPoint uh, about star movements. And little one comes in, Diana, and she goes, I uh, hope I'm not interrupting. And Picard goes, no, I got to get back to the bridge right this second. Yeah, she says, the little one, Data wants to stay and keep going. Picard's like, I got to get out of here. Uh, and Data goes, I could stay here all night. Uh, Picard goes, thanks for the meal. Uh, and I don't know if they have dessert chimes. Uh, anyway, she just keeps going. That's her little one. Yeah, but, but Troy's not happy. She goes, uh, she goes, but her mom's like, he's charming. Oh boy, as charming as your father. And I don't know if there's a going for after dinner drink or because her valet agrees with her or he's just lit and cracking up. Then the hall goes, Dade, he really saved my butt back there. He had to like take a big breath, big breath first. And he goes, you never know how much I owe you, man. And Dade goes, for what? Uh, he goes, hey, he goes, I got tons of anecdotes like that, man. And Picard goes, later with the anecdotes data. Keep, you know, keep them in your database, your database. Uh, and then Troy goes, Mother, how, why'd you come to here uh, when you're having your awakening? She goes, well, I was going to Pacific. And she goes, no, no, you knew it was going to happen. Then we see the giant uh, drinking a bunch of drinks. And Troy pulls her mother in the hall. She goes, Mother, uh. She goes, little one, I'm going to enjoy this. Uh, and Troy goes, no wonder you're dressed uh, uh, so uh, uh, shockingly. And you, she's even sighing a little bit, Troy, at different moments. Uh, she goes, uh, she goes, I'm going to pick somebody on this ship. And Troy goes, please, Mom, don't embarrass me. This is where I work. Uh, she goes, your, your captain was thinking about me nonstop. She roll, Troy rolls her eyes. 
And then they're having a meeting, and Picard's in shock. He goes, what? She, he, Troy goes, you were thinking about my mom the whole time, huh? And Riker's there. She's, Troy's got her arms crossed. She looks serious. Uh, and Picard goes, your mother's, like, recall is terrible. And Troy goes, she has the best telepe- tele- tele- telepathy on the earth, or telepathy. And Picard goes, your mom's great, but I'm totally not, like, really into her. Uh, to be honest with you, and Riker's having the time of her life, uh, his his life, and Troy's like, my mom's in her mid, like her awakening phase, and Riker goes, uh, like, uh, yeah, you told me about that, and then she goes, she she goes, yeah, made you, she goes, you get really awake. Uh, Riker's like, really awake? Wait a second, how awake? Uh, and they kind of go like back and forth and she goes her mother wants my mom wants one partner uh like she wants a monogamous awakening and you're the early favorite and Riker's just cracking up the whole time he goes like congratulations sir Picard goes I'm not amused like Picard looks sick to his stomach uh really good Riker reactions uh and Picard goes, this is just isn't going to be possible, but I can't, how can I do that without a, um, offending her? And Troy goes, logic's not going to work right now. Uh, this is, you got to be ambassadorial. You can't spurn her advances. She'd take it personally. And Picard goes, well, under the circumstances, maybe I should uh, be less available then. At 1909, though, was uh, Picard's, he goes, for the rest of the journey. And Riker goes, agreed. 1909, that's Picard's uh, thing. Riker's smile. And then they head down to the uh, holodeck. Picard does. uh, And he says, you know, set the program for Dixon Hill, San Francisco. And he, like, wipes the brim of his cap. He's got a raincoat on, hands in his pocket, suits, fully dressed, ready to to role play, but not with uh, Loxwana. And he heads to his office. There's a close-up of Picard in his hat and his raincoat, kind of older show. 312, Dixon Hill, private, a private eye. Uh, he's in a tie. The doors, oh, the Enterprise door opens. There's a guy in the, like, against it next to a phone. We'll appear later. He's reading the paper. Picard looks him over but doesn't think anything. Then he opens, there's just people in his office building reading papers against the wall. He opens the door, he points at his secretary. He goes, hey, good to see you again. And she goes, she's Dick's, uh, you, like, uh, they had a type, they have a typewriter. And she goes, she's, it sounded like business was bad. Because he goes, is there new cases? She goes, we haven't had a new case in, uh, since Bosom Buddies. Uh, and the landlord says, you haven't paid your rent in forever. You owe the moolah. And she goes, you haven't paid me in a month, uh. She goes, I know it's been tough since you were had that tummy ache, but uh, so there's something we might have missed. Uh, Picard goes, well, I better get a case then. And uh, let's see, rubs it. Picard goes into the office, takes off his hat, his coat, rubs his hand. He turns on the radio. He puts his feet up like he's going to kick back. Uh, he's like excited to be Dixon Hill. He's got like a maroon suit. Uh, he's very happy. And... Uh, then he kicks back, he looks out, oh, there's a hole in his shoe, or like his shoe's worn in. And then we see Troy, and man, she is a mopping. And I'll have to wait till the scene comes up on the video that's playing. 
Oh, Troy and Mom. She is a, a something. Paper desk. Uh, she's unwrapping something, and uh, she sits with the giant. She calls Troy a little one again. Uh, let's see what they really think. Oh, she's she's dressed in what looks like wrapping paper. It's still attractive, but uh, it looks like wrapping paper dress. Uh, and Troy goes, he had to go to the holodeck for business. And her mom goes, well, I didn't like him anyway. It's fine. She goes, come on home. We're pounding drinks. We got to come up with a, like, so it becomes like almost like a rom-com. We got to, don't worry, little one. We're going to do a rom-com. I mean, they don't do, they do like kind of a light version. Yeah, then Picard looks out his window. I don't know if it was a TV, but it looks like old San Francisco. And they go, somebody's here to see you. And Picard goes, the guy starts talking, Slade Barber, Slade Bender. Picard says, excuse me. He turns down the radio. He's so polite. Uh, he sits there, he plays dumb. He goes, what can I do for you? He's all nonplussed. Uh, and uh, then the guy loses temper, so Picard dives out of the way and uh, says, freeze program. And then I, this doesn't make any sense. We'll see what it says. He, another person comes. He said, I'm here to relay mo, move ambiance. That's what it says. I'm here to relay move or more. A-M-B-E-E-A-U-N-T, Ants. So I wonder what they, the first guy wanted a refund. Uh, let's see what the next thing says, because that doesn't make any sense. Uh, uh, Picard has his hands in both pockets, the old pocket switch. I don't know what that means. Uh, uh, door opens in classic noir. Computer, please. Oh, more ambience. Uh, B ants. Ambience. Oh, he says it like that. Ambience. I'm sure he says uh, like uh, something different. He dusts off his coat uh, and he goes, and then this is classic noir character with a crooked hat, a little bit of a scar on his face, mustache, talks tough. He says, your private eye, Dick. Uh, and Picard says, that's what it says on his door, my door. Uh, there's a great profile shot, too. And the guy says, that's supposed to be funny. And uh, he, the dude has bug eyes, so. Because if it's supposed to be funny, uh, I ain't in the mood for funny. And he gets froze because his bug eyes bug Picard out. Uh, but profile shot of, of, of Picard in back. Uh, I must have liked that. Uh, Picard freezes the program again. It uh, clears it. They keep trying to reconfigure it, but it doesn't work. Uh, like somebody with a Tommy thing. The first guy comes back. So Supercard leads on the windowsill next to a portrait of FDR, I believe. Uh, and he says, what's up with the computer? The computer says, I'm limited to the Dixon Hill uh, novels. Uh, I said, oh, that was like the kind of Sherlock Holmes problem. Yeah, then we're at 2740. Worf and Wes uh, are with the Silver People. And Worf's arms are crossed. We'll cover the dialogue in a minute. Wes is almost amused. His hands are behind his back. Uh, and they have, he says, even in this state, they have a certain dignity, Worf says, about the Antedians. Grateful, grateful, graceful countenance. Wes almost cracks up. He's trying to be, he says, if you say so. And Worf says, is this how you felt when you first saw me? And this is serious. He goes, Wes, he says, yeah, a little bit, I guess. 
And Wesley goes, but now I know Klingons, and I've come to think that you're handsome for a Klingon. And Worf's like, you got to be kidding me. He goes, he goes, I didn't mean to say it like that. Then Lackawanna comes in. She doesn't like the Antedians, uh, but it's an important plot point, kind of. She goes, they look better in sauce. Uh, and she goes, Wes, when are they going to revive them? She kind of says, you're a fine boy. A little young, though. When, one day he'll be a man. And Westlake blinks. He gives, like, a doe-eyed look. Uh, she goes, I don't got time for you to mature. And she looks at Worf. She goes, you're very primal. Oh, boy, I like that. Uh, and a man. And Worf goes, I'm not a man, yo. And she goes, well, men are irrational and egotistical. But she goes, I'm kind of into humans, so uh, pity. And Worf doesn't seem, maybe he seems a little hurt that he doesn't get picked. And she goes, who's next, Mr. Hom? Or home, whatever her, her uh, butler's name is. And he kind of indicates to Jordy by doing a visor motion. Uh, then, yeah, Wes and, after she leaves, they exchange, Wes and Worf exchange like a FWTF look. Uh, like, what was all that about? And then they look at the fish people. And Picard goes to leave his office. He goes, see you, Madeline. She's like frozen, putting on makeup. And then he goes, activate program 2950. Picard pushes some papers aside and sits on her desk, and then he says, uh, you'd like to go to Rex's bar with me? And uh, she, she goes, is this, uh, she goes, have a drink with you? And she goes, uh, that's the first time you've ever asked. Uh, he goes, is that a problem? She goes, not for me. She goes, but just take this, uh. And I didn't know if this whole exchange was a device to give him, like, he gets a squirt a squirt uh, toy. And there's sultry music playing as they leave together. And she says, you're going to need that to squirt some people with water. And then we cut to a commercial as they head out together. Uh, then Picard and uh, Madeline go into a sawdust-covered bar, Rex's bar. And uh, Picard uh, breaks every rule of the Prime Directive at this bar, which is strange. Uh, and there's a lot of comedy. He closes the door behind him. I guess uh, bartender's like uh, really old school. For some reason, his secretary's already there. And they say, hey, what do you say? Did you see in this paper? Uh, Germany's, you know, he goes, this is a WW2 or whatever. And Picard just breaks through. He goes, uh, because his secretary's like, well, we don't, you know, we need to stay out of it. Uh, and Picard goes, oh, it goes, it really ends up great for the USA in this. Uh, so they should. Dominant world power and catalyst of technological treatment. He's totally into the, um, what is that thing called? The freaking, uh, the thing with the military industrial complex. Uh, and the guy goes, what are you, uh, into the military-industrial complex, and Picard goes a bit, uh, and he goes, "Late." He goes, "What are you drinking?" And Picard goes, "Scott Nietzsche," and, and then he takes a cigarette. Uh, a little bit of comedy, I think. He put it in. It was filterless, uh, and he's kind of like uh, he has a little comedy with uh, trying to smoke it, uh, though not too much. Uh, and Picard hasn't paid for his drinks in a while. The guy's like, what the heck, dude? Are you ever going to pay for a drink? Because Picard goes, oh, yeah, I didn't have any. Uh, he goes, I don't carry any money with me. 
First, he doesn't even know what it means because the guy does scratch, the scratch motion. Uh, and he goes, yeah, I got to write a note to myself uh, to bring some money. And the guy goes, you really, really got to pay me. Come on. Uh, and Picard goes, is that why you wanted to see me? And he goes, no, Jimmy Cuzo is coming by. And like, uh, Madeline goes, yeah, that's, he wants to be squirted. And Ricard goes, oh, yeah, the Parrot's Claw, that book. Uh, and uh, Marty O'Farron, they talk about, let's see, breaks every rule, prime directive. Uh, bartender has suspenders. Uh, guard has to take a drink on the, something, on the bartender. Scratch, scratch, give me the money. Ricard uh, uh, taps the bar. He goes, oh, money, money. And the bartender says, if you deal with that, I will we'll get, we'll get rid of your bar bill. Uh, like they have a plan. Picard goes, huh. Then Pulaski calls the bridge. She says, uh, transfer's completed. Antedian's in sick bay. Riker says, okay, got it. Uh, and he's with Troy on the bridge. Then the mother walks in. She's in her, um, kind of her Christmas gown. And uh, Troy goes, what are you doing on here? Because he took the turbo tube, uh, got to deal with some stuff. Uh, where's the captain? And Picard goes, he's busy. And she goes, well, I don't care. I have other interests as well. And Troy brains her. She goes, you're scheming, mother. Don't try to fool me. And mother goes, you're always dramatic, little one. I'm not scheming. I'm deciding. Then she checks out Riker, who kind of looks at her. And this is like emotional. Troy goes, please, mother, not him. And she goes, why not him? And she, Troy's kind of like, uh, like, it kind of just, like, uh, has to kind of, uh, she can't stand up to her mom, I guess, totally. She tries, but her mother shuts her down. Uh, then, they're, like, Antedians are coming out of, uh, they're going to be out in a matter of hours. Uh, and Riker goes, I got to let the captain know. Excuse me. And she goes, are you going to see the captain? And Riker goes, yeah, it's ship's business, though. I won't be disturbing him. And Laxawana goes, well, it's excellent timing. you got to let them know about us. Uh, and Riker goes, us. And she goes, yeah. She goes, hey, everybody, uh, by the way. Uh, she goes, who are you again? He goes, William. She goes, everyone's invited uh, to our, uh, when we get to Pacifica. And Troy goes, no. She goes, on the shores of the Western Sea. She goes, a traditional Betazoid ceremony. Right, Commander Riker and I are going to get married. Uh, Riker's kind of arms stiffly at said. He looks around. Uh, everyone's kind of shocked. Wes even mouths married. It's kind of weird how everybody just enables her. He even, like, laughs. So Troy's really, uh, Counselor Troy's really shocked and hurts. Uh, so much so they have to cut to a commercial. They do almost a double zoom on her. Riker kind of has a grin, but like, oh boy, uh-oh grin. Uh, then they come back from the ad. Miss Troy's holding on to Riker's arm, doing, like, baby talk to him. And she goes storming past, and Troy, Riker grabs her. And she goes, what are you doing? Why are you stopping me? He goes, let's have the captain deal with this. Uh, and Data goes, are you going to the holodeck? Uh, and they go, yeah, do you want to come? He goes, totally, man. He goes, can you wait till I want to change first? And Data has this kid-like look on. It was funny. Uh, then point in commander, uh, give me a second. And then the shot of the enterprise Picard's, and then they go back to the bar, Picard, the bar, Picard's in deep conversation at the bar with his secretary and the bartender. 
Someone hits a door, and the door opens. Everyone's worried, but it's uh, Data in a suit. Uh, I'm jumpy as hair, like uh, Lipinski or something. Riker's dressed normally. He goes, uh, hey, Captain. He goes, call me Dix. He goes, our passengers have wakened. And Ricard goes, I can't, I got to go. And they say, well, no, no, you're supposed to help Rex. Uh, come on. And Ricard goes, no, 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 I got to go. And then the bartender says, please, please, have your friends stay. Riker goes, we could hang. And Data goes, we can hang. So Ricard says, these are my uh, associates, Nails from Chicago. And uh, he goes, who are you again, Data? He goes, Carlos from South America. And he goes, this is Rex. And he goes, this is like a meta in the beta. He goes, Rex, I don't think I caught your last name. Rex goes, I don't think I have one. Uh, and Rick goes, goes, why else are you here? He goes, well, there's a beautiful woman who wants to marry me. And uh, don't think, and the bartender goes, sounds, sounds great. Uh, then we see Laxwana getting in a very nice purple, like, uh, ball gown or uh, it's a, r- a lot of ruffles, uh, and her and her thing, she goes, this, she goes, where's Commander Riker? She goes to the computer on the bridge. They go negative all deck three. And, uh, she says, just follow the lights. That's one of my favorite things of like, uh, how the lights on the, like can help guide you places. Uh, new purple, uh, new purple 3811 ruffles then uh, the computer sounded she was also the voice of the computer that was another thing i learned uh then they roll in the bar rex is like holy cow that's the rich lady he goes i got a best seat for you uh young lady and picard tries to hide by looking away at the bar like it totally like a move i would make and she's like i can't believe this part of the ship's so dirty and then Riker, she, she, Riker's trying to brush off. She goes, what do you think I was born last week? I know you're hiding from me too. Uh, and then Rex tries to cheer up. He goes, why are you so, uh, he goes, why would you want a guy like that? He goes, you're too good for him. And she goes, you're a really interesting person. And he goes, you're not so bad yourself. Uh, he goes, you're the most class has ever been in here. And she he goes, I got some French stuff for you. Uh, and Laxwana goes, he, she goes, he's remarkable. I've never met anyone like him. And Picard goes, I don't suppose. She goes, he's strong. And there's no thoughts at all coming off him. So they don't, they're kind of playing with her. And she goes, he's keeping all his feelings hidden. And Picard then tries to explain it. Uh, but she says, no man has ever been such a mystery to me. She goes, I usually know their thoughts before they do. She goes, it's quite a, it's quite a pitter pattering to me. And even Rex is into it, of course. And she goes, let's sit alone, carry my beverage to that table. She says, she goes, we got some things to talk about. Uh, so she falls for Rex amazed. Picard tries to tell her she's smitten, carry my beverage. Uh, she's very demure and Rex winks or something. He sits with her. Riker rolls up on Picard. He goes, should we tell her? And he sighs, uh, and he goes, it would only be for, and I think it, he goes, I think it would only be fair. He goes, let's allow her a minute, uh, to enjoy it. And the, the dude, like her butler's leaning up against the jukebox. And we go to the sick bay 
and the vermilions or whatever are very hungry. And so then they get to eat uh, from their, like, kegerator or whatever. And Pulaski says, the passengers are up. Uh, you better get out here. And Riker says, yeah, we better get to the uh, bridge, dude. And they're pretty happy. Pulaski's pretty happy that they're hungry. She goes, do you want to go to your rooms? And they just want to eat from their bowl. And, uh, yeah, they are a little sleestacky. 4225, uh... Oh, Picard tries to get Miss Troy. He goes, are you coming with us? She goes, not just yet. I'm going to hang with Rex. Uh, she goes, tell William I'm sorry. Uh, but Rex and I are getting married. And uh, uh, Picard goes, I have to dr- deliver you to the conference on time, and that's what I intend to do. And she goes, pity, d- duty calls, darling. And she goes, I'll be back for you later. And Rex seems pretty ch- And then Picard goes, Miss Troy, I-, I wanted to tell you about Rex. Uh, the poor secretary's just standing there, too. Uh, let's see. Oh, Enterprise 4235, White Locks, Juana, and Troy, and the thing. Troy almost trips when she's getting off the thing, and her mom's not happy. Uh, and the dude is carrying her thing. And they get on bridge. She goes, what are these weirdos doing still here? And they go, we're going to the same conference. We have to send you together. And she goes, those aren't delegates, dude. They're uh, undercover officers. And they go, what? And then they try to deny it. And she goes, they can read your minds. Uh, she goes, they're undercover. They're trouble. They're going to ruin the conference, uh, which you couldn't tell. But it, luckily you have me. And they go, you didn't even scan them for that stuff. And then Data goes, oh, yeah, you're right. They have Ultiminium or something. They were going to ruin the conference. So... Picard says, take him to level five, Worf. He goes, all right, let's do it. And Troy looked across at some point on the left. Uh, the fish people weren't happy about that, obviously. She hugs her mother goodbye. And they get on the bridge. She's like, well, I didn't find a like a thing, but I did save the conference. And Wells, your reputation's on this ship. All in a day's work. Uh, Picard says, goodbye, Mrs. Troy. Thank you. They should be thanking her, and Troy kind of waves to her mother, who blows her a kiss. Uh, Amber Card says, send him out, Chief O'Brien. And then Troy takes a big, 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 deep breath as uh, her mom says, oh, Sean Luke, uh, how could you think that? Riker just keeps laughing, and Troy kind of looks still embarrassed, and the episode comes to a close. So that was a nice little episode to come back to. like. Uh, like pretty silly and a little bit like uh, definitely one of the more sillier ones. And I kind of felt for Lakwana, Lakswana, uh, but it was like, uh, you know, it was an interesting little episode with the uh, crossover of a few, few different things. And I thought it was really cute uh, how Troy, like it, like it made me more, it gave me like good feelings for Troy, like when she was having to deal with her mother, uh, Maybe created some empathy or some compassion or something. All right. So, uh, good night. I want to thank everybody who helped us show out on uh, Patreon. Uh, Bill, Rosie, and Archer. Thanks and good night. Uh, Lanny, Erlani, uh, Debbie, and uh, Kirsten. Thanks and good night. Uh, Nadine, uh, Deborah, and Devora. Thanks and good night. Anna. Or Anna, Ryan, and Kristen. Thanks and good nights. 
Adam, Jacob, and Michael. Thank you and good night. Alexandra, Terry with an I, and Blair. Thanks and good night. Susan P., Thea, and Vanessa. Thank you and good night. Carla, uh, Crystal, and Karen. Thank you and good night. Lindsay, Lisi, and Vix. Thanks and good night. Clovis. Johnny and Hannah, thanks and good night. David, Karen, and Andrew, thank you and good night. Mercedes, Jasmine, and Chaz, thanks and good night. Katie, Luke, and Montreal, thanks and good night. Leslie Ann, Jake, and Jessica, thanks and good night. Ashley, Stephanie, and Katie, thanks and good night. Elizabeth, Sarah, and Yvette, thank you and good night. Carolyn, Andrew, and Lisa, thanks and good night. Suzanne, Ashley, and Heidi, thank you and good night. Uh, Dominic, Lauren, and Karen, thank you and good night. Arnolfi, thank you. Sarah, and oh, Sarah, Sarah, moderator, thank you. And Janine, thank you and good night. Thank you, all of you. Uh, Emily, Jake, and Aaron, thank you and good night. And Ronald, Tia, and Jahan, thank you and good night. And then over on PayPal, I want to thank uh, Chantel, uh, thanks and good night. Kathy, thanks and good night. Catherine, thanks and good night. Michelle, thanks and good night. And Lisa Marie, thank you and good night. And over on Venmo, I want to thank Mary. Alexandra, uh, Katie, and Preston. Thanks, thanks to everybody supporting the show. Uh, the the hard work that goes into it with the hard work that you have to put in to earn your money. Thanks so much and good night. Okay, here we are. We're talking about uh, yesterday's enterprise, and it, it, it's a very unique episode. It even opens with a unique scene. Well, I guess I don't know if it's unique. It's Guinan and Worf uh, drinking some prune juice together. Well, there's like a reveal. Guinan, she's dressed in a almost a plum-like uh, colored uh, gown. And she gives Worf a drink. She says, try it. And he likes it. He's surprised he likes it. She's like, yeah, you see, it's an earth drink, prune juice. And Worf uh, says, a warrior's drink. And Guinan goes, she has a, a cool look, but she says, you know, you always drink alone. It couldn't hurt you to, you know, sneak out some companionship, if you know what I'm saying. And Worf gets an awkward look. He goes, yeah, I prefer a Klingon woman. Uh, Earth females are too fragile. And Guinan says, not all of them. I think there's a few you might find tame on this ship, I've heard. And Worf gives a very hearty laugh and says, impossible. But then Guinan speaks to kind of the fear. She goes, you know, you'll never know if you never try. And he says, then I will never know. And she calls him a coward, actually. And he says, Jesus, no, I'm worried about their safety of my crewmates. Uh, it's just a sweet scene. She said, go ahead and drink your prune juice, buddy. The definition of friendship. And, and then there's this weird thing out on the... Um, Outside the windows, a weird cloud, and they say, Worf, get to the bridge. And Guinan looks out at the cloud, and she goes, no, no, you got to be kidding me. And then we see this cloud, and we're on the bridge. Vicar uh, says, yeah, give me some analysis data. He goes, fluctuating, gra- unusual readings. Uh, unusual in what way? 
nothing I've seen before. And uh, Ricard stands. Uh, and goes, well, data says, I think it's some sort of tr- uh, time displacement uh, or something. Uh, figure, he says, come on, figure it out, data. Uh, and Wesley's working on coordinates. And he says, it's there, but it's not there. Or Riker says, what do you mean? It's there, it's not there. And Data goes, I'm not, I don't have enough information. And the war funnily, it reminds me of another movie. I think it was a Chevy Chase movie where he goes, something's happening. And there's a new change in sensor readings. And Picard is uh, standing in the front of the camera. I think, oh, hold on, I lost my spot. Sorry about that. Uh, let's see, Picard stands, something's happening. And then we see a, a ship kind of emerge from the wormhole. Let me see if I let me watch this live. Actually, to give you a, a favor because it's really like a effect I don't know if I've ever seen before, and it is almost a seamless, or it is seem it was seamless. I watched this episode a few times. Yeah, so about two minutes in, Picard stands. Uh, he's looking out the wormhole, concerned. Everybody else is, uh, is scrambling to figure it out. And Data's talking, Wesley's talking, Riker goes to uh, his right hand, right side, right hand side. And uh, then that's when Worf says, gee, something's happening. Picard turns uh, to look at Worf, a uh, new change in sensor readings. Uh, Picard looks back and then we see the wormhole and uh, ships coming out of the wormhole. A ship that looks very familiar. And I guess it wasn't perfectly seamless uh, watching it without any audio or something. But then the um, screen kind of flashes, and then uh, Picard's uh, outfit changes. The bridge gets much darker, and we see Tasha Yar, Lieutenant Tasha Yar, over uh, Picard's shoulder. Then we see Guinan looking out. She's in a different outfit. She's in more of a navy blue outfit, and she's kind of in a mess hall instead of a bar. And there's a lot of people. It's very busy. And Guinan says, geez, this isn't right. Something's off here. Something's changed. And then we see out of the mist, it is definitely like an Enterprise-esque ship. Uh, and we're back in the bridge. It's dark. Uh, they say, yeah, it's, it's clearing, sir. It's Tasha Yar. And she, they say, well, what ship is it? She goes, uh, it's uh, 1701C. 1701C, the USS Enterprise. And not only do we have the Tasha Yar, and they do a nice, like, they do a great job with the focus, too, because then they switch to Picard's face, and he's in focus. Uh, and, I, I mean, I literally, I don't know, the, I, I've probably seen this episode, the first time I saw it, maybe like six months ago, when I was prepping for the series. And I put W, let's see what else I have in my notes. Something's happening. Darker Bridge, Tasha Yard, WTF. Yeah, then Guinan in blue in a cafeteria, WTF. Uh, this isn't right. Ship out of cloud, bridge. Everyone's lit from below, too, on this bridge. And it's 1701C, what WTF again, USS Enterprise. And I know some people love car- love carbon scoring. So if you're if you're really rewatching this, at five forty eight, there's some quality carbon scoring on the USS Enterprise D, our Enterprise, and uh, like and it's a military log, not a captain's log. Combat date forty three sixty two five dot two, 
And while dealing with a radiation anomaly, Enterprises entered what could almost be called a Casper ship from its past. Uh, Enterprise C, immediate pre- predecessor. And Picard says predecessor in a very, very cool way. Predecessor or something. Uh, dark bridge again. Also, everyone had phasers on, which I said, okay, this is a different situation. More than the parents being away on a week's vacation. And then uh, Wes, uh, so we're on the bridge, uh, data's confirming analysis uh, that it really is Enterprise C and not a trick. Um, And they said, Wesley says, yeah, that was destroyed all hands 20 years ago. And data said, presumed it destroyed. And Wesley's given data a lot of looks in this scene. Uh, Out near Klingon Nedendra 3, 22 years, three months and four days ago. And it's like Riker's like, yeah, but now they're here over here. Because like, has this been a drift or is it time traveling? And he says, possibly they went through a rift. Uh, you know, like the fish song says, uh, they found rift. Uh, open that your dream will. Uh, I guess it's different, but it was glimmering like a glass. Yeah, but Kurt Picard says a rift. Uh, data explains a, a cur a formation of a cur loop, uh, superstring material. Needed high-energy interactions in the vicinity for structure to be formed. Not stable. Could collapse at any time. And Tasha says, I should scan the ship. It's it's in trouble, actually. Readings are spor- sporadic. Uh, some people on there could use uh, some uh, Band-Aids. Uh, Riker springs into action. Bridge the sick bay. Get everybody ready. Go to transporter room. Stand by. And Ricard says, no way, bro. Belay that order, Dr. Crusher. And Riker stands up. He goes, respectfully, Captain. Riker's very haughty in this. Uh, he goes, wherever they're from, they need our help. And Picard goes, if they're from the, if, if they're from the past, uh, we can't uh, alter the flow of history. But then the captain calls, Captain Garrett. She says, yo, we're in trouble, Romulans. And Riker says, there's no record of Romulans with the Enterprise C. And Natasha's like, they got cut off. Uh, Ricard calls uh, and then says, okay, send them over. Stabilize their power, help everyone, but don't talk about anything. And Wesley says, by the way, Klingons are coming. Uh, and he says, okay, battle alert condition yellow. And Wesley says, aye, aye. Respectfully, lots of carbon. Let's see what else they got. Tasha. Uh, zoom, zoom on C. Then they do a zoom on C after Wesley says I. And then we see, after we see the exterior with all its carbon scoring, we go inside and it's in rough shape. Uh, Tasha, Crusher, and Riker are there. They ha- it seems like they have LED flashlights, so they even did some time travel. And uh, Captain Commander Garrett's in tough shape. Jordy scans the ship. He says the ship's in pretty bad shape, too. Uh, Tasha, like, da- dashed Francis over, like, uh, you have seen. And Tasha has been a character that was, hasn't been in the series for a while because she went to the big farm in the sky via goop. And let's see, then they pull out, the camera pulls out. They, we meet Lieutenant, Ke- oh, Tasha dashed Francis over and they pull out uh, Lieutenant Castillo. He's the helmsman. He's an actor you'll recognize. Uh, I always get him mixed up with, uh, uh, Joe Piscopo, this actor, Peterson, I think is his name. I'll look it up in a second and fill you in. 
uh, let's see. They send the commander back to the ship. Uh, uh, serious. We get a Riker goes in a report. We get a serious case of Riker. And uh, let's see. Lieutenant Castillo. Oh, then we go to the bridge. Uh, let's see who plays Castillo. He's about to get revealed here. And because they, they dig him out, he, he'd get, he'd gotten a bunch of pillows. He, he had too many pillows in his bed. And definitely someone you'll recognize. Christopher McDonald. Did I say Christopher Peterson? I don't know. Christopher McDonald. He's been in, th- he was in Thelma and Louise, Quiz Show, Harry's Law, Requiem for a Dream, Happy Gilmore. Uh, looks like he's in a couple movies coming out soon. Law and Order, you've probably seen him on. Again, I get I get him mixed up with uh, Joe Piscopo, but that's only because it's you know because because it's me. Let's see. So we're ba- let's see where I lost my let's see. We're back in the bridge. Uh, Guinan comes to the bridge. She says, "I got to talk to you." You, you know, they're dealing with Riker's report, and they're giving him uh, like uh, nine hours to get everything fixed. Uh, Otherwise, we'll get rid of the ship. And then uh, Guinan says, I need to talk. This is all wrong, not the way it's supposed to be. So they go to Picard's office uh, after a commercial break. Oh, yeah, we see two k- 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 ships in space, and Picard and Guinan. They're standing in front of a st- strategy star map. Uh, we get a nice big Picard sigh on this uh, scene. Uh, also, Crusher order. Oh no, that's it later. She orders a full electoral white report, sponsored by Gatorade. But she, Picard says, "What do you mean things have changed?" And Gannon goes, uh, "Things don't feel right." And Picard goes, "What things?" Uh, she goes, "Your uniform, you, the bridge." Picard goes, "What's the matter with the bridge?" Gannon goes, "It's not right." Uh, Picard goes, "It's the bridge. It's fine. It's fine." And she goes, uh, "I know it's a bridge, but I also know it's wrong." And Picard goes, what else? And she goes, there's no families or kids on this ship. And Picard goes, children. I, I loathe children. Also, we're at WAR. What's it good for? Not flying around with children. And she goes, yeah, we're not supposed to be at WAR because it isn't good for no, absolutely nothing. She goes, this, look around. Is this WA? She goes, is this like a, this supposed to be in like something like the Spanish Armada or is this a ship of peace? Look at all the ivy or whatever around the ship. She goes, we got to arboretum on this thing. And Picard goes, what are you suggesting? She goes, I'm not suggesting. She goes, send that ship back from the past. It's messing things up. Uh, then we go to the med bay. And again, as I said, sponsored by sport, sport drinks, uh, full electrolyte report. I, I love that. And there's lots of good background chatter. Uh, intercom, they call Dr. Solar. Dr. Solar, report to the sun. Dr. Solar. Uh, Noel G. Ward, they're supposed to uh, report to. And then Picard comes in because they got uh, Commander Garrett there. And they have a WTF moment. Let's see what how it plays out here. Picard goes, hey, what's up? She goes, how's my ship? He goes, terrible. And she says, where are you from? Uh, we didn't know any Federation ships were around. He goes, what's the last thing you remember? And she goes, we got a call, the distress call. Klingang Outpost, Nenendra 3. Uh, but she goes, did you, you must not have got it. And she goes, this sick bay is sweet. Uh, never seen one like it. Even at the, uh, like, like the all-inclusive resorts I go to. 
And Crusher says, don't move around. This isn't an all-inclusive resort. Uh, and Garrett says, what is this ship? Is this a, one of those new spy ships of peace or something? And he goes, this is the Enterprise, Captain. 1701D, 1701D. He goes, you're 22 years in the future. She goes, what? Uh, what about my crew? Do they know? He goes, no. She goes, I got to tell them. I owe them that. Uh, Picard goes, I can see they're informed. And she goes, is there some reason we wouldn't tell them? He goes, oh, you're in the future. Have you seen? Oh, wait, you haven't seen Back to the Future. Probably should watch that. And, uh, you know, some of the other great future movies. Uh, and she goes, uh, I got to get, we got, he goes, uh, he goes, when you return to your own time, you know, you can't go back with the future. She goes, back to our time. She goes, it was a, like, uh, it was a WAR zone. And Picard goes, you have any idea how this happened? She goes, big, big fireworks. And uh, then we were here. Eric goes, okay, it could have been a rift. Uh, she goes, yeah, the Romulans were messing with the Klingons, and we tried to help, but we were outnumbered. And Picard goes, that uh, outpost was probably gone, and maybe they could have avoided war with the Klingons, which is like a little exposition there, uh, that Picard, you know, that we're at war with the Klingons uh, 22 years in the future. Then there's music in Forlorn Looks. Uh, it was a 20 years of war. Then we're on the bridge of the other ship. Castillo's stunned about time travel. He really leans on the rails. Uh, he's thinking about that, but Tasha tries to, she's really good. She distracts, distracts him by problem solving. You know, she says, you, your mind can't handle that. Let's, let's focus on these problems here. And while she helps him, she gives more exposition. Because, uh, you know, that's a great way that Next Generation really does it. She goes, uh, okay, let's look at the photon torpedoes. Uh, he goes, yeah, I'm lucky. She goes, well, not so lucky. This has been a rough war with the Klingons. Uh, Castillo goes, I thought we had a, about to sign a peace treaty. She goes, things are different. Uh, uh, then we shoot over to Data and Picard uh, talking about the rift. Uh, uh, hoping that something will shift. Uh, and he goes, maybe you could send Enterprise C back into it. Data goes, probably. It would be right back in time, but I'll be full of Romulan trouble. And Picard goes, Data, what do you think would happen? Data says, there'll be toast. Uh, and Picard goes, that's some gravity, okay. Well, lots of blue light when they were talking, Picard and Data. Uh, then we go to the ad on Picard's gra gravity moment. And then we're, we're here listening to the uh, more PA action. We're in the hall with Tasha and Castillo. Castillo's still in rough shape. He hasn't changed his outfit, uh, I guess, because the ship's messed up. But I didn't, you know, thought that was, like he's uh, out of place. I guess that kind of like uh, helps with the theme of people being out of place in this episode. Yeah, uh, but Castillo's like, okay, we're, we're, Garrett says to him, uh, how's the ship going? Oh, they're in, oh no, they're in the, she's touring them through the corridor. And then they're making small talk. He says, uh, this is a sweet ship. She goes, 42 decks, 6,000 troops it can transport. First galaxy class. And Kisty goes, anyway, how long have you been flying? She goes, four years out of the academy. I was lucky to get on the Enterprise. He goes, yeah, me too. I mean, my Enterprise. 
then let's see. Inside Med Bay, uh, they checks on the captain who kind of, she says, she says, I want to resume my duties. Uh, Crusher's like, uh, you're not in great shape. Uh, and she goes, we got to, we got to put, you know, she goes, captains push themselves. She goes, you know, you're too protective. We got to get to work. Uh, 24 hours might as be, well be 24 years. Uh, then we're back with Guinan and uh, there's this very, this, uh, she walks in this room with Picard in uh, a gleaming black table and uh, very reflective in everything. And they kind of have some discussion, which we'll talk about. Picard kind of st- hits the table a couple times, but uh, Guinan is infl- unflappable and confident. Uh, and as they discuss, Picard kind of wants more information. He gets hot-tempered. And he wants a gamma. It's, uh, I don't think that's what he said. Uh, he wants uh, something. Guarantee, maybe? Uh, the timeline must not be allowed to continue. A second uh, with Picard face. A Guinan walks in on Tasha and Castillo. Weird looks, couple TKLs. Uh, that's my notes. But the discussion is basically, Picard says, I need more. Guinan goes, I don't have any proof. It's just my gut. Uh, and Picard goes, well, then I can't send them back. And Guinan goes, you have to. And Picard goes, well, they'll be toast if we send them back. Uh, they can't do self-sacrifice for other people. And she goes, I know this is a mistake. Every fiber of my being can't explain it to you. Can't explain it. I only know that I'm right. Uh, Picard says, who says this history is less proper than another? Who's to say that? Guinness says, I guess I am in this situation. Picard goes, no, no, no. He's really stern, especially with the self-sacrifice. And Guinan goes, this is a whole war, bro. Uh, you got got to correct this thing. $40 billion in the war with the, um, the Klingons. And Picard goes, but there's no guarantees that you're sending them back will work. Uh, he goes, it's, every, every instinct tells me it's wrong, dangerous, futile. And Guinan goes, listen, we've known each other a long time. You've never known me to be trivial or whimsical when I make uh, stances or perceptions. Uh, this timeline can't continue. And now I've told you, you, you know, what you have to do. You only have your trust in me to help you decide. Uh, so then we go to the scene with uh, Castillo getting a tour with Tasha uh, talking deflector shields and technology. And Guinan's there. She goes, did you order anything, Tasha? But she's kind of looking at Tasha. She goes, is there something wrong? And Guinan goes, not a thing, really. What can I give for you? And she says a couple of TKLs, which I said, what is a TKL? And then she goes, oh, by the way, this is Lieutenant Castillo. And Guinan goes to get the TKLs. and she, she, she said, never seen her act like that. He goes, what's the TKL? She goes, the standard rations, uh, save energy with f- food replicators uh, so we can be defensive. She goes, anyway, where was I? And we see they kind of have this uh, thing going between them because he said, you, I just learned more from you than all four years in the academy. She goes, you're going to need it, uh, Lieutenant. He goes, we've been hanging a whole day and everyone, ca- can I call you Tasha? And she goes, yeah. He goes, everybody calls me Castillo. My mom calls me Richard. She goes, okay, Castillo. Be funny. She said, Dickie or Dickie or something. Or Richie. And Castillo goes, I think I'd like it better if you called me Richard. Because I have weird Oedipalian thing going. And she goes, okay, Richard. And then 
Uh, they go, get to officers to the ready room. And Tosh goes, oh, I got to skip lunch. What does that say? Boeing 1701 sign. Maybe, oh, big 1701D sign behind uh, when they're in the meeting room. And first time, oh, what's the TK? Oh, no, in the in the, the restaurant. Oh, also, Guinan stares after Tasha when she leaves a long shot. Then we have a close-up of Picard's hands clasped behind his back. His phaser, uh, phaser at his sign. I think that means at his side. Lots of objections as he floats this idea. Even Riker's PO'd. And something, perception beyond the time, linear time. Oh, that's what Data says. We'll go through that. Sir, if you'd like my opinion. And then Data schools things. So, yeah, they're all like, you, you know, Picard's basically, and, and anyway, we're sending them back for self-sacrifice. Uh, and Crusher's like, what? On whose authority? Picard goes, mine. And on Guinan's intuition, Riker goes, that's not going to do anything. Uh, and this is what, you know, this is what the captain's duties, and uh, even Tasha says, they're out, you know, outnumbered. Uh, you can't do that. And then Jordy says, well, let's rearm them. You know, let's give them modern stuff. And Ricard goes, no, no, no. That's the first protocol or whatever, the third protocol. Because we can't do that, uh, except when it's convenient for the episode plot. Uh, but, you know, this is, ch- you know, no way. Only when Wesley's involved. Uh, and Ricard, Riker goes, you're altering the past. And Ricard goes, restoring the past. Uh, by the way, when did you get so uh, mouthy? Maybe I like the past better when you just grin and knowingly like the Cheshire cats. And Jordy goes, how does Guinan know uh, if she's been that she's been altered if she's altered? And Data goes, perhaps her species has a perception that goes beyond linear time. Because, yeah, there's a lot of stuff about her species you can't explain, but it's possible she's correct. And if she's correct, uh, I can't, uh, the, the consequences of ignoring it are too grave, but dismissed. And Riker goes, sir, if you'd like my opinion. He goes, nope. Uh, he goes, this is a briefing, and I'm not building consensus. And Picard goes, uh, with all due respect, bro, uh, you're in, in right, like this is meaningless. And Data goes, not meaningless. Klingons regard honor above all. He goes, this could have been an act of honor towards the Klingons and uh, stop the war. So the timeline will cease to exist and a new future will be created. I've considered the alternatives. I'll go with Guinan. Dismissed everybody. And then we get a little pro- post-briefing staff chatter. Uh, Jordy says, uh, geez, if she's right, we may not even be in an alternate timeline. And and then Jordy goes, yeah, who knows if we're, you know, in the big farm or not in the big farm. And then uh, Tasha's on the lift. Uh, she she has a face. She hears that. They can do it close. Then she's on the lift with Data. She's really distracted and worried. And Data goes, what's up, boo? And she goes, I thought we'd never speak. He goes, what are you talking about? That's an alternative timeline. And uh, he goes, if I interpret your facial expressions correctly, you're preoccupied with something unpleasant, like Scooter's face all the time. She goes, I got a lot on my mind. I like this guy from Enterprise C. And I just, you know, he's my friend now or more. And Data goes, I wouldn't worry about it. If they succeed, we might not even realize these events occurred. 
And then we're back to see where Picard and Garrett are uh, talking, and she immediately accepts self-sacrifice because she's a heroine. And she goes, if this is going to, you know, she goes, if this is self-sacrifice, it better be for something. Picard goes, well, I can't make you do it. Uh, you could come with us. She goes, why don't you come with us? He goes, yeah, that, I can't do that. She goes, yeah, you're right. That's protocol to ZQ or whatever, the fifth rule. And uh, Picard goes, you you don't belong. She goes, you don't belong in our time any more than we do belong in yours. And she goes, to be honest, uh, my crew is tough. Uh, we know self-sacrifice is the way to be. And uh, the, the Klingons need help. If they could only hear that and we could record and broadcast it. Picard goes, well, it could be, he whispers to her, he goes, the war's going terrible. Nobody knows it, even my crew. He goes, we got six months and then we're done with Klingons win. So secretly I've been hoping you would agree. And she goes, because of our, and he goes, it could be. He goes, 22 years ago, this whole time. He goes, look at this ship. We're lit from below. It's dark. Like, a, and she goes, okay. And she goes, Castillo, tell the crew we're headed back. And he goes, yep. And she goes, we're going to get those Romulans good for the history books, whichever, you know, publishing empire writes them. And if Picard goes, I'm headed back to the shipyard. You coming with me? She goes, hold on. I'm going to stay here for a little while. And then they send Picard back. uh, And Tasha goes, listen, dude, I wanted to say good luck to you. Uh, And he goes, I'm going to put some of these tactical stuff to use. And she goes, your ship's more maneuverable, so you should be fine. And Castillo goes, you know, in your time, maybe you'll think about dating a man 22 years older than you. It's not really that strange. Uh, Back out, you'd have to go back to Earth and find me, though. She goes, goodbye. And she did another dash again to say goodbye and give him more tips uh, before that. Uh, It's a little romantic, and then there's like a, you know, there's trouble, and then there's a gamma sequence. uh, Evasive maneuvers, phasers, uh, Picard's on the other ship, uh, and then they're dealing with the Klingon Bird of Prey, both ships, uh, let's see, upside down, Castillo, oh, that's in the next scene, uh, uh, but they, they, uh, they, they send Garrett to the big farm, basically, the Klingons, uh, then the Klingon goes cloak, and, uh, Garrett's in, in the big farm. They go to commercial. Then we see the two ships. Then we see Castillo upside down and reflected in the black table. And he says, I'll lead the Enterprise back myself, Captain Picard. And Riker goes, he's the senior officer, but you're going to be, it's going to be tough. And Castillo goes, I got good people, man. And Picard goes, uh, I don't know if you're, Riker goes, well, history didn't mean for your ship to go without a captain. And Castillo goes, dude, I know what I'm doing just because I don't have a beard. Uh, And then Data says, uh, he goes, there's instability. This lift is, uh, this rift is uh, good about to heal or something. And Tasha goes, there's going to be other Klingons on the way. And Castillo goes, I'm going back, period, self-sacrifice city. But we need a few hours to get our ship uh, underway. And Picard goes, we'll make it so. We'll cover you. Let's see what else. Uh, talks to Data, Glass, Enterprise, TNG. I don't know what that means. Uh, talking to GLAAS, Enterprise, Tag, maybe. 
Uh, then Tasha escorts Castillo to the transport room. There's an awkward moment, and then they uh, break all professional codes, and they make out like a real serious kiss. So serious, my daughter said gross. And they, they put WTF big time, double exclamation point, with music. Uh, and then out. Uh, and then we see the profile of Tasha. And then we see Guinan's back. Uh, and she knows Tasha's there. She turns around and she says, what's up, Tasha? And she goes, Guinan, what, what's with the looks? Uh, what happened in the other timeline? Guinan goes, I'm not like, I don't have alternative biographies. I just do that as a hobby. It's poetry. But that's not accurate. Uh, it's just a feeling. And Tasha goes, yeah, feeling. I got a feeling with the way you're looking at me. In your eyes, I can see it. We've known each other too long. And that's where Guinan says, uh, you really needed some gravitas. Uh, like, this is where it really benefits from some of these... Uh, the casting, because uh, it says, you know what, Guinan says, you know what, we were never meant to know each other. At least that's what I sense when I look at you, Tasha. You're not supposed to be here. And Tasha says, where am I supposed to be? And Guinan says, a big farm. And she goes, how? And she goes, I don't know, but it was empty, no purpose to it. Uh, slipped in some oil or something. Uh, also, Guinan was picking up while she was talking, you know, nervously cleaning tables. Uh, Tasha had a great awkward smile and a head shake. Uh, and then we see we're in Picard's office. He says, come. Tasha comes in. She says, I want to transfer to the other ship. Uh, and Picard goes, why? She goes, tactical. He goes, we need you here. She goes, I'm not supposed to be here. He goes, Guinan. She goes, yeah, I'm not supposed to be here. And Picard goes, why would she tell you that? Uh, and uh, she goes, I talked it out of her. And he goes, you know, this is a mission, self-sacrifice mission. And she goes, I know it can't fail. That's why they need me, bro. And he goes, uh, you don't belong on that ship, Lieutenant. And she goes, no, Captain Garrett does. Uh, and I think there's a certain logic in this request. Picard goes, there's no logic at all. It was whether they succeed or not, they're toast. And Tasha says, listen, Guinan says uh, it was senseless when I left in the other timeline. And I'm a Starfleet officer, so I want to I want have some meaning. So this is really interesting, too, when you think about, uh, I mean, been really thinking about lately how the success of the next generation uh, or the, the, like the belovedness of it, it comes to our connection with the characters. And even this character, uh, that comes back, it, it's like, oh, it gets, this gave her, gave her a chance to choose her own adventure in some sense, the end of her own adventure. And I think it's important for creators to note, uh, it, uh like, uh, uh, it is like his story is character and plot together. And, uh, I don't know, like an affinity for these, in a connection to these characters. I can't explain how, but uh, I don't know. I've just been thinking about it a lot because I watch so much TNG. And we'll see what the next one is. Um, so he says, all right, all right permission granted. And uh, Shashi goes, thanks. Then we have Castillo um, in command, Clard Ops of Fair Ferdinand, and Lieutenant Tasha reporting for duty. Oh, Frederick's on ops, uh, Parker's on con or something. 
and she goes reporting for duty, just like a Terran, uh, like a Terran in, in StarCraft. She says reporting for duty, which if you play, you know, you know what I mean. If you're StarCraft players, uh, and he goes, this is. She goes, I'm transferred here because he goes, you don't know, belong here. She goes, yeah, transfer. Because this isn't a joke. We're going into a rift. Uh, and she goes, he goes, no, no, I don't want you here. She goes, they're my orders. Uh, she goes, someone who, who can do a better job than me. He goes, all right, take your station, Lieutenant. And she goes, I, sir. And then we see them uh, hand, like, uh, he, we see him kind of sitting with his hands. Uh, what does this say? Uh, hands to his lips, uh, like at the, in the commander's chair. Uh, then we see an ad, post ad, there's an ad, then there's two ships, uh, then there's Riker and Picard, uh, working on an upper bring, upper bring, oh, working on the upper bridge, which is weird, right, Picard up there. Then there's that sound, I don't know if it's a bosun bosun signal or something, uh, that means trouble. Also, there's a military log, supplemental, Yars out on sea. And Klingons are on their way. Cavort class battle cruisers, Wesley says. Uh, not even cloaked. Uh, they're so confident. Uh, but we pasted them on Archer 4, as Riker says. Regard says, all hands on deck. Uh, we could outrun them. We got to run interference for Enterprise C. Let's hope for history. Neither histories uh, forget the name Enterprise. Picard out. And then a sequence uh, takes place. Uh, they run a blocking maneuver, three versus one. The Klingon ships really in HD look amazing. And I just watched uh, like another movie with terrible effects from the late 80s, early 90s. So, yeah, but uh, they're taking a lot of, they're blocking C, but they're taking a lot of antimatter. And then they have trouble containing their antimatter. Jordy does. I mean, I just heard it said about Jordy and antimatter, but he's trying to contain it down there. And Klingons are flanking them, trying to bypass stuff, do the shields, block. They're trying to, you know, keep in between the rift and Enterprise C. Trouble in this hall. Uh, they're going to have to dump the reactor core. Uh, shields are in trouble. Uh, then uh, Jordy's got a bunch of coolant leaks down there and two, two, two minutes to a warp core breach. I think that might be a new ice cream. I'm not even kidding. I think there's an ice cream called the warp core breach, uh, from Ben and Jerry's. If not, there should be, uh, so get it like, if there isn't, if there is, let me know if it's good. And if there isn't, uh, let me know if it exists. Uh, if not, like, let's get on that. Uh, Donate all funds to Reading Rainbow. Uh, then, like, they're, you know, they're trying to buy time, but they're in trouble. Power couplings, they can't reinforce the shields. And Riker even gets, like, a little, uh, like, he has to get, like, he sprains his ankle. And Picard does this sweet move uh, where he, uh, oh, first they say, hey, by the way, the, the Klingons call it, you're going to need to surrender. I think this is at 43.15. Regard goes, that'll be the day. And then he leaps over up into the upper bridge uh, to Riker's station. Such a sweet action move. Uh, and he gets right to work while the sea escapes. Uh, and readings are fluctuated. Uh, and, oh, no, no. Like, uh, 
as it glides in, like, uh, all of a sudden everything shifts back. Let's do this live here. We're watching it. Uh, I'm watching. They're getting blocked. Uh, Riker's still. Everybody's, like, uh, dealing with a little earthquake action. And they take out one of the Klingons, uh, but the other ones go through. You know, data's working. I wonder how this game is, the bridge game. I heard it's good. Uh, and they're getting reports in. This is when Jordy's got all his smoke going. And the coolant leaks. And here goes uh, Picard's going to do his jump here. This is where he says that'll be the day. Forty-three twelve. Uh, he jumps over the uh, to the upper bridge, over the railing. Uh, does some uh, button pressing, and there's even you know some uh, glowing stuff. There's two Klingons headed right in. Uh, Klingon ships as the uh, Enterprise C goes into the rift, and right like it's returning to the womb, and and then everything's normal. The bridge is normal, lighting's normal, wharf's in his spot, phenomenon's closing in itself very well. Guard says, leave a probe and let's get out of here. Uh, we got to get to Archer 4. And, and then Guinan calls, is everything okay up there? Guard goes, hmm, that's weird, uh, Guinan. What are you doing calling the bridge? He goes, yeah, everything's fine. A-okay, something wrong down there? She goes, yeah, we're out of prune juice. Tell Worf we're out of prune juice. Now she's back in her, like, kind of a wine-colored maroon outfit from the open. And she says, sorry to bother you. Then she calls over someone with a drink, and then she's sitting with Jordy. And she goes, tell me everything you know about Lieutenant Tasha Yar. I thought it was interesting, like, the way they bookended the episode with, uh, like, she really is a counselor. In a different way than Troy, and she's kind of counseling Jordy, uh, or like now she's just exploring her curiosity about Latasha Yar. And the episode comes to a close. So, really enjoyable one, and uh, nice how it opened and closed the same way. And really, how they changed the effects, they changed the look of the ship so drastically with just simple changes in the lighting and the uniforms, probably. I don't know what else they did, but. Uh, I don't know. I like this one. Uh, good night. Uh, I want to thank some people that commented on the website. I want to thank, uh, I want to thank, uh, Susan. I want to thank, uh, Carol. Uh, I want to thank Dave. And I want to thank, uh, thank, uh, good Cindy. Thanks and good night. Thank you, Michael. Thank you and good night. Uh, Janet, thanks and good night, and uh, Dan and Jenna from uh, Grown Ups Podcast. Uh, uh, Cash, uh, thanks and good night. Nick, uh, thank you and good night. Dovey, thank you and good night. Uh, Michaela, thanks. Uh, Daniel, thank you and good night. Emma, thank you and good night. Janet, thanks and good night. Uh, thanks and good night to Vanessa. Thank you and good night to Gary. Uh, thanks and uh, good night to uh, Bill and John and Agatha. <laughs> uh, uh, thanks and good night to another Michaela. Uh, thank you and good night. Alexandria, thank you and good night. Lindsay, thanks and good night. Uh, thanks and good night to Eve. Uh, thanks and good night to Eileen. 
Uh, Sally, thanks and good night. Uh, Beth, uh, thanks and good night. Uh, thanks and good night to Karen. Uh, thank you and good night to Millie. Uh, thanks and good night to, to uh, Angela. Thank you and good night to Lynette and Anna. Uh, thank you and good night to Nick. Uh, thanks and good night to Louie. Uh, thank you and good night to Becca. Uh, thank you and good night to Aaron. Thanks and good night to R- R- uh, Lorraine. Uh, thank you and good night to Renee. Uh, thanks and good night to Jake. Uh, thank you and good night to Pat. Uh, thanks and good night to Stella. Thank you and good night, Blair. Uh, thanks and good night to Carol. Uh, thanks, uh, Aaron. Thank you and good night. Uh, v Bon, thanks and good night. Uh, thank you and good night to uh, uh, thanks and good night to LB, uh, Adriana, thank you and good night, Erica, uh, thanks and good night, Jeannie, uh, thank you and good night, uh, Christina, thanks and good night, Adam, uh, thanks and good night. Uh, Lindsay, thanks and good night. Yeah, thanks and good night to Greg W. Thank you and good night to Stephanie. And thanks and good night to uh, SS. Uh, thank you. And uh, oh, and Willa, uh, Sonia and Willa. Uh, thanks, thanks to everybody who uh, takes the time to uh, share with the show. Good night. All right, here we are, Saturday 46, uh, 271.